1.2.4 tab. Easter shows folder. Item STS. 6 STSS 0416201's unloading job can't OK enter Easter shows folder. Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue sky. And happy Easter, everybody. It's Saturday night, April the 15th, year 2017. Patricia will be with us in a little while. She needs to go get some dinner and to take care of a couple of things. So we're going to play some Easter shows while we're waiting to talk to the adorable one. So let's say our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this blessed Easter season and Passover season. Thank you for dying on the cross and those of us who believe our sins are forgiven. Thank you for those opportunities, Lord, to be with people we love and to celebrate Easter tomorrow. Thank you for our listening audience, and thank you for the opportunity we have. Lord, bless this country. Look after the needy, the poor, the homeless, Lord. Help those who might be going through emotional difficulty or mental difficulty at this time. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, I just talked to Larry, and we're looking forward to next weekend at Reps. We've been working on that throughout this afternoon. And I will work with Hager late tonight, tomorrow on that, and we're getting close. Uh, anyway, Easter tomorrow, April 16th, 
And mom and I went to a Good Friday service, and it was a little cold. So we're going to go to church service at 9.30, so we're not going to go see sunrise in the morning. So we did last year, but mom thought it might be too cold tomorrow. So we're what we're going to do is celebrate Easter with you for a while by, first of all, playing a radio show. And this one, John really found, really did, The Son of Man. So I'm going to play the second half of Same Time, Same Station, where they play this show. And it's a wonderful look at the full gospel of Jesus Christ, death, and, and him being raised from the dead. So... And there's some familiar voices you hear from old-time radio from 1948. So we're going to have Larry introduce this to you. And it's one for an hour. And then we got a great Girls Week Easter show from 1957 we'll play next. And we'll see how where Patricia's at. If she's ready to join us at midnight or a little afterwards. We'll find out. So let's go with this. Larry, we're going to have Larry introduce this. So here we go. We're going to move back now to a Sunday broadcast of a show called Son of Man. This is the East. A Sunday. We're going to move back now to a Sunday Actually, broadcast John. of a show called Son of Man. This is the East. A Sunday. We're going to move back now to a Sunday broadcast of a show called Son of Man. This is the Easter presentation, and Archibald McLeish wrote this particular show. Runs an hour. Here it is from March 28, 1948. Son of Man. Tell us again, and CBS is there. The programs normally scheduled in the next hour will not be heard today as the Columbia Broadcasting System is again presenting The Son of Man, a passion play prepared by Archibald McLeish. This special Easter program was first broadcast one year ago and is brought to you again this year in response to the many requests received from all parts of the country. Resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. of the Passion and Resurrection are taken from the four Gospels in the King James Version of the Bible. The music is the music of Bach. There are four speaking voices, the evangelists Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. These, with the music, make up the play. That is to say, the music has an actor's part, for Johann Sebastian Bach was himself a witness, not to the event, 
but to the meaning of the event. Of the four speakers, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, we know little beyond the words they wrote in their Gospels. These words, however, have much to say of their characters as men and of the differences between them. Mark speaks with the simplicity of an old man remembering what he himself had seen, the voice of one who had taken part in great actions. The Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. John came, who did baptize in the wilderness. Matthew speaks with the force and authority of one who respects the past, one who has labored and lived among the people, listening long to their stories and putting the great narrative together with love and humility and passion. The Gospel according to Matthew. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. Luke's voice is the worldly but profoundly believing voice of a man who had journeyed much in the great cities of the Roman world. He was a cosmopolitan, an urbane and sensitive observer, to whom the narrative was true not only for the province of Judea, but for the Roman Empire and for the world. The Gospel according to Luke. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee. John's own voice speaks for him. He testifies not by the witness of his eyes, but of his soul. John is the mystic, the penetrator, to whom the past exists in the present, and the present exists in eternity, and whatever was, still is, and always will be. The Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. The Son of Man passion and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ.
And they were in the way, going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way, and he said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock. And they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. And the disciples understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand. Many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? For both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment, that if any man knew where he were, he should show it, that they might take him. And much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphagee under the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come nigh, 
he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitations. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. And could not find what they might do, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. And Jesus spake to his disciples, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And as he was walking in the temple, there came to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people. For all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. Then one of the Pharisees, a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the whole law and the prophets. And no man after that durst ask him any question. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it on his head. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, that also which this woman hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial to her. Then Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What would ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples say unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go ye into the city, 
There shalt meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say to the good man of the house, The master saith, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came unto the city and found as he had told them. And they made ready for the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and goeth unto God, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, one of you which sitteth with me shall betray me. Behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? which betrayed him answered and said, Master, is it I? He saith unto him, Thou hast said. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. table knew for what intent he spake this. Judas then went immediately out, and it was night. When he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Little children, Yet a little while I am with you. Whither I go ye cannot come. 
So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But spake Peter the more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee. And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, saying, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I go unto the Father. Now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Arise, let us go hence. sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives, and they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful, very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tell ye here and watch with me. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, 
Not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh unto the three disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. While he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers and the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to Jesus and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? And all the disciples forsook him and fled. And it was night. Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. But afterward came two and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. But he spake of the temple of his body. And when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said, I am. 
and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is worthy of death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? followed him afar off and into the palace of the high priest. And the servants and the officers stood there who had made a fire of coals. For it was cold and they warmed themselves. And Peter sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man also was with him. Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied, saying, I know not. Neither understand I what thou sayest. He went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and saith unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I know not the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by, and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. When they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall. Pilate therefore went out unto them and said, what accusation bring ye against this man? And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Then said Pilate unto them, 
Take ye him. Judge him according to your law. They said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And the chief priests accused him of many things. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. So that they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released Barabbas that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired but delivered Jesus to their will. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole band, and they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him, and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which, alas, bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves, and for your children. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a 
place of a skull. Into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew, Golgotha. They gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh. They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And when they were come to the place which is called the skull, there they crucified him.
And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and did build it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold, thy mother. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he called Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened. And when the centurion saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. And all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, which also waited for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And Joseph bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher which was hewn out of a rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher. 
and departed. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulchre and how his body was laid. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Next day, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting the watch. Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre. Very early in the morning, when it was yet dark, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. He is not here, for he is risen, even as he said. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And these words seemed to the disciples as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre. And stooping down, 
he beheld the linen cloths laid by themselves. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. And so they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre. And seeth the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was upon his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre. And he saw and believed. Now when Jesus was risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not. For I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene cometh and telleth the disciples, I have seen the Lord.
have just heard The Son of Man, the story of the passion and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of the words were taken from the four Gospels of the New Testament and were arranged for this special CBS broadcast by Archibald McLeish. The voices were those of the four evangelists, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. The words of St. Mark were spoken by Rod Hendrickson, the words of St. Matthew by James Goss, of St. Luke by Theodore Osborne, and of St. John by Brett Morrison. Introductory words were spoken by Gregory Morton. All of the music was taken from Bach's B minor mass and from his passions according to St. Matthew and St. John. Alexander Semler prepared the musical scores and conducted the CBS Symphony Orchestra and Chorus. The chorus was especially trained for the Son of Man by Robert Shaw. program was produced and directed by Guy Della Chapa. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Son of Man. All right, March 28, 1948. Now, Ron Bob mentioned this one. He, he won this party, this great ghostly show. From 1957. It's a good show. I heard it once. I want to hear it again. So, here we go. With the Great Ghostly Show, the Easter Show from 1957. Here on the Saturday Night Show. Patricia will be with us in a little while. So, here we go. Jaws Professional Easter Show. Six shooter eight. Great guild great guilders. Great guilders will five seven zero four one unloading job cat oak enter Easter shows folder. NBC presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> this time, the National Broadcasting Company brings you a new adventure of The Great Gildersleeve, written by Virginia Safford Lynn. Frank, I was just thinking. Well, don't. Well, that's the way the bunny hugs. How did a bunny get into this? I was thinking about Easter. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Then you let me? I let you what? I was hoping you'd let me go to the Easter sunrise services. Well, we'll all go. We always go. Bertie sings in the choir. Well, thanks for letting me stay up all night Saturday so we'll get a good early start. Why, we've never missed a sunrise service. Stay up all night? Who said anything about staying up all night? I did. D Leroy, we go through this every year. What's so fascinating about staying up all night? Night's just like daytime, except it's dark. If I stay up all night, nobody will oversleep. No one's going to oversleep. Unc, I'm not getting through to you. The only way we can be sure nobody will oversleep is for me to stay up all night. Ah, there's one other way. What other way? Well, in this age of automation, 
There's a new mechanical invention, a startling new device that'll take care of it. No kidding. What invention is that, Unc? The alarm clock. <laughs> in just 60 seconds, we'll hear what's going on in Summerfield. But first, hear this. This is Clifton Fadiman speaking. Won't you join me every Thursday for Conversation, a program of civilized talk for civilized people about civilized matters. Our topics range from love to crime, from good books to good parties, from the problems of being an actor to the problems of being retired. And our conversationalists range from comedians to philosophers. They include actors, teachers, poets, scientists, prison wardens, and even a quiz champion. Conversation has won many awards in the course of its radio career, but more important, it's won a host of friends. To these old friends, and we hope many new ones, we're happy to announce that Conversation can once again be heard every Thursday over most of these stations. Watch your daily paper for the exact hour. For good talk on subjects you'd like to hear discussed by people you'd like to hear from, join us on Conversation every Thursday. <laughs> Well, what's this? Millinery shop? I'm making a new Easter bonnet for my little niece. Oh, fine. <laughs> How are you, Judy? Just fine, thank you. I guess this is going to be just about the prettiest Easter hat anybody ever saw. Yeah, and I'll bet you'll be about the prettiest little girl in the Easter parade. Thank you, Mr. Gilsleeve. Now, now don't <laughs> mix up them ribbons, Judy. I got them measured off. Did you want to ask me something, Mr. Gilsleeve? Yeah, oh, yes, Bertie. I was looking for the advertising section of the morning paper. Oh, oh, I must have used it to make a collar pattern for the new dress I'm making. Was it something important? Oh, no, no, Bertie. Hogan Brothers was having a special Easter sale on suits, and I thought I'd give myself a treat. But I can stop in there tomorrow. Hey, I got some crawlers for Mr. Peavy. Oh, hi, Unc. Yeah, my boy, I wondered where you were. Well, I went down to get some dyes and stencils for Easter eggs. Oh, Judy, I got these flowers and bunnies for you. Thank you, Leroy. Aren't they cute? Oh, that was real nice of you, Leroy. I'll hard-boil the eggs for you, but I expect you and Judy will have to attend to the coloring because I got to help collect Easter lilies and decorate for the services, and we got several choir practices, too. Oh, sure. Judy and I can do all this stuff. Well, I'll go finish my evening paper. Yeah, well, I'll put the stencils in a dry place, like the sideboard. Oh, dinner will be before very long, Mr. Gilsleeve. Mmm, smells mighty good, Bertie. Unc, by the way, what am I going to do about my new slacks? The pants are yay long. I'm not going to grow that much between now and Easter. If all Bertie's got to do, I hate to ask her, what'll I do? Oh, don't worry. Bertie's never too busy to find time to do things for us. Yeah, that's why I hate to bother her. Oh, say, Unc, before I forget it, where in the Bible will I find the 23rd Psalm? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it should be in the book of, um... Uh, uh, why do you want it? I want a quote from it in my uh, Sunday school paper for Easter. Oh, well, uh, we'll uh, talk about that later. You know where to find it, don't you? Oh, yes, don't worry. I'll have it for you. <laughs> Thanks, Unc. I know I can count on you. Do I know where it is in the Bible? Well, do I? <laughs> I better look it up before Leroy finds me out. But, well, where is our Bible? It's always kept right here. Oh, this is terrible. And at Easter time, too. Well, I guess there's just one thing to do. Find an authority on the subject. And I can't think of anyone better than our minister, Dr. Horton. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Always enjoy talking to him anyway. Why, 
Why, Mr. Gildersleeve, come in. Yeah, good evening, Dr. Horton. How nice to see you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm afraid it's been a long time. Well, that depends on how you measure time. If your yardstick's the pleasure of seeing a friend, then it has been a long time. But if it's from a sensorial viewpoint, you'll have to be the judge because I haven't kept track. Yeah, yeah it's nice of you to put it that way. Well, sit down, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, thank you. Say, you've redone your study, haven't you? Yes, indeed. I think it makes the room more spacious, don't you? Yeah, I like it very much. Did you do it just recently? Uh, nine months ago. Oh. Yeah, that does make it a long time since I dropped in from any viewpoint. Well, in any case, I'm glad you came. Oh, help yourself to those special Easter cookies my sister made today. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Oh, they are good. <laughs> when my sister comes back from dying Easter eggs for the kids across the street, you'll be sure and tell her that. Yeah, I certainly will. <laughs> Well, then, you don't think these things are too frivolous? Hmm? Easter eggs and cookies and things like that, I mean. Why should they be frivolous? Well, one of the things that brought me here was a feeling that people are getting so they take Easter rather lightly. Well, now, you must have a special reason for saying that. Yeah, yes, I do. There seems to be too much emphasis put on material things. New suits, Easter bonnets. Well, it all goes in together, more or less. Easter bonnets and new clothes are sort of symbolic, the spirit of renewal that's part of Easter. Yeah, I suppose so. The opening of buds, the blossoming of trees, green stalks thrusting up through the rich brown soil, the reawakening of the earth, giving promise of life, miracles before our very eyes. Yeah. So what harm could there possibly be in a new Easter bonnet? Well, it's wonderful for you to look at it that way. I'm almost ashamed to tell you the real reason I came to see you. Oh? You see, Leroy asked where to find the 23rd Psalm, and, and I couldn't tell him. Well, if you'd stop to think, you'd realize it's the book of Psalms, and of course, it's the 23rd one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't thinking, was I? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't know whether it was the New Testament or the Old. Couldn't you have looked? Well, I couldn't find our Bible. That's what really upset me. Did you ask Leroy? Well, I was a little embarrassed. <laughs> well, the chances are that Leroy has been using it for his paper. Say, I never thought of that. It's probably up in his room. Yes, the whole thing isn't too alarming. There are a great many people here in Summerfield who would have the very same trouble. Yeah, I suppose so. But what do people do when their children ask questions like this? Huh? It's more alarming when the children don't ask. Oh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. The children are curious and interested enough to seek knowledge. There's no cause for alarm. Yeah, I guess I never thought about that before. But I don't think we do enough talking about religious matters, especially with the young folks. Oh, I know the Sunday schools do a good job, but that, that's only one hour a week. Yes, that's true. We don't have very much time for discussion. Dr. Horton, I've got an idea. I'm going to set aside one evening this week to discuss these matters with Leroy. Yeah, and his little friends, if they want to come. Well, I think that's a fine idea. <laughs> this is kind of new to me. I don't know quite where I'm going. But as they say, uh, a thousand-mile journey begins with one step. And by George, I'm going to take that step. In just a moment, we'll return to the Great Gildersleeve. Hello, this is Danny Kaye. A few months ago, I returned from a trip around the world. And the purpose of that trip was my favorite subject children, sick children who won't survive unless they get help. I stopped to visit with these kids, to talk to them, get to know them, and believe me, folks, they need a hand, badly. That's the picture abroad. And here at home, well, there are thousands of other boys and girls I want to talk to you about, youngsters who also need our aid. 
Each year, come Easter season, your local Easter Seal Society asks you to provide care and treatment for the crippled children in your community. The greatest wish these kids have is to walk and talk and live normal lives just like any other children. Give them that chance by supporting Easter Seals. Send in your return envelope or address a gift to crippled children care of your local post office. Do it today. Mr. Gildersleeve, just exactly what are you trying to do? Well, I know what I'm trying to do, Petey, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. Well, that's something new for you. No, Petey. Yeah, I'm glad you could come, though. The youngsters have a lot of respect for you, and maybe together we can get across the importance and meaning of Easter. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, I'll help all I can. Good. Yeah, let's go see how they're coming along. Miss Gildersleeve, do you think we should move the organ back a little? Well, perhaps we might try it. I think it should be closer to the wall. After all, your living room isn't too big, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we push the Davenport back, too? Then we can put a couple of chairs right here, and, uh, look, you can sit right here facing everybody, and that way we'll be sort of a half circle in front of you. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, it seems to me the extra chairs should be over here instead. Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, just a minute, Judy. Well, why don't we try it and see, folks? Okay, come on, Piggy, give me a hand. Well, where do I get hold of the other end? Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, just a second, Judy. Now, uh, don't move it too much. Yeah, that, that's enough. That, that's it. Mr. Gildersleeve, could I ask a question? Oh, yes, Judy, I'm sorry. What is it? Where do you want me to put these Easter lilies? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Now, let's see, uh, where shall we... Uh... Well, it seems to me the nice place for them would be on top of the organ. Oh, yes, then everybody can see them. I don't seem to remember ever seeing this organ before. Bertie rented it just for this special occasion. Oh. Wasn't that keen? Now, let's move that chair a little more, Piggy. Which way? Yeah, it was yeah. such a nice thing for Bertie to do. Well, music's always part of Easter. Well, even though this is just for the children, I must say I'm glad you didn't leave me out. Well, I think it's a real keen idea. I think we ought to do it once a week. Well, let's see how we come along, shall we? Want no. me to answer it, Uncle? No, thanks. I, I think I'd better go. Uh, Bertie, if we move the organ a little more at an angle, we can all see the music right over your shoulder. Yeah, that's a very good idea, Mr. Peavy. Come on, Piggy, give me a hand here. Well, good evening, Dr. Horton. Come in. Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hope I'm not too early. No, just exactly right. Have your hat and coat? Yes, thank you. I probably didn't need them, but those spring nights do get a little chilly. Yeah, well, you should come on into the living room. <laughs> Of course, it's going to be informal because it, it's rather impromptu. Those are always the things that are the nicest. Yeah, I, I think you know everyone here. There's uh, Bertie Hello, and Bertie. her little niece, mm -hmm. and Mr. Peavy and Leroy, Leroy and his friend Piggy Banks. Uh, hi, Dr. Horton. I'm delighted Hi, Dr. to see all of you. Yeah, now, shall we all be seated? Oh, Dr. Horton, would you like to sit well, over this here? This will do very nicely, thank you. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you know, you are really the one who should be doing this. No, no, indeed, Mr. Gildersleeve. This was your own idea, and you're the one to do it. Tonight, I'm merely a guest and a very interested listener. Yeah, thanks very much. Well, all right, Uncle. I think we're all ready now. Well, uh, you know, I've been so intent on doing this, I didn't stop to consider just how I was going to do it. I don't know where to begin. Well, if I might make a suggestion... Oh, please do. A nice hymn always gets things off to a good start. Yeah, of course. That's what we have the organ for. <laughs> yeah, how about it, Bertie? I'm ready, Mr. Gildersleeve. And here's one I'm sure we all know. Onward, Christian soldier. 
something. You're all right? What is it, Leroy? Well, something I can never get straight. When is Easter? I mean, one year it's one day, and then the next year it comes on a different date. Why is that? And I must admit that I never get it quite straight myself. I've never understood it all. No, I never could figure it out. Could you tell us about that first Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, sure. I, I had to look it up, but I know now. It goes back to very early times. The date of its observance was fixed at the Council of Nicaea, and it's the uh, first Sunday after the full moon occurring on or next after the 21st of March. Oh, oh yeah. so that's it. it. Uh-huh, that's it. Now, now, here's another question for you. Where does the word Easter come from? Gee, I don't know. Well, Dr. Horton, do you suppose you could tell us? Yes, the name was derived from an old Saxon feast day. It signifies joy because of the earlier rising of the sun and the beginning of new life on the earth. Throughout the world, even though people of different countries and races have varied ways of celebrating, all their traditions and rituals point to the same thing, an expression of faith in the glory of a new life. You know, it's wonderful to realize that the entire world joins in praise and joy. And it all becomes part of the story of Easter. And now, I'd like to tell you the story of the crucifixion. If you have any questions, you stop me. Hmm? We will, Uncle. Go ahead. Well, after the Last Supper, you know the story of that. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Well, after that, Jesus was arrested, as he said he would be. And he was tied and bound and brought before a meeting of the council of chief priests and judges and elders and scribes. They were in session to decide what to do with this man, who they felt was arousing the people and uh, shaking their authority. Well, many witnesses accused him of many things. He healed the sick, cured the blind, but there was no wrong in these things. Then what crime could they find him guilty of? so that they might destroy this menace to their hold on the people. So they asked, Art thou the Son of God? And Jesus answered, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power. Well, to them this was blasphemy and sufficient cause for his destruction. So they led him before Pilate. I know Pilate was the Roman governor, but why did they take Jesus to him? Well, Judy... You see, the Romans were the rulers of the land at that time. And Pilate was the one who would have to pass judgment on Jesus if he were to be put to death. But Pilate examined Jesus and found no fault in him worthy of death. Still, the people demanded that he be killed. Now, there was another prisoner before Pilate, Barabbas, who had committed murder. And it was the custom of the time to release one prisoner at the Feast of the Passover, whoever the people desired. So, mindful of this, Pilate offered to release Jesus. But the people cried, Release Barabbas! Crucify Jesus! And Pilate, bending to the will of the people, washed his hands of the whole matter and gave Jesus to be crucified. Then they mocked Jesus and placed a crown of thorns on his head and led him to a place called Calvary where they nailed him to a cross between two criminals who were crucified with him. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. 
And Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood at the foot of the cross and saw him die. Gildy will be back in just a moment. May we earnestly suggest that you attend church this Easter Sunday. Everyone needs the comfort and inspiration of religious faith, for it is faith which helps hold our families together, builds moral and spiritual character. And today, perhaps more than ever before, there's a need to turn to a way of life based on the enduring principles of religion. There are a great many programs of religious nature on NBC Radio, which you'll enjoy hearing this Sunday. Among them, The Art of Living, The National Radio Pulpit, Eternal Light, The Lutheran Hour, The Catholic Hour, and The Hour of Decision, conducted by Billy Graham. These are but a few of the broadcasts that will bring you inspiration and comfort, not only this Sunday, but on the Sundays to come. Of course, the Easter message will be the highlight event this week. We know you'll enjoy hearing them as a supplement to your visit to the church of your choice. And when you do go to church this Sunday, Take the whole family with you. But, Doc, there's more to the story of Easter. I mean, the crucifixion's not the end. No, you're right, my boy. You're certainly right. The true story of Easter is the resurrection. And I'd like to read it to you as St. Mark tells it in his Gospel. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman and is an NBC Radio Network production produced and directed by Virgil Reimer. Musical compositions by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast were Walter Tetley, Amanda Randolph, Olin Soule, Ralph Reed, Carolyn Jean Hill, and Dick Legrand. Now this is Don Rickles inviting you to listen again next week to another new adventure of The Great Gildersleeve.
music, variety, and fun, hear The Bill Goodman Show, followed by two hours of drama in the afternoon, every weekday on most of these NBC stations. Easter 1957 time, the great Dorothy show. Well, let's go ahead and stick in the six shooter, and Patricia will join us a little bit. So, the six shooter next here on the Saturday night before Easter. Jaws Prophet Items View S Items View Multi Select List Box Six Shooter Five Four Zero Four One Unloading Jump Hand OK Enter Easter Shows Folder In a moment you'll hear James Stewart as the six shooter. Just one of many fine programs brought to you each week on NBC. Tomorrow night, there's top comedy entertainment with The Bob Hope Show, The Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, and Can You Top This with Senator Ford. Bob Hope delivers rapid-fire comedy routines while Phil Harris and Alice Faye bring both mirth and music. It's a great Friday night lineup of comedy programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the Sick Shooter. The saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle unmarked. People call them both the sick shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as the sick shooter. A transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. and quite a spell, but when Reverend Broom stopped by the Tropical Ranch where I was working and asked me if I could manage to take part in this week's rehearsal, well, I sure couldn't see how to do any harm, so I... Bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing. Bringing in the sheaves. Anyhow, there we are. About 10 of us all gathered around. John Farley's general store it was. You see, the town of Easter Creek didn't have a regular church building yet. They held their services and social affairs in the mercantile while they went ahead trying to raise money to put up a community church. It, it was during the second verse of bringing in the sheaves that things started sounding a little peculiar, sort of like the voices and the music were sort of travel on different trails. First, I thought it was me. I never have been exactly what you'd call melodious, but uh, then the other folks were beginning to have their troubles, too. And it, 
Holy smokes, it just was getting terrible. And finally, Mrs. Peebles, she, she was the organist, she just threw up her hands and stopped even trying to play. She, Well, we'll have Mr. Farley take another look at it, Elvira. I'm sure you'll be able to get it back into shape. There's nothing Mr. Farley can do, or anybody else. It's plain wore out. You can't expect a thing to last forever. Well, no, no, of course Seems not. Seems to me but... that after all this time, something could have been done about buying a new organ. When I donated this one to the congregation, I didn't suppose I'd have to go on playing it all the rest of my life. But apparently that's what's expected. Now, of now, there's no need to upset yourself, Elvira. Well, I can't help being upset. I, I say I can't help it. How do you think I feel every Sunday? All those sour notes and that wheezing and whining. Folks are beginning to think that it's me, that it's my playing. Well, I've been humiliated for the last time. And I won't go through it again. No, but, but, but Elvira, we gotta have music for Easter services. Music? Well, you certainly don't call that music, do you? Good night, Reverend Bruce. Oh, somebody All right, everybody. Give me your attention, please. Attention, folks. Quiet down now, please. Quiet down. It appears that matters have come to a serious crisis. It's bad enough for a town by the name of Easter Creek not to have a proper building for Easter services. But to be without an organ and an organist, well, it's a disgrace, a positive disgrace. Oh, now, we mustn't blame Miss Peebles. That instrument has seen its best days, there's no doubt about it. So I propose that we take immediate steps to purchase a replacement. Just one thing, Reverend Broom. Yes, Sheriff. Where's the money coming from? Well, uh, now I've given that matter serious thought, Sheriff Appleton, and there seems to be only one possible solution to the problem. We'll just have to borrow from the building fund. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. sort of like robbing Peter to pay Paul, isn't it? No, no, not exactly, not exactly. Seeing as how we haven't reached our thousand-dollar goal anyway, well, the money's just sort of lying there. Uh, no, I don't know about that. Uh, just how much do you figure a new organ will cost, Reverend Bruce? Well, I've done some investigating in the field, Mrs. Appleton. Last month, when Elvira's foot went through the pump pedal, it seemed like the situation was coming to head. The church over to Whitefield purchased a new organ just last Christmas, and uh, they're willing to sell us their old one. Uh, it's used, of course, but it's still in excellent repair. And they're only asking $95. $95? Oh, no, no, no. I'm afraid that's a bit more than we can afford, Reverend. Oh, we must have at least $95 in the building fund. We've been putting money aside for the last year. No, no, we ain't. We got $42.50. That's the total. Up to and including $3.65 from the Cake Bazaar a month ago. $42.50? Yep. Oh, I just had no idea. I was We're shy over $50 from what it would take to buy the organ. And there just isn't any way we could raise it. Not between now and Easter. Now, now, now. We mustn't give up. After all, we only need, um, $50. Uh, $52.50. Yeah, yes, exactly. Let's see. There was just someone who could take a firm grip of the situation. A, a man who... Mr. Ponson. 
yes, yes, Reverend. Uh, uh, Mr. Ponson, I know you aren't a regular member of our congregation, and, and you've only been in our midst a few months. But... Well, I, uh... Sure, be glad to donate what I can to the cause, Reverend, but I'm afraid it'd only be a drop in the bucket. Oh, a donation wasn't exactly what I had in mind. Oh? I think perhaps you can be of more service in another fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, I propose that we appoint Britt Ponson, a committee of one to take charge of the organ raising. Well, oh, now, hold on a minute here, Reverend Broome. We all know that, that you're a man of strength and determination, Mr. Ponson. That you inspire confidence. And we trust generosity. Well, now, I, I'd sure like to oblige you folks, but what you're asking is just out of the question, that's all. You wouldn't turn us down in our hour of need. Oh, no, I'm not turning you down exactly. What I mean is, I, it just couldn't be done. I, why, you've been a whole year raising forty-two fifty, and now you're talking about raising over $50 in just a few days. Well, we've been going at it the wrong way, I'm Mr. Potson. What? I'm sure your approach will be 100% more effective. My approach? Why, certainly. And just to show you how easy it'll be, we'll start things off by taking up a collection right now. Sheriff Appleton, will you pass the hat? But, uh... All right, everybody. Dig down deep. It's a wonderful thing Mr. Ponsett's doing in taking over this fundraising campaign. But, but I never said and a word. And here's our chance to let him know how Reverend. much we appreciate it. Reverend. Well, the sheriff finished passing the hat and poured it out on the table, and Reverend Broom counted it, $2.50. And you know, the Reverend was real pleased, too. He said that that meant that I only had $50 to go. It's a nice round number. Well, not that I had any intention of taking this job of raising the money to get the new organ, you understand. I told the Reverend I couldn't do it. I told him just as plain as day that I couldn't do it, but somehow he got the idea that I had already agreed to do it. And no matter how hard I talked, he just kept, and the other folks, they, they were as bad as Reverend Broom. They I just outnumbered. That's all it was to it. So, early the next morning, I took my hat in my hand and started out. Um, must have been getting around noon when I finally came back to the sheriff's office. Oh, come in, Brett, come in. Morning, Abner. Hello. Well, how's everything going? You, you been out collecting? Yeah, yeah, I've been collecting. Well? Well, $11. That's what I got so far. Hey, $11, huh? That's remarkable, Brett. Simply remarkable. But uh, the trouble is I've already asked everybody in town. Uh-huh. Except you, that is. Oh. Oh, well, I, I suppose I could give you a dollar, but don't forget I was in on the collection at Claire practice. You ain't serious, Brett. You, you don't mean you really ask everybody else. I, as a matter of fact, there is one area I sort of skipped over. Oh? Well, th those cabins over east of the creek and the ranches out that way, I I haven't visited them yet. Well, you'd just be wasting your time if you did. I would, eh? Yeah, those folks wouldn't be very anxious to help out at church. Mess of thieves, cattle rustlers, every other kind of riffraff. Oh, the... Is that what they are? Oh. Oh, well, now, that's just a general sense of opinion. 
And of course, if I could know for certain that we had any actual outlaws living around Easter Creek, if I was positive, that is, well, it'd be my duty to arrest them. I see. Uh-huh. But the fact is, they ain't caused any trouble here in town. None of them. And I can't go around arresting people on rumors. <laughs> well, can I, Britt? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I understand Red-Eye Kirk has a place somewhere east of town, is that right? That's hearsay, Red, oh. pure and simple hearsay. Oh, I see. Why, you don't think I'd let a notorious gunfighter like Red-Eye live right here under my nose, do you? Well, it's too bad he's not in these parts. Oh? No, I was thinking I might like to pay him a little visit. Well, what on earth for? Well, as long as he's not in the neighborhood, I guess it doesn't matter. Kind of a shame, though. Uh, well, now, if you're really anxious to... Uh, what I mean is... <clears throat> oh, but they do say there's a fellow who somewhat resembles Red Eye. He's got himself a cabin just this side of Deer Mountain. Just this side of Deer Mountain, huh? Uh, no, well, wait a minute, Red. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, what in Sunday do you want to get mixed up with Red Eye Kirk for? What's he got to do with raising money for a new organ? Well, a probably won't have anything to do with it, but it's just that I don't want to leave any stones unturned, you see. So long, Abner. It was about a half hour's ride out to the cabin Sheriff Applin told me about. Not much of a cabin, though. Just a shack at the foot of Deer Mountain with a corral off one side. Hmm. There sure were a lot of different brands on the horses in that corral. Well, I pulled up in the yard about 15 feet from the cabin door. Whoa, boy, whoa, whoa, Scott, whoa. For a minute, it didn't seem like there was anybody at home, but the minute I heard the door start to creak open, the barrel of a 45 poked into sight. The man behind it was tall and square-shouldered and thick black beard and kind of reddish eyes. Howdy. What do you want, mister? I'm looking for Red-Eye Kirk. Ain't nobody here by that name. Uh-huh. Well, maybe you'll do, then. What? My name's Ponsett, Britt Ponsett. Ponsett? Now, hold on, hold on. Now, just take it easy with that gun. Get him up. Get him up high. Oh, sure, sure. How's this? You alone? Yep, yep, I'm alone. You must be plumb crazy thinking you can take me single-handed. No, 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 I'm not interested in taking you, Red Eye. I told you that ain't who I am. Oh, that's right, yeah, that's right. Yes, you did. Yes, that's right. Uh, do you mind if I get off my horse? Well, just don't try nothing, that's all. And don't move towards your holster. Don't worry. That's close enough. Sure, sure, sure. Now, what are you doing out here, anyway? Well, the fact is, uh, you see, Mr. I, uh, Mr. Uh, what'd you say your name was? Uh, Jones. Bill Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Jones, I've been given the job of raising some money. What? Now, now don't get me wrong. It wasn't my idea, but since it was for such a good cause, I just couldn't turn the folks down. Good cause? A new church organ. That's what I'm collecting for. What? Now, you see, the one that Reverend Broom's congregation has been using, it sort of gave up the ghost last night, and what with Easter coming on, I 
Well, it, Are you it, joshing me, mister? No. No, of course I'm not. You mean you're out here trying to raise money so you can buy a church organ? Not trying. Go on. Get moving before I take a shot at you. You won't give me a hand, huh? I wouldn't give you five cents for every church organ west of Mississippi River. Now, it, it wasn't your money I wanted. What? No, no. No, it wasn't that at all. And what the devil did you come around bothering me for? Well, I was thinking that uh, you're a pretty influential man with some of the folks hereabouts. Well, they'll toe the mark if I tell them to. You can bet on that. Yeah, well, that's just the impression I got. So what? Well, it seemed to me that if I was to go moseying around these parts alone, some of your friends might not look too kindly on the idea of giving me donations. <laughs> They sure wouldn't. But on the other hand, if if we were to approach them together as a kind of a team, you might say. A team? That's the general idea, yeah. You? You want me to go along with you? I sure would appreciate it if you would. And and help you raise money for a church organ? That's that's right. Well, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Me taking up a Sunday school collection. Well, that's the doggondest notion anybody ever had. <laughs> what do the boys think, huh? Jack Denton, Wisconsin Billy? Why, it'd be almost worth it just to see their faces. <laughs> you sure got a sense of humor, Ponson. And you know something this here crazy scheme of yours? I'm gonna take you up on it. Uh, you know something, Mr. Jones? What? You know, you know something? I kind of thought you would. <laughs> you are listening to The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman whose name has become a legend throughout the great Southwest. And now act two of the story called Crisis at Easter Creek. Well, the first place we came to was a farmhouse about a quarter of a mile south of Red Eye's cabin. At least it had been a farmhouse once. And there sure wasn't any crops growing in the vicinity now. And the porch sagged off at a slant, and the windows were stuffed full of papers and rags. Even the front door looked like it was about to slide off its hinges. The place really looked deserted, but Red Eye gave me the nod, and we pulled up and dismounted. <laughs> Old Red Eye, he had a great big grin as wide as a full moon spread all over his face. Been there ever since we started off. Hey, Danton! Get out here, Danton! It's me, Red Eye! Well, I'm, I mean, uh, well, I guess you know who I was anyway, didn't well, you? Well, I, I, I had a pretty good idea. Howdy, Red Eye. What can I do for you? Denton, this here is Britt Ponson. Ponson? Howdy, Denton. Now, don't you worry, Red Eye. Even if he did get the draw on you, he ain't turning you over to no sheriff. Oh, put your gun away, Denton. Huh? Use your eyes. Ponson ain't covered me, is he? Denton, what are you doing riding along with him? Oh, we got us a little project. You explain it to him, Bunsen. Well, the fact is, we're collecting money to buy a new organ for Reverend Broom. What? That's right, Jack. Oh. 
Sounds to me like you said money for a new organ. I must be getting loco. I sure ain't gonna argue that with you, Duncan. Well, come on. Come on, fork over. You... You mean you're serious, Red Eye? Of course I'm serious. Then he must be holding a gun on you. I ain't got all day, Denton. How much we need, Britt? Well, let's see. Uh, 12 for 50, uh, $38. Well, you heard him. Denton. Oh, oh, oh sure, sure, Red Eye, sure. Uh, now, uh, just let me look in my purse here. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, $220 gold pieces. How's that? Well, I, I didn't mean that you had to contribute the whole thing. Uh, <coughs> uh, just just keep the change. Just keep the change. Oh, well, thanks a lot. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure entirely. Uh, was there anything else, Red Eye? Uh, no, no, I guess that'll do it for now. Uh, let's go, Ponson. Yeah, sure. Easy, boy. Uh, I'm glad you boys stopped by. Anytime I can, well, you know where to find me. Uh, we'll stop at Mike Morgan's place next. That's just down the road. Well, that's mighty considerate of you, Red Eye, but uh, we, we don't need to make another stop. What? Well, what are you talking about? Well, $38, that's all we needed, you see. Oh. See, the, the organ's all paid for. Now. Well, uh, uh, there must be something else the Reverend needs money for, ain't it? Oh, I suppose. Well, that doggone could... it, Ponson. I'm enjoying myself. Besides, it wouldn't be fair to the rest of the boys if Denton was the only one who got a chance to do a little contributing to charity. The least we can do is stop at Mike Morgan's, since how we're so close. I said, well, whatever you say. Whatever you say, Red Eye. Well, we made about eight more stops before evening, and I must say that all of Red Eye's friends are mighty generous. I, I even had to turn down the offer of a couple of cows for the cause, seeing as how there was some doubt as to the legal owner of the stock in question. But the gold and the silver and the paper money, well, there just wasn't any way of telling how that was come by. At least, uh, wasn't any way I could think of. So by sundown, I was carrying quite a load of cash. And we were riding away from Slick Wilson's place when Red Eye gave a little sigh and looked at me sort of disappointed. Well, guess I better head back home now. Sure, Red Eye, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the matter? I was just thinking about how Mike Morgan tripped over his shotgun when I oh. told him what it was we wanted. Oh, <laughs> Nearly yeah. blowed himself right over the barn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a close call, wasn't it? Doggone it, I don't see why Wisconsin Billy wasn't at home. Well, he'd have been fit to be tied. Well, we did all right about him. Easy. Say, say, say it's a Brit. Oh, why don't you come back tomorrow, huh? Oh, no. He'd probably be around there. Oh, no, no. No, thanks, Red Eye. I, I got a, well, I got a whole, whole lot more than I ever expected. Huh? And I sure do appreciate your assistance. Oh, pleasure's all mine. <laughs> well, good luck. Same come to on. you. Same to you, Red Eye. It was about an hour's ride back to town, but before I'd gone more than halfway, I I got the feeling there was somebody following me. I sure didn't like it either. Not with all this money I had in my saddlebags. So I gave Scar a little touch of the spur. Come on, boy. Come on. Come on. Let's go. When I heard the other horse pounding up the trail after me, I let's go, boy. Come on. Come on. Let's go. His first shot was over my head. There wasn't any point in trying to outrun him. 
Scar being as tired as he was, so I slid out of the saddle and I rolled over behind a rock. It was still coming, so I eased my gun out of the holster and inched up to get a look at him. He was a big fella, holding his revolver loose in his hand like he didn't figure on using it. Well, I didn't figure on letting him rob me either. I waited until he was about even with the rock where I was hiding. Then I stood up. Drop it! Drop it! Okay, okay, take it easy, Ponset. Why, you know who I am, huh? Red Eye told me you was heading this way. I've been trying to catch up with you for the last 15 minutes. You... You mean Red Eye sent you after me? I'll say he did. Well, I'll be darned. <laughs> I thought I had him figured different. Well, I suppose he told you about the money, too. Sure, yeah. sure. Here's mine. Hmm? My share. Catch. What? Your, your share? For the church organ. Name's Wisconsin Billy. I was out when you come by to collect this afternoon. Oh. Oh. Then I wanted to make certain you got my donation. Oh. Oh, I see. Now, do you mind handing me my gun? You're you guy? No, not a bit. Here. Here you are. Thanks. Well, so long, Ponset. Oh, yes, yes, so long there. I, I simply can't believe it, Mr. Ponset. There must be over a thousand dollars here. Just about, Reverend, just about. Enough for the organ, enough to build a church, too. Yeah? <laughs> well... Uh, Mr. Ponsett. Yeah? Now, you mustn't think me ungrateful, but I'm afraid we can't accept this money. What? Well, you see, Sheriff Appleton told me where you got it. He did, huh? Now, mind you, I don't have any objections myself. I think when help is offered, it should be accepted, irregardless of the source. But uh, some of my people, they aren't quite so broad-minded. And the idea of permitting Red Eye Kirk and those other outlaws to donate to our fund, well... Now, we... now, now, just hold on a minute, Reverend Broom. Now, just hold on. Now, when I was talking to Sheriff Appleton earlier today, he claimed that there weren't any outlaws in the vicinity of Easter Creek. Well, we don't like to admit that our town is a, a haven. Of... Why, the, why, the sheriff said that if there were any bandits around here, it was his duty to arrest them. Of course, that would mean getting a posse together. It'd probably mean a lot of shooting and killing. Well, Mr. Ponson, everybody knows it. I mean, it's common knowledge. And as for Red Eye Kirk ever having anything to do with that money I raised, well, I, you could be mistaken, Reverend. But, but you were seen riding along. Well, it, it looked like Red Eye. Didn't Sheriff Appleton ever tell you about the fellow that lives out near Deer Mountain who's supposed to be the spitting image of Red Eye Kirk? Didn't oh, he ever now, tell you about it? Now, Mr. Ponce. No, no. Even if some of those fellows on the other side of the creek are sort of outside the law. Now, I'm not saying they are, mind you, but even so, you know, accusing them of being criminals, it might stir up a whole lot of trouble. Well, that's true, of course. And besides, Sheriff Appleton says they're law-abiding citizens. And he's your duly elected sheriff. He sure ought to know. Hmm? Well, night, Reverend. I'll uh, see you in church. Well, 
I guess there was a little argument about whether or not to accept the money, but Sheriff Appleton finally convinced folks that they didn't have any right to turn it down. So by the following Sunday, Easter, the congregation had a new organ. And the service was real well attended, too. Now, I, some of the folks didn't look like regular churchgoers. They, but Red Eye, he, I mean, uh, Mr. Jones, he explained to me afterwards that he and his friends just wanted to make sure their contributions had been put to a good use. I don't know if they've been back since, but you never can tell, you know. Reverend Broom preached a real fine sermon that morning. Shooter is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burt and is written by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Marvin Miller, Ted DeCorsia, Robert Griffin, and Red Eye Kirk. Special music for this program was by Basil Adlam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Oh, by the way, you'll be interested in knowing that the sick shooter has been chosen for broadcast to our men overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Services. This is John Wall speaking. play Truth or Consequences with Ralph Edwards on the NBC Radio Network. And heard on this date, April 15, 1954, 63 years ago today, the Six Shooter. Well, Patricia, if you're ready, Jaws Professional, Bill Bragg, Alt-Tab, Skype, Trade-Tab, Online-Tab, Walden, It-Tab, Search, Act, Fave, Brian, Repsk, Roger, Ray from, Jim, Tate, Patricia from FL Applications, Send, Invite the Crew, Enter, Leaving Menus, Contact, Unloading, Jock, Cans, OK, Enter. And I'm a walk over, and we're going to sit down and play Patricia's song, once she picks up the phone. We are here. And here we go, everybody. The National Anthem. Oh, oh my gosh. We are. Okay, go. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia. I can see all my dreams in your eyes. 
Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Hello, Patricia. How are you? Hello, Walden. I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, even though my bushy tail has a few snips out of it. But I'm almost there. Well, that's the wonderful news that the bush is still bushy. <laughs> sort of, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> kind of trimmed like a kid would cut her own hair. <laughs> ah. <laughs> With little spikes sifting out. But anyway, I am bright-eyed. That's fifty percent. Now you can and, and twenty-five percent bushy tail. So that's seventy-five percent. That's pretty good. Very nice. Now you can talk to Patricia now at seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Next Saturday night, Patricia has the night off. So you know, that's, 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 so it'll be the reps convention will be on next Saturday night. So Patricia will be hunkered down reading the memoirs of whoever, you know, somebody. <laughs> we'll finish up Eleanor Roosevelt, <laughs> which is a great book. It started out pooey, and it's, it's got some pooey parts in it, but <laughs> overall it's really good. So that's what Patricia will be doing. She'll be reading her good book because she got to get ready for the 29th of April to be... What's the 29th? Well... It's when you return back to Yesterday USA. Oh, 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 I thought you were going to tell them about my assignment for the 22nd. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. I, don't, I haven't done anything about that, so I don't know if that's really, that's really true or not, so I have no idea. I know on May the 13th... Excuse thir- me? 
Excuse me. Walden gave me away for the night. At least I, re I reduced my wine beyond selling. He did not sell me, but he rented me out. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I'm, I'm an innocent bystander, everybody, so I don't know that. If it, you know, if you look on other stations in in Rhode Island, you might find her next Saturday morning. But that's that's what I heard. You know, through the grapevines. I I need confirmation that that's really going to happen. You know? And you're the great. I'm the great. Yeah, it's true. You're the great. It's true. I'm the great. Yes. <laughs> Hello there, your Aunt Patricia. Happy, happy Easter to you. Well, happy both. Easter, Shanti. How are you? I am uh, going through some weird changes, and who knows? It, it could be a good thing. Or it could be bad. It could be bad. <laughs> oh, aren't you Mary Sunshine? <laughs> Oh, Shanti, I'm so glad to hear from you, but I'm sorry you've got some stuff going on in your life. Well, you know, I don't know anybody who doesn't have stuff. Everybody I know has Yeah, them. but, you know, yours counts. Yeah. No matter yeah. what else is going on around you, you deal with your own stuff. Yeah. So other people's that, that, might be little. Yeah, true. I mean, mm -hmm. we all deal with stuff, interestingly. I mean... Do you think most people are happy when there's not no stuff going on? I mean, if they're just floating neutral, and most people happy and it's neutral. It's nice to get a break from the stuff. That is true. I, I, there you go. I have a I've got good stuff over here. I have a theory that when it, when it rains, it's all stuff comes down all at once. That's my theory. Yes, you're so right. <laughs> so I really have enjoyed and appreciated all every time you pray. Thank I you. love it. Thank you. It, it's wonderful. Thank you, Shanti. Because that's my thing. I, I do the prayers. I do mine silently. Yep. And my my good friend, I was talking to her in North, uh, yeah, she's in North Carolina. We prayed together, and it was it's just a wonderful thing. It, it, it uh, gives a lot of solace to a lot of people. And it does. It, you know, it does. We, we, all, we all have different ways of praying. We all have different ways of uh, you know, getting through the tough times and the good times, and it's just, it's just sort of like when I, when Bill gave me this opportunity, I said, okay, what, I'm good, I mean, I can be, I can do all things, but, you know, I just felt it was a, a little contribution that we could do, and I think it, well, that's good, it's been a nice thing, Bill have allowed me to run off and hide with it, so that's good. Oh, that's great, that is wonderful. So, Shanti, are you on spring break? I know you just had a long break from no, no. Christmas. You're just working? No, I worked all Easter week. Oh, man. My spring break was before Easter week. <laughs> and we've been just, we hit the ground running uh, last week of January, and we haven't stopped since then. Um. <laughs> so how long are you going to have to be, work, how long do you guys worry about the little kids, you know, until... June? How long are you guys take care of all the college kids? Let's see, we the semester ends uh, mid-May, like the 20, 26th or so, and then I get a couple break, uh, you know, a couple weeks break, and we go back to summer school. Yeah. However, if I have to leave my job, that will all be moot. So. Oh man. Well. <laughs> but we'll see. Are you uh, thinking that might happen? 
we don't know until the uh, the opera lady sings. Yeah. Oh, yet I have to oh, call the hey. Oh. I'm not making any big. Is that one of your stuff? Huh? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That, that's one of your stuff. So how long have you been at the current position? Twenty years. <gasps> the same job. We'll come and beat them up. Yeah, twenty years. It'll be twenty-one years if I last till uh, November. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I may have a little bit of retirement coming out of that. So see what happens. Well, got to help. That's the real thing. Maybe you want to start. Maybe open. Maybe you want to open a pet rock store or something. Something, yeah. You maybe, know. There you go. I'll start. Start me a pet rock. Or <laughs> 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 we we could have pet gravel. Yeah. Because pet rock is already. We could we could take pet gravel. And kittens. put it behind, <clears throat> put it behind all the rocks like kitty litter. <clears throat> we can sell kitty litter for all the pet rocks that are still out there. Yeah. <laughs> kitty, good, huh? Oh, hey, there you go, kitty litter that smells nice. How how bad the marketing tool? <laughs> and, and it never gets messed up. Yeah, it never gets messed up because your pet rock is so neat and clean. <laughs> right. You know. If the three of us could come up with something to create for <laughs> pet lovers to buy, we could be set. You know, I mean, let's face it, pet lovers are fearless about making sure their, their little thing in their lives are comfy. Their little fur babies. Yes, so if we could come up with an item, we'll share it with the family. You can make a contribution and send it to Patricia at floridawriterhotmail.com. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. They go to your house. I, I don't want to get involved. <laughs> ideas. Ideas I'm looking for. The contributions went to your house the other day. What were they for? Um, Walden said, send them to Duke Place. Oh, Tootsie Rolls. Of course. No, Tootsie I, I don't think it was Tootsie Rolls. It was downright. Oh, donations. Make donations to the station. When I, I was giving some information about <laughs> donating to the station, Walton said, you can, you can send the donations to me. <laughs> me meaning Walden. Oh, my. <laughs> I think he's a slick operator. Slick <laughs> oper okay, I have, I have an idea for the slick operator and the very pleasant person who's got stuff going on in her life, so we have to keep you in our thoughts yes. and, you know, really squeeze hard for you. So, um, so here's my idea. And this works for kittens, too. Okay. You get leashes and collars for people that the dogs can walk. Ah. <laughs> you know, they have those. Uh, have you ever heard oh, of those? Oh, are you serious? At least I know it was a good idea. <laughs> okay, I have to think of another one. Patricia, right. have you ever heard of this weird culture called the furries? The it's furries? No. It's I left off at the Furbies. It's a weird subculture of people. Uh, to me, it's weird. I'm sorry, but it is. These people dress up like animals, all kinds of different animals, and they have these conventions, and <laughs> at the vendor booths, they sell collars and leashes for their friends who are dressed up like dogs and cats and lions and sheep and very strange. Now, who gets, to, who gets to hold the leash and who gets to wear the collar? That's a good question. I honestly don't know much. <laughs> not, not that you wanted to, I guess. <laughs> but, 
all right, we have to find out who holds the people's leash, and then we can work from there. Yeah. Because I think it's a really great idea. And and you can, <laughs> you can take it a step further and have it like little custom jewelry around it, and you can take off the leash and go to a party and say, see what my dog gave me? Yeah. <laughs> this is getting better and better. Well, maybe we can set up um, wrapping papers. Wrapping papers for the gift for for animals or something. That way. Uh, I've got that in my closet. But you know what? I saw that was this is years and years ago. They mm-hmm. probably don't have these anymore. So you could we could probably re reinvent. Yeah. Yeah. Remarket. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> remarket. Oh yeah. You could probably reawaken or remarket this mm-hmm. uh, resurrected from wherever it went. Yeah. Um, there were people crackers instead of animal crackers, and they were they were. Oh uh, yeah. Doggy treats in the shape of people. <laughs> people mm-hmm. crackers. They were adorable. Yeah. And, and have the dog feed the person who's on the floor saying, please, 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 can I have a people? <laughs> oh, we, we are open to ideas tonight, folks. Well, <laughs> let's face it. Uh, cat food in a can and dog food in a can are not the most poison smelling things in the whole wide world. That's true. To you. So, so somehow we need to alter, you know, work on the smell. If we could, we if we could adjust the smell, you know, maybe maybe we got something. May May I suggest that it's a smell that maybe the puppies and kitties like? They do. They love it. So you're remastering their their goodies to match yeah. your nose. Yeah, but I don't know if. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but the, 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 the people the people who love the little kitty and puppy. Or the ones that gotta open these things, you know. I don't feed my dog uh, canned food. I will every once in a while. I'll cook her some chicken, and I'll add it to her food. So are you going? You go with the dry stuff. I give her the dry stuff, but I moisten it. Okay. Give her a couple of little carrots. She loves her carrots, and she's a happy pup. Okay, so maybe we should work on different size dog bowls or, or cat bowls. You know, they they, they traditionally all the same type cat of bowls. Bones. There you go. So let me think. What can we do? Can we have them in different shapes, maybe? We could design a doggy bed that, that doesn't need to be cleaned as much. Okay. That the fur doesn't stick to so much. That would be... That would be popular. I bought, I bought a dog a dog bowl and a cat bowl shape of a heart. That that way we say, you love your animal so much, you should, give them what, you should let them eat from the size of your heart. There you go. <laughs> Eat your heart, Dan. Eat your heart out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, I got the goofies tonight. <laughs> You're oh, dear. That comes from my bright eyes and half goofy tail. So, Chonky, did you find out this week? Have you, have you sort of known about this potential? Yeah, situation? I found out uh, quite suddenly. I got some paperwork that I needed to fill out for Social Security and then... They dropped the bomb on me Friday. Oh, man. It helped paperwork, and now I'm going, okay, what are my options? Mm-hmm. I'm doing my research and uh, trying to crunch the numbers, but every way I crunch them, it's not looking too good yet. We'll see. I've, I've put a few feelers out. I've um, so you know, contacted. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So we'll see what happens. And I, and I also sent it up to God. Yeah. 
the main that's the main man up there. Yeah, he knows. Uh huh. Okay, you know, none of us do until until you know we sort of just walk in the blind half the time. Exactly. We all know. You know, we all, we humans can only do so much. Yeah. Give it up. Yeah. Hand it over. Yeah. That's what we're I'm doing. But Shanti, if if you get down to November, or whenever the cutoff date is to um, to follow through with this, is this a reduction of staff, or is this um, I don't know. You know, you you got so many. Why would they want to do this? Well, it it's the rules of Social Security. You're only allowed to earn so much before they cut you off. And according to them, I've hit that point. So I have to decide: Do I want to work, which doesn't really pay me enough to really uh, live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or do I want Social Security, which I could probably. Um, you know, go back up and rent a room from my family and live that way. I wish I could take my job up there with me, but... (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, so those are my... So far, those are my choices. I may have others as I, you know... Tell tell them to move down to your place, and you'll get rented from their place. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I'll have my sister move her house down to San Diego. (laughs) There might be a few empty lots around somewhere, you know? (laughs) You could you could put a Murphy bed in the laboratory. There you go. That would work. And you've certainly got cabinet space that if you rearrange it, you might be able to get a little make-believe closet space in there. Um, you've got sinks and stuff in the lab, right? No, we don't. We don't have any sinks in there. Oh, we dear. We bathroom in the, in the building. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I was just crunching numbers down here going, well, I could downsize to a studio and cut this out, cut that out, and then I'm thinking, well, then I'll just be existing to go to work. Yeah. Barely, yeah. you know, I'll you're be accommod- barely- Yeah, you're accommodating somebody else's rules, and you need to feel good about setting your own. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know... Not only feel good, but work. Yeah, considering I, I, I'm, I'm just feeling at peace right now, and I'm... Um, just thankful for what I have at this moment, which is really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of blessings, and I'm thankful for those. Yeah, all our family seem to be a little bit. I mean, I don't know if people heard last night. It looks like Ron Bond is going to be moving to Arkansas. That's what I heard. After living in the same Arkansas. spot. Yeah, after living in the same spot since 1965. Wow. Wow. That's a big move. That is a big move. No, does, Did he tell you what precipitated that, or is his that son, his his son is really pushing for it. His son bought five acres in Arkansas, has a home on it, got more land, and he would like to have his mom and dad be close by. Okay, I think it scared him after that tornado went through Ron's oh, town. Yeah, he's just really trying to talk mom and dad to move down to Arkansas, and okay, you know, so at least your family wants you. Yeah, Good. yeah. Yeah, that's good. And it's not a move to get rid of him; it's a move to, to love, um, because they love him and want him. They, yeah. they want, and it, it's not. And I asked mom. He said, "No, okay, he got plenty of space for all our cassette tapes, everybody." Anyway, um, and uh, and they would, they have two houses in the town, so they would still keep one. That way, they would all the whole family would go back up and spend three or four months out of the year in the hometown. But 
but the son really wants Ron and his and Jackie to be nearby. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. They'll have somebody. They'll have help. Yes. You know, they'll have help once in a while. Yes. Because yeah. But still, that's still, after being in the same spot since 1965, it's still a bit of a, that's a, a big uprooting. Yeah. Big uprooting. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, well, you know, let's face it. They, they, they say the top ten things in life, move, move is one of the most stressful things of all. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh. Very, it can be traumatic even. Oh, my goodness. I moved after 15 years, so I can imagine what Ron's going to be feeling. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. it's moving. Uh, that was back in 2012. I had to move after 15 years, and that was – I was ready for it. I knew I needed to do it, but it was still difficult. It was, oh, sure. You, you, your energy really has to uproot, and you have to reestablish yourself in a new space. And it takes a while to adjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good move. It was a good move. I was really, uh, I was in a much better place when I did it. The last move we made was 35 years ago. I've been in this house now. This is my grandmother's house. See, my grandmother bought two houses in Costa Mesa, three blocks away from each other. So my my family lived in the, in the one house since 1969. And then when my grandmother passed away in 82, this was a little bigger, so we moved three blocks. But still, mm-hmm. that was still getting a, it was still an adjustment, even though it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. area, you know. So you moved from one house to another and actually changing homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for you, I would imagine you had some extra challenges by having to learn the layout quite intimately. The nice thing about it, because I had sight when when my when we when I remember how this house was laid out, and we spent Sunday dinner here a lot of time with my grandmother. So, okay. so I it wasn't as a big a change as when my when my relative buy a new house and things, and I and my one my dad's sister they bought a house in Irvine, and I still get I still get get really uneasy about it. It has these step down um, living rooms. Oh, yeah. I just personally, that sort of, you know, for me, have worrying about going up and going down mm-hmm. from the kitchen to the bathroom into the living room. Mm-hmm. Personally, I would probably never buy or rent a, a house or apartment that had that kind of setup. That, yeah. You know, I, I would want to make sure if I'm going to go up and down, I want to make it stairs. I don't want to make it just one little small step, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. When you're in your 20s, it's no big deal. You just jump up and down. But as you get a, a little older, like 39, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't really – you don't want that. You don't need that. No. One more thing to fall on. No, it's true. I, I honestly – I remember being in my 20s and – Hearing an older lady going, oh, too many places to fall and break your neck. And <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a killjoy. But now yeah. I kind of understand. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense now. No, as you're older, things change. Yeah. <laughs> you're not as steady on your feet as you used to be. It's true. Or you're gimping around like Chester. <laughs> <laughs> like some of us are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You, you do appreciate the flat surface. <laughs> yes. 
And I appreciate the first floor now more than ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in it. I'm on the second floor, so it makes maneuvering a little bit difficult. If I were on the first floor, my mobility would be a whole lot better. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah, but just think, think, you you get the beautiful view of the lake, Patricia. (laughs) Yeah, but I can have that when I don't have a (laughs) (laughs) boo-boo. Mm-hmm. The lake will still be there and laughing at my band-aids, you know. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, my goodness. So, well, Shanti, um, is that the only stuff, or it sounds like you've got more stuff to worry about, too. Um, not, well, that, that's the immediate stuff. There's always stuff in my family, you know. There's my yeah. mom and brother, are, you know, their health has been bad for quite a while, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, God. So maybe it's a good thing that I'm going to be up there with them. So are you going to go up tomorrow with the plan tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm staying in town. Nobody invited me anywhere, and um, I wasn't up to traveling because I I have had the worst yeah. this season with all the pollen in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And it uh, just those headaches come in waves. But um, no, I'm going to enjoy Easter because I was a good girl all 40 days, Woo-hoo. and I'm going to have. Something that I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to have yet, but I'm going to have a treat. Well, well I remember Christ- I remember a Christmas that your uncle sort of surprised you, and you you negotiated a Christmas dinner out of that. So who knows? Surprised <laughs> <laughs> me this day, so uh, maybe he'll hear me, and I'll hear my phone go ring. <laughs> <laughs> this is our little guy over here who never forgets a thing. Do not ever say anything in front of him. <laughs> You would prefer that when you hang up, you say, "Gosh, I wonder if I had, if I should have done that." Well, he will find out a way to let you know the answer. That was hilarious. So were you? I don't. Were you there, Patricia, when I was talking about my uncle, and all of a sudden my cell phone rang, and it was my uncle? I, no, I, I. Oh, it was hilarious. Maybe I was, but I don't remember. It was Christmas. No, I, I would have remembered something like that. So I, I guess I was not here. Maybe it was on a Friday when they're on schedule. It was hilarious. It was Christmas Eve, so I guess no, it was yeah. Larry. It was yeah. Larry and Walden, yeah. and they were going. So what are you doing okay. Christmas? I go. I have no idea. I bought some cookies just in case my uncle invites me. I don't know if he's gonna call. <laughs> Bing! The phone rings and it's my uncle. <laughs> oh. Oh, was he holding on to uh, <laughs> a computer with the show, and he heard the show and just decided, uh oh, we didn't do the right thing this year, and called? I don't think so. No, no. I think he was psychic or something. <laughs> yes, or as Ricky Ricardo would say, physicic. Physicic, yes. So, physicic. Okay, uh, I'll, I've got a rum cake, and if my uncle calls me, and now I'm going to see if my phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. And if he Maybe, I hope he's not just a Friday night listener. <laughs> I know a question, wouldn't it, Patricia? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like today, I did. Yeah. Um, I did do two dishes. I made two traditional dishes. One is a Persian dish, and one was a Mexican dish. Now, what? Give me what's a Persian dish? Give me Persian give, dish. Mm-hmm. Was some herbal. It was rice with herbs, and um, it sounded so delicious that I wanted to try it. And it's. It was. It's for me. It was kind of messy because I just don't know the techniques for draining and rinsing cooked rice. I can do it. Not Got it. it. Okay. 
but it, it, it came out it came out pretty good. It was delicious. Uh, it has Did they saffron and cumin and stuff like that there. Saffron, dillweed, uh, fenugreek, cilantro, and leek. And it was actually it had a very um, very nice taste. Very fresh, very refreshing. So how did you find out about that particular dish? Was it somebody you knew? Or is it something online? How did you... I found it online while I was shopping. I saw the recipe. <laughs> oh, it came in the email. I was on their newsletter. Oh. I, I bought some stuff from the uh, this uh, Mediterranean store. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent this recipe that they make this dish for uh, a holiday called Norus, which is the first day of spring. Mm. Uh, it's also the... Uh, their New Year. Okay. So they make this dish, and it sounded so delicious, I just wanted to try it. And it, it didn't come out quite the way I thought it would. They described it more crunchy. Mine was more fluffy, but that was, it still tasted good. I was pleased with it. Rice is sort of an interesting thing. It could be sticky, or it could be fluffy, or it could be crunchy. I mean, I guess it all comes down to the boiling point, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... This rice was kind of sticky until I rinsed it, um, and it did rinse off really easily after I cooked it, which I was surprised, but because huh. it's long grain, it got very fluffy okay. and delicious. So why, why do you have to drain it? Or um, I guess not drain it. You had to wash it, right? Run it under the water? I usually wash my rice before I cook it, and it doesn't seem to mm-hmm. get all the sticky off. But now I think I know why they do that because it does rinse a lot, or rinses off much easier after you cook it. But you don't cook it all the way; you just cook it like for ten minutes, and mm-hmm. it puffs up just enough. And then it's, but it's still kind of crunchy. So you can uh, you can rinse okay. and drain it, and it's it, all the starch comes off, and it comes out fluffy. Got it. When you were talking about crunchy, I had a vision that you were pan frying, you know, the, um, to to a crunchy consistency, and then putting it together with the rest of the ingredients. No, actually, the way they make it crunchy is they put the oil and a little bit of water at the bottom of the nonstick pan. It's mm-hmm. a, a nonstick pot, and then they layer it, and the bottom gets crunchy. And then they pour butter, melted butter, over the top after they've done Got all it. the airing of herbs, rice, herbs, rice, herbs, rice. Okay. So so you, okay, I got it now. I won't even repeat it because I'll screw it up. <laughs> but I've got it in my head. <laughs> and it sounded yummy, and I thought, ooh, I wonder what that's going to taste like. But it didn't quite get that crunchy bottom layer, but that's okay. It still came out tasty and I got so much of it because it's a huge recipe. Oh, yeah. Three cups of rice. <laughs> it's a lot of rice. Now, uh, three cups cooked or? Uh, Please tell me if. Three cups uncooked. So that really puffs up into a wow. huge. You're moving out of the kitchen. That thing is blowing up like a science fiction movie. <laughs> Holy cats. Filled up my big. Did uh, you have a pot big enough to do this? Uh, yeah, I had a big stock pot. Kind of, well, it's like a, more of a Dutch oven. It filled it all up, yeah. and but you, I have rice for all week. I can serve it with <laughs> rice and this, rice and that, rice and something else. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Are you a sugar person? No. Do you allow yourself to eat sugar once in a while? Uh, every once in a while, but I, 
I just don't have that much of a sweet tooth. So yeah. usually when I buy goodies like cookies and cake, I give them away for gifts. <laughs> Why do you buy them? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gee, look, these are all, look at these, look at these. And you get them home and say, look at these. Where did I come from? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Let me ask you something. Yeah, and no, you talked about this being... <laughs> You, you talked about this being a Persian dish. Yeah, that's the rice and is, herbs is a Persian dish. Mm-hmm. They make that yeah. in Iran for spring, sure. the first new year. Um, and then the dish from Mexico that I made, or it's actually more of a homemade dish. You don't find it anywhere in restaurants. Mm-hmm. These little. I was wondering if they called it Persian rather than one of the more traditional names that up people, if that was a wiser move for them to name the dish in a more romantic language. Um, I mean, Persia is, it has such a mystical history yeah. and a really rich history. I, I know, but, you know, when we had the Iranian hostage situation in 1979, mm-hmm. the Iranians that we knew here in Assyria, they all said they were from Persia. I mean, it was the ancient name of Iran. Yes. So yes. maybe that would, maybe you caught something, Patricia. I don't know. I know a lot of people would call themselves Persians, you know. And known as Persians yes. for so many centuries. True. You know, people, you know, have a preference. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, my protein dish was these little uh, salmon pat, uh, not salmon, I'm sorry, shrimp patties that you mix this little powdered shrimp with uh, egg whites, and it's so delicious. My goodness, that, that does sound good. That I ate with the rice. <laughs> That's what I had all day. <laughs> I was asking about the sugar because when we were kids, my mother would fix, and, and she, of course, had leftover rice, and everybody had leftover rice, but she would give it to us for breakfast with milk and a little bit of a sprinkle of sugar on top. Ah, almost like rice. And it's, hardly, it's hardly the most nutritious thing in the world to yeah. eat, but... It was good, and the kids ate it. I mean, we kids ate it, all four of us. I, I, well, I remember one of my uh, desserts I like was rice pudding. Yeah, rice pudding with raisins. Yeah. Cinnamon, yum. Sometimes a little milk in there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, well, you know. I'm coming in California. <laughs> remember puffed rice? You've got yeah. such good foods rice. out there. Good foods. Okay, well, before you go, I have to ask you my theme question. Well, I have to tell you both one story before we go to the theme question. Okay. They okay. happened yesterday. Uh-huh. Our, our okay. na- our, our, our neighbor <laughs> is the former mayor of Costa Mesa. Uh-huh. And they've been working on a brand new kitchen since August. And it finally got wrapped up like this recently. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Okay. Okay. I don't think this she... This is a celebration. Yeah. I don't think she really knew too much how to run a microwave. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, gee. I smell smoke. Yes, you do. So she decided she wanted a baked potato. Uh-oh. Oh, gee. She put it how, how long did she set it? 30 minutes. Okay. So guess what went on fire yesterday? Oh, I hear I hear smoke a lot. Uh-huh, yeah. And smell flaming, yes. oh, flaming microwave. Oh, oh. Oh, yikes. Oh, holy cow. With, I don't... With the kindling... Yeah, the kindling was the potato, wasn't it? Yeah. 
You know what she probably did? She probably wrapped it in foil because I can put my potatoes in for about 20 minutes, and they come out fine. I, I get the big baking. I, you know, I. Now, sis, you put you put foil in your microwave? Oh no, you don't. But she, Shanti oh, thinks maybe <laughs> okay. Shanti thinks maybe what my neighbor did, and that might make sense. Why else would it gone in fire? Yeah, if well, foil, it, it would crackle and explode before, as soon as the microwave turns on, it makes crackling and explosions and sparks, and you can't ignore that. So your, you can fry your microwave. My brother accidentally did that with did that with a burrito. <laughs> he didn't know there was. Well, a you remember my, He stuck it in to get hot. And, oops. Yeah. You, you remember my meatball story? Mark? Oh. Oh my gosh! I, how long did it take you to get ready to smell? Oh, Walden, it was oh, at least a day. Jeez. Oh, it, it was awful. I had meatballs, the frozen meatballs, and you put them in for just a little bit mm-hmm. in order to cook them and heat them up. And, you know, cooking is like bitsy bitsy. They just want you to have high temperatures so you don't sue them for food poisoning. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I put these hot dogs in, I, it may have been even a microwave, microwavable disposable, uh, I wouldn't call it a paper plate, but it, 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 had, it was microwavable, mm-hmm. and it was like a little bowl. And I'm sitting at the computer, and I think I might have even been talking to you guys. I was. I was talking to all of you. Oh. And, and I said, oh, man, one of my neighbors has a problem. <laughs> and it got a little worse, and I thought, maybe somebody is gone for the weekend. So I went sniffing around and sniffing around, and I said, oh, my gosh, it's me. Oh. And there I was. I know. And I grabbed them and put them in the sink and started opening windows. The smell was atrocious. Just It was nothing like an overdone steak. It was, it just, it was dreadful. So I had doors open, windows open. If anybody walked by, walked by the apartment, they would have certainly called the fire department because it was dread and it just wouldn't go away and i went back out in the kitchen and i looked in the sink i didn't pour water on this i just took the the meatballs out they were burning from the inside out yeah so they were still on fire even though there was not a flame they were still on fire and no wonder i couldn't get rid of the smell it was reproducing itself for the whole time so i got them underwater oh my gosh it was a mess so you it was a mess too long a time is that what happened? I don't. I don't think so. Hmm. Um, you know, I've got a low wattage microwave, so if I get something for six and a half minutes, I run it for seven, and it's fine. So I might have run it for an extra half a minute, but certainly no more than that. And I thought, well, maybe maybe it was the paper plate that set them on fire. Could be that it had wow. a little bit of something that didn't agree with it, because. Even when yeah. I'm putting my butter in the microwave, it was making a weird noise. And I'm going, why is it doing that for butter? Mm-hmm. Oh, it crackles, yeah. I was, I was using a uh, a custard cup, but maybe that custard cup was not green. microwavable. Yeah. don't know, but yeah. it be fine. Um, yeah, butter butter will snap, crackle, and pop when it's, uh, when it's pretty well melted. It, it'll crack on the way down, but by the time it gets close to melted... Um, yeah, you've got a, fi- a Fourth of July fireworks going on in the microwave. Yeah, um, uh, I, you know, I think the next time I want to melt butter, I'll just 
let it soften and let it melt itself when I put it in the pot. <laughs> well, I sort of, when I tried it, I had a little sourdough, so I I put in between the two bits and then wrapped paper towel around it and put it on a paper plate and zapped it in the microwave. So that was about the closest I could try to have hot bread with a little yeah. butter on it. <laughs> yeah. And set the house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's your Easter question. Are you ready? Yes. You are. This year, and it doesn't happen very often, Easter and Passover are happening at the same time, yes. which I thought is really great. So we've got Good Friday on the 14th, which was yesterday, and it goes to the 16th, which is Easter. Passover runs from the 10th to the 18th. So we've got the 14th to the 16th. They've got the 10th to the 18th. I say they. Um, I shouldn't have said that to uh, people who celebrate Passover. Yeah, Jewish people, uh-huh. Yeah, people. Um, so I want people to talk about traditions you might have had or have in your homes and things you look forward to the most in either Easter or Passover or both. Oh, goody, goody, goody. I get to talk about our Easter egg hunt. Perfect. Did I get Yes. To, did I ever tell you about the Easter egg hunt? No. Oh, okay. If you did, I want to hear it again because I don't remember. Okay. The Mexican-style Easter egg hunt, at least in California, Mm-hmm is uh-huh. all the 40 days of Lent, we eat a lot of scrambled eggs, um, and that's where the shrimp patties come from. We, we crack the uh, egg just enough to get that egg white out, and then we just make a little hole and get rid of the yolk, and we, ha- we wash those eggshells out. We just have a small hole in the eggshell, just enough to put a little confetti in after they after you wash and dry them out, mm-hmm. then we fill, we fill them with confetti, we paint them, and close them up. And when Easter Day comes, we have several dozen of these little hollow confetti-filled eggs. And the kids go out and hunt for them, and when they get enough of them, they all chase each other around and crack them on each other's heads. <laughs> Now, that's a great tradition. I like that. I like that. It it lends a new sense of urgency to finding the eggs. Yes. Yes. Okay. The painting, painting, is it regular paint, or is it like the old-fashioned dye that we would use? You know, how we used to dye Easter eggs. We would have, you know, you buy a certain dye that gives the different eggs different colors. We use watercolors because people like to make little designs. Okay draw little pictures and some my brother used to make little faces on theirs <laughs> and what about you how would you how would you de- design your little egg I didn't do mine I, I just never was into it uh-huh I did I, I used to count them but I w- really wasn't into so did you have any of your siblings try to crack an egg on you oh yeah I had many a egg cracked on my head <laughs> but you, you know you, you were a great a kid, no retaliation here and you're like, oh, you know, I used to, I would find a few and crack a few people. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, they were not safe after all. No, you're, nobody yeah. is safe at those things. So, yeah. you know, well, I like that tradition. Okay, so is there I a like traditional that. Easter meal in the, in the Spanish culture that people would normally have? Or what, what? Uh, no, I don't remember anything special. We just had, you know, the usual ham. Uh-huh. 
uh, we would make enchiladas. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, it, would, it just depended on what people felt like making. Okay. Usually it was potluck. Okay. Come over, bring a dish. And the whole thing was around the kids and, and hunting. The uh, I mean, I know Christmas with all your extended relatives at the household. Was the same thing when you going up for Easter? Yes, yes, we'd get together at Grandma's, and we all had the, you know different people brought different things. Potatoes and you ate in shifts. <laughs> that was the most. Shift. Yeah, that was the most marvelous thing to eat in shifts. Gosh. Teenagers, I'll tell you, I have to tell you, the teenagers wanted nothing to do with the Easter egg hunt. We were fed up by that time. <laughs> now, when you're eight, well, that's when you're a kid. When you're eight, it's great, but when you're 18, it's like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Get away of from course. me with those eggs. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, well, Shanti, I thank you for calling and for sharing a good Easter story. I, I don't remember hearing that. Oh, um, glad the, I didn't tell you. Yeah, the, <laughs> what? Again, please. I'm glad. I'm glad to, I got to share that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's really fun. No, I, I don't recall that you ever talked about that. The Christmas, and you were dieting, and you were not going to eat. I don't know which of the dishes, and it was really difficult, not difficult, it was time-consuming to make, and you Absolutely. decided, no, this cannot be, I'm, I'm, it's not consistent with the meals I am preparing for myself at this point, but no, this one did not get into the mix, so I'm really happy you shared that. Okay. <laughs> well, have a happy Easter, too, and uh, keep it posted, what, what happens, you know? Absolutely, I will. Yeah. And you'll always hear from me no matter where I live. Perfect. <laughs> okay. All right, Shanti. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 you like to give us a call and give us a little update where you are, you're welcome to at 714-545-2071. Patricia's here in the great state of Florida, 3,000 miles away from me. I'm over here in California, 3,000 miles away from her. In between well, there. I'm going to look in a minute. Right now. Yeah. Okay. What is your temperature? Do I have to help them look it up? Uh, yes, I look it up. Which I, I have no idea. Okay, okay. Mom and I are not going to go to sunrise service. It's too cold for us. Okay, we went to oh, we went to Good Friday and and uh, three three blocks away and the evening got cold. Mom said we're going to regular church tomorrow. Okay, she just doesn't want to get up. It's just too cold for us. So you look up my temperature. Hello there. You're on there. Hello, you two. Hello, Celeste. How are you? Hello. How are the two of you? Well, we're fine here. One of us is fine. You know what, Patricia? The last time I talked to you, I forgot to ask you about your leg. Did What happened? I don't know, and neither does anybody else. It just doesn't work. So they're Have doing you all sorts of things. like that? Or? Pardon? Have you been back to the doctor recently, or they just can't oh my gosh. what it is? Or? I've, sent, I've sent at least two of their kids through school by now. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Well, for it sure. is. Oh, oh, me. Well. I know, I know. I was going to tell I, you a funny I will story be about fine. family. Yeah. Uh, those, uh, in Spanish, what we call the eggs that she was describing uh -huh. to you, 
where you have an empty eggshell and you color it and put confetti in there. Well, those are called cascarones. Cas like you can you can hear that name cascarones. Okay. Well, what happened that was so funny when Paul and I <coughs> got married, my si my two sister-in-laws and my mother-in-law thought it'd be wonderful to have my mother and daddy come over to Dallas and uh, have an Easter party. <laughs> well, you can imagine, oh, and my brother and sister-in-law were there, too. You can imagine when the kids came up, mother and daddy had never seen anything like a cascaron, and they cracked that over my daddy's head, and my brother and daddy thought those were real eggs. Oh, my. Oh my. oh, my. And cracked over their heads. And they gave such a funny look. The first ones that were cracked over their heads. Oh, my goodness. And my mother turned and looked at me, and I said, It's just confetti. It's just confetti. It's all real eggs. And cracked over their heads. Mm. <laughs> anyway, it was a very funny, it was a very funny Easter for that for our first Easter of our marriage, you know, with the families getting together. Walden, <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, yeah. is, is, is our guy that does the big band history and all that, is he going to do more on Woody Herman? Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're doing the next one, May the 14th, Part 7. Oh, it's, yeah, because he's just barely got... Oh, yeah, he's going to keep it rolling. I mean, they could easily get up to 12 easily, but, yeah, we're up... We're gonna cover. We're gonna cover the decade of the fifties next, and okay. and so he sent us. He sent us the tracks now, and so it's May the fourteenth. Perry Huntoon, who oh good yeah. So definitely we'll keep. We're gonna keep Woody Herman rolling, rolling through. Yeah. Well, I noticed he 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 hadn't gotten to the part yet where um, where Woody had such a big hit on Laura. Laura, that's right. Yeah. That is true. And you know what that paid for? Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, when they first got married, mm -hmm. they had a house on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Right. And then they bought a, a bigger house in Brentwood, mm -hmm. and Woody and Charlotte brought, bought their old home there on Hollywood Boulevard. How about that? Yeah, that's right. where they live. I've been to many a party in that house on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Well, that's actually that, that's the that, that's the street that Frank lives on is Hollywood Boulevard. In fact, that's what Frank Brzee. That's the street he lives on. It's a, oh, okay. It's Hollywood Boulevard. It's a nice, nice next to the woods. Everybody, it's a really, really nice place. That yeah. whole area. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering if yep. we're going to hear more, uh, more. Oh about yeah. Yep. He's, he's barely scratched the surface <laughs> right now. <laughs> That'll be good to hear on the 12th. 14th. May 14th. 14th. Yep. May 14th. Yep. Very, very good. So put that on your calendar, Celeste. That's when he'll be I back. Will, yeah. I will. I will, and I will be listening. He he's, has so many good things to play, you know. I thought, well, surely that couldn't be the end of it. And plus, we'll face it, the research he goes in... It's it's so terrific. You learn about the different band members and everything else. It's just amazing kind of 
reach what he, he presents to us. So it, it's oh, a great yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Well, what are you doing for Easter tomorrow, Patricia? Well, Patricia, you want to go first? You, you want to volunteer first? Are you going to... Sure, gonna... I'm doing nothing. That was fast and easy. I'm going to hunker down and read a book or, no, I think I'm going to set up my new scanner. <sighs> I have to get the printer out of the way. And I think I can do that. It only weighs 400 pounds. No. I should be able to. It's only about 15 pounds. So I should be able to do that. Well, excellent. So that's what she's doing. We're having um, family over at 1230. We're going to have ham. We bought it from Costco this year. They have a really good honey-baked kind of ham at Costco. And also scalloped potatoes. Ooh. And so after after church, Dad and I are running to a movie calendar to go get a lemon, uh, lemon meringue pie. So that's, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be the dessert for tomorrow oh, at 12:30. Sounds great. Yep. So I imagine I'll probably have a really nice Thanksgiving dinner and then go lay down before the show. <laughs> probably what will happen. <laughs> I think that would probably be a good thing to do. This our little Munchkin here doesn't do very well on his sleep routine. Well. So yes, you take a nap. Welcome I have a question for you out in California, sir. Yes. Yeah, who sure. loves who loves pineapple pizza? Yes. Have yes. you ever? Well, I should ask how your mother does it, but have do you make it a ham? Do you bake a ham with cloves inserted and pineapple on top? We've never done it that way. Oh, we do that, and that's ah. love that, Patricia. Yes. Ah. It Very has good a wonderful taste. taste. Yeah. 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 And it's not overwhelming. It doesn't you, you still taste the meat, but it's got such a nice flavor that infuses and oh, Celeste, thank you. We're always together. This is great. Well, you know, I remember growing up that a lot of time we used to buy a can can of ham. You know? It, you you would take that little mm -hmm. screwdriver or whatever that key ring and yeah. then you would try a Yeah. Uh, and those ham have right. some, those ham have yes. some, somewhat like a salty taste to it, if I remember right, at the kid. Yeah. And now everything is pretty much vacuum sealed, at least oh. what you buy in the store nowadays. I don't, I don't know if they even sell can ham in the can anymore. Like I don't know. Yeah, I used, Yeah, we used to. I think my mother used to buy those. I don't think I ever bought a canned ham. Mm -hmm. You know. But uh, but they I remember doing that. Most of the ham I get now are all pretty much spiral cut, and so a lot of them out here because oh. it is pretty much all spiral cut, and and they have the honey coated already on the on the outside. Yeah, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, and so generally you just stick it in the oven for about you know thirty minutes or so, and away you go. It's mm -hmm. a lot easier probably. Yeah. Celeste, would that make it with? The honey and the cloves and the, the pineapple? Would it do what now? Would it work? To, we're talking about, you and I are talking about cloves and pineapple, and yeah. Walden is talking about pre-honeyed ham. Can he still use the pineapple and the cloves in that, or would that be too many flavors? I, I don't know. Um, 
I think the cloves get give such a good flavor. Now I don't know mm-hmm. if went to honey ham if you'd put more honey on there. Um, no, it's a, it's already got honey on it, so I wouldn't put any more on it. But with the honey that's coating the ham, and we're going to put pineapple on top and cloves in the sides. Okay. okay. Do you think all three of them would go together? Uh, yeah, I would think those. I don't think. Yeah, I think that would. Okay. Now, may yeah, I? I, may, I may, think but, pineapple. Yeah. Done it that but, way, but I think it would. Okay. Now, in my family, you know what we use pineapple for Easter for? What? We have a special dish. There's nothing like pineapple salad. Oh yeah, pineapple salad. Pineapple salad is the best with with, with Cool Whip and and marshmallows and pineapple all go together. There's nothing better. Uh huh. You know, so that's that's what pineapple yeah. belongs on Easter. Now my mother always it, it made that. Like I never did make that salad, but mother made it, and then she put cherries in there too. Now does it count? Because sometimes my mom in the in the early days we could she might put on one little iceberg lettuce leaf, but over the last thirty years she's given up on the iceberg lettuce leaf and just put it on the plate. Uh huh. You know, this is still a salad. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> He's very emphatic about this. <laughs> Don't take away his salad. <laughs> it's under the salad label. Now, your combination of pineapple and um, marshmallow mm-hmm. and Cool Whip, yep. it, sounds, it sounds like the um, diabetic ICU is probably <laughs> overloaded. <laughs> just, just from your house alone. <laughs> Yes, we all came from Walden's house. Well, we better go talk to him. I never liked the taste of Cool Whip, but I do like the one that comes in a can called, I think it's called Ready Whip. It's real cream. I I like Uh that taste better than than Cool Whip. And if you're really in the market for breaking your body, you can get the extra heavy cream Ready Whip. I drool every every time I go past the dairy section. I go, oh gosh, oh gosh, just keep walking, just keep walking. <laughs> it is good. It is good. I would prefer it right out of the bottle. <laughs> just, I don't want anything under it. I just want the cream. You just want to oh, open your goodness. mouth. Just open your mouth and just spray it. Spray it inside. That this is tell? true. This is true. Like a like a puppy getting milk. Mm? Uh. Indeed, indeed. Well, my pineapple recipe is very simple and I think it is wonderful is to have a bed of iceberg lettuce and I prefer it chopped because trying to cut through goo is not, <laughs> not an easy thing. Yep. So I, I break it up into pieces before I put it on the plate and then I take like a tablespoon and, and this is for more than one dish, a tablespoon of mayonnaise and you'll get two out of this and thin it out to um, salad dressing texture and moisture with the lemon juice. So you've got mayonnaise and lemon juice and iceberg lettuce. And it's simple and it is really good. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would think with the lemon juice, that should somewhat preserve the iceberg lettuce. So if you need to put it in the refrigerator, it probably holds up pretty well. I would think so, yeah. I never had any left over. (laughs) 
I cannot tell a lie. Um, if there was any left over to put in the fridge, I would munch it by the time the dishes were finished. I was too. <laughs> so, so I said, are there a traditional dish that you served the family over the years on Easter Sunday? Anything particular that you made sure was on the table? Are you asking me? Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, various things. You know, uh, now my kids just have to have Mexican rice. I make great Mexican rice. Mm. And it's a fairly simple recipe. But the secret of Mexican rice compared to the way other people prepare rice is you put uh, oil in the bottom of a, a big heavy pan and you uh, you brown the rice. You brown it and brown it and brown it. And then you put your, uh, for I think it's for one cup of rice, it's one and a half cups of, of water, you know. Now, I usually, and then you can put your tomatoes and whatever else you want to put in there with it. Put it in the oven, bake it, take it out, stir it one time put it in the oven again, and I mean not one piece of rice sticks to the other piece of rice. It's really a pretty dish. That's the way I make Mexican rice. Okay. My mm, mother-in-law it sounds yummy. make a lot of Mexican food, and mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> I really keep all those recipes, and the boys always have to have Mexican rice on, on uh, Easter. Right. And other times, have it at Christmas and everything, too. So, yeah, but that's one of the special things I do. But I doubt if I'll do it this year, you know, because I had my little event. But we'll probably go to a Mexican restaurant tomorrow near here. So is it going to be packed? I imagine Easter Sunday is probably packed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what what kind of Easter... Food? Are you going to get at a Mexican restaurant? What kind of? I, I'm 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 not I'm tripping over my words. I'm asking for cultural information. Uh-huh. Do they have cultural or traditional dishes that would be new to someone like me? Well, I'm trying to think what that would be, Patricia. Um, let's see. I don't know. I haven't eaten out at you know until this year. Um, on Easter. Um, what do you think? Would they serve tamales? Of I mean, course oh, yeah. Tamales, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tamales. That's, that is just very, very traditional. Tamales and Mexican rice. And I'm trying to think if there's anything different in there than. Mm, uh, well, the Mexican rice would be different for me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. I can't think of anything else, really. And they have, you know, traditional cakes and all the other things, just like every restaurant does, you know, all the cakes mm-hmm. you make. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any other special thing that we have at Easter time that's Mexican food. Um, we tell here, some of the Mexican do such a great Sunday morning buffet. Oh yeah, a, a buffet brunch type uh-huh. of thing, and I wouldn't. I I bet you that might be an option. Who knows? Depends on what restaurants you and the boys decide to go yeah. to tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we have one near our home here that we always go to called El Phoenix. I'll tell you a funny story mm-hmm. about. 
about Mexican food when uh, Woody Herman's band was passing through here playing in Dallas. We had Woody and, and the other people over, and we made Mexican food for them. And they'd never had any, and they went crazy over rice and and enchiladas and and uh, uh, tamales and things like that. They just never had that before. And so, <laughs> when we were on the road, uh, we were ne- we were in San Francisco. They were playing in San Francisco at Basin Street West, and this. Uh, friend of ours, trumpet player, said, oh, man, I'm, I found a Mexican restaurant, and we can all go there, and, you know, we rented a car, and he had found this Mexican restaurant we were going to eat at. Well, they had Paul order the food, and he ordered tamales, uh, and he ordered, you know, just tamales. Tamales you usually start off with and then eat other things after that. And when mm-hmm. they brought out the tamales, it was as big. Oh, and Paul said, now be sure and bring plenty. You know, we want two dozen of them. Well, when they brought out the first plate of tamales, it was <laughs> as big as a loaf of bread. It was as big as a loaf of bread. Oh, my God. Then immediately he said, cancel the, <laughs> the other orders. <laughs> this big they their their tamales are not like ours. They're this huge thing of masa and a little bit of meat in the middle and they didn't have a very good taste. But I tell you, the the waiter turned to Paul and in Spanish he said, Are you sure you want twelve? And Paul said, Oh sure <laughs> <laughs> That thing, the first one came out, and it was as big as a loaf of bread, and you had to slice it. It wasn't individually wrapped in corn shucks or anything. Northern California food, Mexican food, is quite different than Tex-Mex, I guarantee you. Oh, that's funny. You could have eaten on. You could have eaten for a week oh, between no, oh, between yeah. the gig and going back home. You you could you had enough for a week there. <laughs> Absolutely, and <clears throat> when we ordered the beans, they just brought pinto. They just brought out red beans, you know. And of course, we have refried beans. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking about, yeah. the refried beans. And, oh, my goodness, that that whole lunch was a big disaster in San Francisco. <laughs> that sure reminds me of what Bill and Kim Bright go through when they both disagree on chili. I forget which one is which. Is it, is it which one? Oh, one has, one has meat Be- and the other uh, one just sticks uh, with the beans. Right. No meat. Now what? And I, I think it's Kim with the beans. I, I think, you know, Kim from Pennsylvania, her chili is totally different than the, chi- that the chili that built grown up in Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm, not the beans, meat. It was meat in there that they yeah, or, they had or, a different... Or with beans. I can't remember. Maybe some chili... Some chili were with beans and some were without, so I don't remember. Uh-huh. You know. Well, How dare they do either? I have to be for Bill because he, I'm sure Bill and I grew up on the same taste, you know. So what 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 chili you like in Texas? So, so I said, what, what, what do you mean chili? Okay. <laughs> the 
know what I'm asking is, yeah. are you talking about a dish of, of chili, chili con carne, or what? No, nope, a regular bowl of chili. It's just a bowl of chili with beans and meat, or be or without meat. Oh, uh, yeah, and and a tomato know. sauce. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, something like that. Regular meat, chili, yeah. No, we don't put beans in ours. See, okay. So okay, that, that's what, yeah, was beans. Okay, that's what Bill was fussing about, that nobody should put beans in his chili. Right. So. Uh, he's exactly right. And if you want beans as a side dish when you're eating chili, it should be refried beans, you know. Yeah, uh, Bill. What an education. Wow. Yeah. I felt so I mean, sorry for him. Great. I don't know any of this stuff. I didn't either. You didn't what? I did not know that. I didn't. Go ahead, Patricia. We did, we I didn't know any of this stuff, and I'm I'm feeling so good because I've got another education tonight. <laughs> about, about Mexican food, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, something fills in a hole in my brain because I don't know anything about it, or I didn't until you told me. Uh-huh. So now I've uh-huh. got, yeah, I've I've got location, and don't order twelve when you're <laughs> when you're in the northern, more northern section. Uh, this is in L.A. You said. Chile, no. San Francisco. Chile at all? San no, Francisco. No, no. Okay. Oh no. All right. So. No. Yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah. This this is good yeah. stuff. This is good stuff. And you put chili powder in it, right? To chili it up? Oh yeah. Well when you yeah, when you make the chili of course yes, it has chili powder in it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can you can buy hot and different different layers of hotness in the chili. So yeah. you can get a really pant because yeah. your tongue hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Down to boy, this is a really nice mellow flavor. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm in the mellow flavor department. Now, I'm not. I'm not a big. I don't eat hot, hot, hot food. So uh, I used to, and so I used to separate out the real hot. Some people put a lot of Tabasco sauce, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and it's really, really hot. And I, I don't like that. That really, really hot. So what? when I make it, I always make kind of two sep. I, I make the chili, but then I separate them when it comes to the putting the Tabasco sauce. What Mexican food is it that I know that you almost have to wear gloves because the beans or whatever are so hot they could burn your skin? Aren't there that's the that's the specialty chili peppers. Yeah. Yeah. The the oh, hottest wow. chili peppers you can find and. They were transplanted from South America to Louisiana, and they have the best chili-growing peppers in the world. Uh, yeah. And the hottest. Oh, I tell you, I, I'm, listen, some of that Creole food from Louisiana, it mm-hmm. is so hot, it will burn your mouth from here to kingdom come. They use a lot Off of Tabasco sauce. Now, when when I come across something like that, I want to look for a remedy. And in a couple of places, and of course everything on the Internet is true, they could be trying to kill you. On the Internet, I read in a couple of places that eating some bread, if your mouth is so hot, eat bread, don't drink milk because milk, or don't drink milk, don't drink anything, no water, no milk, no nothing, because the liquid will reactivate the burning stuff. 
Well, I don't know, but I've only been I've only been burned once or twice by that. But I just, you know, some people like my my younger son just loves hot Tabasco chili, but but older son and I don't. So, <laughs> yeah. Yikers! Yikers! Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm not even warm to <laughs> jalapeno cheese or cheese with jalapenos. I can't do that. Yeah. Oh, I, I I can't either. I can't either. Yeah. And of course, okay. I love the tomato sauce. I mean, the um, salsa they make that you dip your tortillas and things in. You know. But I mm-hmm. always ask for the mild. That that comes in different ones too. So. Uh, but it, it's just, I, I've never liked real hot, hot, hot food. So I always. I always, if people come to eat with us and they want it hotter, they can put their own Tabasco sauce on it. Oh, see, there we go. I mean, this is a perfect match. Uh Uh-huh. Just put your own on there because I'm not going to put it on mine. Yeah. In the last Mexican restaurant I went to my family here about a month ago, it was interesting. They now have a taco bar. And so you sort of make, you can go in a separate room and make your own type of taco. That I just wanted off wow. the menu, so you had the ability to, you know, build your own taco. And I thought that was a pretty nice way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I mm. make another great Mexican dish that my mother-in-law taught me is I make fideo. And fideo is a little, small, tiny, tiny pasta. Real, just tiny. Mm-hmm. And you saute that till it's kind of brown, and then you put in your tomatoes and and um, I'm trying to think what else goes in there because I don't put peppers in anything. I let people put the peppers in, and then mm-hmm. uh, you put in your tomatoes, and it makes it is a wonderful pasta dish. Mm. It's called fideo, and I love that. Mm. Yeah, that sounds well, good. Well, we I like. I'd like things, even mashed potatoes. If I can bank mashed potatoes and they turn brown, I love it. Mm-hmm. True. I stepped over everybody, didn't I? You did good for What would you say? <laughs> we had, we had a step over. I'm sorry. Patricia was talking, so none of us were hearing her, so don't So go ahead, Patricia. Oh, no, I never mind. I forgot what I said. <laughs> you were talking about baking your your potatoes brown. Oh yes, I love everything crispy, uh, even even frozen dinners. You'll get meat and mashed potatoes in there, mm-hmm. and I try to bank everything on the side so that I get crispy, at least for one mouthful at a time. I get crispy potatoes or crispy meat. I'm so good. Oh, I know you and I completely agree. I love crispy food. That's why fideo is so good. I love crispy food. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. My goodness, this is getting scary. We've agreed on everything. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. Well, Celeste, I'm so glad you called, and I thank you for all the information. I got educated. I know what you like, and some of it sounds wonderful. I mean, yes. the the well, a happy in, the, in the pan frying. Uh, actually, I guess it's crazy. I'm gonna hmm? get off and let somebody else jump on. 
Thank you, Shawas. Okay. Take Thank care. you for good good conversation okay. and happy Easter. Bye bye. Bye bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. I talked to the Food Network tonight. This is available. Food, food, <laughs> yes. food. Well, allow me to mention that if I give you anything, don't listen. <laughs> because I was, I, you know, I mean, sometimes your brain just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And I was distracted twice. I was distracted while I was on the phone for somebody. I was taking some notes and we finished and I said, Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> said, okay. She said, no, we have, we have Easter and we have Fourth of July. <laughs> she was going through the whole list for me, and then, all right, would you settle for Easter? <laughs> and and I did it twice. Can you imagine? I did it twice. So if I say Happy Thanksgiving, just ignore me, okay? Adorable does things in a bang up way. She just does everything. Oh big yes, time. no. If you're going to put energy into something, you better do it right. That's right. All the way through. So you were going to tell me about my weather, weren't you? I was. You are 59, and I am 71. Ooh, man, you are in good shape. Yeah, and you're not. No. Aww. 714-545-2071 is our number. You can give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. And, and I would love... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I would love to hear from someone who is Jewish and can tell us about Passover and Seder and the traditions. There are so many traditions that go with Passover. Absolutely. So if you could, yeah, if you could do that and help me pronounce Pascher, I, I have, it begins with a P, and it is the Hebrew for Passover. And I would love to talk about the traditions and help me catch up on this because Passover is a very sacred holiday. Absolutely. And yeah, there are, and, and Seder is reserved for exclusively Passover every other Friday um, throughout the year. Well, I guess most of the Friday, probably every other Friday, every Friday throughout the year other than um, Passover, it, it the Seder, it, not Seder, uh, Shabbat is celebrated, and that's a Friday night meal. And Friday night is the sacred night uh, for our Jewish listeners. So if anybody can call um, and help me, learn about some of the traditions, the Passover traditions, and other things I need to know. I would love to hear from you. Please. You can give us a call at 714-545-2071. Another way to contact Patricia, and this is good seven days a week, 24 hours a day. <laughs> and it's not Facebook, and it's not her Twitter account, and it's not her Instagram account. It's her email. Yes, Patricia still in the uh, in the 1920s setup of email, and you can 1920s. Well, hello. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> is there anything from the 1800s that I'm still using? <laughs> oh gee whiz! I mean, I have to admit, I do not have a Twitter account, and there are times I'm very grateful. <laughs> there. Are I do not have a, um, did I say Twitter? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but just think, you could, 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 yeah, com you could compete with other well-known Twitterers out there, Patricia. I would prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's all the same. You know, I mean, holy cats. Every Oh, no. <laughs> I'm such a quiet person, you know. I really am. Well. Sometimes. <laughs> My brother told me a couple of years ago, let's not talk about this ever again. <laughs> and it was politics. So... No, no, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. So if you like to email Patricia, she has an email account. It's amazing. You from 1920. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and, you, Walden. And it's from FloridaWriter at Hotmail.com because she is a writer from Florida. Florida Writer. That's F-L-O-R-I-D-A-W-R-I-T-E-R. At hotmail.com. It's good 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And she'll look at it. Only she not busy with her felt pens and crayons working on her <laughs> memoirs. On her, memoir. on her tablet. Uh, it's very nice of Walden to spell it out like that because one night we had a caller who thought I was a bike rider. And he thought it was Florida... R-I-D-E-R, and it's not. It's W-R-I-T-E-R. And I'm always afraid that someone interprets it the same way and tries and just doesn't get through. And I don't get to answer every email that I get, and I, I apologize for that. But She's busy, t- she, she, she busy taking care of me. That's the problem. <laughs> and he's my mentor, so I'm his problem. So... We get along great. <laughs> we do. We do. Right oh to, my right to uh we got a, a guest book for May the 13th, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, our friend Dave King set this up for us. His name is Tom Dreesen, and Tom was the opening act for Frank Sinatra for 14 years, Patricia. Wow. And so that will be fun. Well, and I guess he just got stories after stories after stories. And so we'll have him with us on Saturday night, May the 13th. Hello there. You're on the air. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm fine, Ralph. <gasps> Look who's here. Ralph. So how are you doing, Ralph? Good, good, good. I was just going to bed. You were? Nobody was talking to you. So I, I said, I better call him up. You better. Right there. How are you guys? You did. Go ahead, uh, Patricia. Uh, how, you you do, how are you doing, Patricia? I'm doing okay. Thank you, Ralph. How are you doing, Walden? Excellent. I'm doing fine, Patricia. Ralph, how are you doing? Excellent. See? We're all, we're all, the three musketeers are in good shape. <laughs> how, how, is, how is Tony? Oh, she's good. She's in bed. <laughs> we actually both, we actually went to bed and I I, I heard you talking to some lady uh-huh. and then uh, when she got off nobody called so I said I, I think I'll give him a shot that's nice I haven't yeah. talked to you in a yeah, while I, I was listening to the other day mm-hmm. it was uh, I think it was on Wednesday or something we are on we mm-hmm. are on Wednesdays yep on the blue they hear, they point the best of Patricia. You started talking about me. Isn't that something? Well, you yeah, and I said, oh, yeah, they're talking about me. 
Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I am so glad you called in because you've got fun, fun, fun stuff. I know that's locked in your little brain, and I know it's there. What did you do on Easter? What was special on Easter for you when you were growing up? Uh, we we used to we used to, uh, we used to knock on people's doors and ask for stuff so like you do on Halloween. <laughs> on thanks on um see now I got Thanksgiving in my brain. Um, on Easter you do you did that? Yep. How much did you go home with? Oh, generally not that much. <laughs> <laughs> around. But, you know, uh, you always do something like that. You there? That's amazing. Wait, did people, were people surprised that you were at the doors? No, it, it was kind of common. So would you do they knew it was Ralph, but they excused okay, you. Okay, so would you do the same thing on other holidays? Would you knock on people's door on the 4th of July and... and uh, Labor Day and Thanksgiving Day said, what do you have for me? Or? We used to do it like uh, Halloween and sometimes on Easter and sometimes Thanksgiving. Huh. So what would you, on, on Halloween, you can say trick or treat or some of the kids just stand outside and say, anything for Halloween. What do you say at Thanksgiving? Yeah, anything for Easter, anything for uh, whatever holiday it was. Yeah. How many of you would go out together? Oh, gosh. We were we were like a little a clique of kids from the one block, maybe 15 of us, and we did most everything together. So what would that you what funny. would you get on Easter? Maybe some co- some chocolate eggs or something. What? That's candy here and there, and, and once in a while a hard boiled egg. You, you never know. <laughs> and same thing on Thanksgiving. Would would there be something? What would be? <laughs> Patricia might join you if your turkey meals offered or something. But oh yeah, ask if they've got turkey on the table. <laughs> That's a good reminder. Thank you, Walden. But hey, how about a turkey sandwich, lady? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I really I like turkey with lots of mayonnaise and stuffing in there and olives on the side and maybe some cranberry jelly on the side, too. Yeah, I'm not much of a when turkey. I with that, yeah, when I finish with that, I'm not supposed to eat for the next 12 days. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes it would yeah. be hot, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I always like to have ham in, instead of turkey on, on uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, that's good. I like I like ham and, <laughs> and maybe an extra slice of bread in between because I'm going to make um, a club sandwich at Dagwood style, and then I'll put lettuce and tomatoes on it and lots of mayonnaise and stuff like that there. Okay, if you're going to make a ham sandwich, both of you, mm-hmm. what kind of bread? I like Italian bread. You like Italian bread. Ralph? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was very big on Italian bread, but uh, in the delicatessens in in New York, mm-hmm. you sell a loaf uh, of uh, 
pumpernickel bread. Oh, ooh. It had a little paper stamp on it that said Union Made. And all you needed was that, that, that kind of bread and some butter. Mm-hmm. And you didn't need oh, anything yeah. else. It was wonderful. I don't think... Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> it was good stuff. I haven't had pumpernickel in a long time. I wonder if... I, I normally would pick something like that up if I saw it on the shelf. I wonder if my story even carries it. Well, you know, a current bread I really like that I think must be fairly new in the last 15 or so years is dill rye bread. It's very good. Dill rye. Uh-huh. Interesting. It, does it have dill seeds in it? Is it, that why it's yep, dill rye? Yep. Well, that's yeah, you know, uh, Tony had two aunts. You know, they, mm-hmm. that's her side of the family was Italian. Right. They used to make what, what Tony calls a grain pie. Have you ever heard of that? No. I've never heard of that. I'm waiting for you to explain it to me. Oh, God. What kind Tony. of grains are in it? We'll have to wait Tony up out of bed to explain you how to make it. Oh, here. <laughs> I'll put her on because I I, I, I remember it. Oh, she's that. asleep. Don't do that. <laughs> she's asleep, Ralph. We'll wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How to break uh, up a marriage in one uh, easy step. <laughs> Tony? Yes. Oh, jeez. About the grain pie. I don't I don't know what was in it so much. Here, here's the bus. All right. Oh, Tony. poor Tony. Well, good evening or good morning or what time is it? Did, did we wake you it's up? You're here. No, it's okay. I was <laughs> Um... You have a special marriage that if Ralph can wake you up and say, talk about, <laughs> right, you know, food. Yeah. yeah, well, what can I say? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, grain bread or pie, grain pie. Well, what it, goes in it? Okay. It was, there was two kinds. One was um, uh, sweet, and the other one had uh, sausage and eggs in it. And they were made in oh, yum. wow. They were made in loaf cans, um, usually glass kinds, like a Pyrex mm-hmm. one. Yes. Um, the sweet one had oh, um, well they called it grain. It was almost like it was rice, but it wasn't mm-hmm. it was another type of grain. And they put raisins in it and uh, um I don't know if they put citron in it, but they may have. And in the the, the one that had the um, the sausage, it would have sausage and like uh, I think it was hard boiled egg sliced up in this. And they would just the, that was something that we got at Easter time, and that was from my my dad's sister. So would mm-hmm. would it be served warm or would it be? Room temperature, or how would they serve it? They would serve it. Um, the sweet one could be cold. Okay. The um, the sausage one would be like at room temperature. It wasn't something that was hot. Okay. And it had a uh, a thin crust. It wasn't a thick crust around it, but it was like a a pastry crust, and then this filling inside and. Mm. For some reason, I when you started talking about different things, 
uh, as far as food goes, and for some reason that came in my in my head. <laughs> That's what I said to Ralph. Well, ask him if they ever knew about grain pies. <laughs> <laughs> and then we woke you up for good. That's, that's okay. They have Easter. Yeah. Oh, you too. So are you going to do anything tomorrow? Are, are Ralph going to take you out anywhere tomorrow? What are you guys going to do for Easter? Well, for Easter, it's going to be 7 o'clock mass. Okay. And then breakfast someplace. We're supposed to go maybe to one of the local restaurants here. I don't know. Okay. And if not, then he's going to have to eat what I get him for breakfast. <laughs> They deliver ham and eggs. <laughs> what are you? What are you both going to be doing? We're going to have. Doing fam- nothing. We're going to have family over at twelve thirty, and we're going to have a honey baked ham, and, <laughs> and, and scalloped potatoes, and lemon meringue pie. Oh, that, that sounds wonderful. It does. And <laughs> Pat- <laughs> Patricia will probably just be whatever she decides to eat at. Eight in the morning or whatever, you know. You know she'll figure this out, or oh, Patricia. And stuff like that there. That's true. And stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that there. That's what yeah. Tibber McGee says. <laughs> oh, I love it. Tibber says that. So, anyway, I'm going to go digging through my cabinets and come up with the world's worst combinations that are just picnic stuff for me. So. I don't have anybody coming for dinner, thank goodness, because they'd look and walk out. But, yes, I, I'm an unusual food eater. Uh-huh. Well, I, I have that problem also. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, Ralph so, understands. so if, you, if you can't find a place for breakfast tomorrow, what would you make Ralph for breakfast on Easter Sunday? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll get ready. <laughs> would you just give him oatmeal, or would was he expect something more than oatmeal? Well, he may not even get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, why? Why? Oh dear! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> why no oatmeal? Sorry. Why not oatmeal? He must have really been bad this week. <laughs> I, I, I. Why not oatmeal? I mean, Ralph doesn't like oatmeal, or? Uh... Well, it's not one of his favorite okay. things. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Um, I okay. guess it could be either we've, we've got a, a Belgian waffle maker. Oh. Oh, good. If he was on on good behavior, he might get one of those okay. egg, <laughs> sausage, or bacon. Or I I Whoa. I had ordered. Do um, you know what hot cross buns are? I do not, what? Patricia. I, I'm not familiar nope. with those. Uh uh-uh. uh You've never had hot cross buns? No. Oh yes, yes, yes. My mom used to buy them. She would never bake them, but. Yeah. yeah, once in a while. And maybe it was Easter, because that really is a symbolic food. Exactly, hmm. yeah. And I had ordered some from the bakery in Weaverville, and unfortunately mm-hmm. they called me and told me that they they had them ready, but they were going to be closing in 45 minutes. 
was in no position oh. to, to go get them, so I'm going to get them on Tuesday. But, yeah, that hot course buns are, it's a yeast bun. Mm -hmm. It's sweet, and it usually has a, a cross on top of the, after it's baked, uh -huh. cross out of uh, um, uh, icing, L mm -hmm. a little bit of icing with a cross, and it usually has raisins in it. That's the way it used to be made. Mm-hmm. Now, what account? My mom made homemade cinnamon rolls, so that's will sort of that for breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, so. Boy, yeah. am I coming out to California? <laughs> wow. So I wait a minute. I can't get the hot cross buns until Tuesday. Till Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, because they're closed tomorrow and Monday, so I have to pick them up on Tuesday. Okay. Well, that's okay. I'll. I'll. I'll rearrange my tr my um, schedule. I'll, I'll be able to do that. Oh, you know, the store is always open for you guys. That's wonderful. Patricia. You, are, you are so cool. Oh, you are so cool. Tony, I have a question for you before you go, and I'm so sorry for keeping you this long. I came across some information today. I was looking, and <laughs> I'm not even going to touch it, the the um, full moon after the Paschal, you know, it, it just, and the, the Sunday after that. Anyway, um, which is how they determine the Easter dates. Right. But I was looking at one, and it said our, our calendar runs Good Friday, Holy Saturday, is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then Easter Sunday, and the listing talked about Easter Monday. I had never heard that before. Have you? Well, if it's uh, if it's in the Roman rite, because Easter goes for forty days. It's Christ rises on Easter Sunday, right. and then forty days, and at the end of that, he ascends to heaven. That's Ascension Sunday. Right. Or, should be mm -hmm. Thursday. They used to call it, but they put them on Sundays now. So uh, it depends on, it could be on the Eastern Rite, which is part of the Catholic Rite, but it's not a Roman Rite, if you want to get into Got it. Got it, okay. Okay, so we're, we're talking about um, possibly Greek Orthodox or, you know, that's, that's one of the really solid Catholic churches. And yes. some of the, in, okay, okay, in the Slavic area. Jim Cahill okay. called, Jim, Jim called me off here a little while ago, and he told me the Irish Rebellion happened the day after Easter. And, you know, uh, so they call that, 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 there's a certain name for that, too, the, the day after Easter in the, in the Irish culture. So ah. I never knew I, that. I heard him when he was on talking with you. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it so much. I, I really did. But what was his name? Oh, uh, well, we, we we had Jim Taylor on, and I think you heard that a few days ago. But, uh, uh, and then last night we had Martin Graham's on, but, uh, and so that's that's who I've had so far on. But, uh, well, he's gotten somebody else, too. So, but in fact, here in a couple, in a couple of weeks, everybody, we're going to run the interview that Patricia did with Jimmy Stewart's daughter. 
And that will be in that will be late May because Jimmy would have been had her birthday in late May, and Patricia sat down and talked to Jimmy Stewart's daughter for an hour. So we're going to be featuring that here in a few weeks. Well, how nice! Good, really a nice interview. She was very charming and just delightful. She was a delightful person, or is. (laughs) I have to get my tenses squared away here. All right. Oh, well, we listen, are going to have that. Have a very happy Easter. You too, Tony. Get off of here, and my he, Ralph is walking around the bed. He, <laughs> <laughs> he's pacing. That's funny. <laughs> well, happy Easter, Tony, and I'm I'm so happy we got a chance to talk with you. Well, I was so happy to talk with you both. Take hey, care. All right, Tony. Thank you. We'll see if we get Ralph back. Oh, can that woman talk, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I kept asking her questions. (laughs) So she doesn't take the heat for this. You know, the other day when I told you I heard you talking about about us Uh on the radio, you were talking about us being married for 60 years. Yep. And we only got, uh, what is it, about seven weeks to go. It'll be 61. All right. So you had I knew it was I, I, I knew it was up to the sixty level, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're we're up in the uh, up in the upper upper numbers. Okay, now Ralph, are you gonna do anything special for Tony? Seven weeks on your sixty first birthday? Are are you gonna take her out for breakfast or something? Oh, we probably will, okay. yeah. Okay. Maybe out to dinner. There's a there's not very many restaurants up here. You know, we're we're kind of in the woods. But there, there is one place that's uh, pretty nice. Uh, we maybe we'll go there for dinner. Well, uh, aren't you guys still eating at the uh, American Legion Hall, or the VSW Hall? Isn't that still open? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, sometimes the uh, once a month the VSW mm-hmm. has a breakfast, and then we eat at the Moose Lodge a lot. The Moose. So you could make the rounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, cool. I don't know, the, the Moose Lodge is really great. The the food they give you is amazing for the price they charge. It's, you know, there's nobody gets paid. It's all volunteer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can go over there and really eat well. We like to go the first Saturday evening uh, of the month. They always have a beautiful steak dinner. Uh, oh. How, how much? How oh. much? How much, Ralph? If we went over and had a steak dinner, how much would it cost? Thirteen dollars. That's a good deal nowadays. I tell you. You get veggies. Get a big baked potato, and you, know, you get you get a big salad, and you get dessert. That's, they pretty well go around and uh, cover wow. everything. What kind of dessert? No, no charge for the coffee, and if you should want something from the bar. Uh, which I, I like to grab a beer once in a while. Uh-huh. And what kind of it's, what kind of dessert is it? Ice cream or is it a cake or what do they offer? Oh, it, it's a variety of things. It's okay. not the same every time. But uh, hmm. we have sometimes rice pudding, sometimes ice cream, sometimes a cake. You know, and you just don't know what you're going to get. Can you but order all three? They give you a lot, and uh, you don't walk out of there hungry. I'll tell you that. Patricia, <laughs> want, Patricia, want, uh, want, 
one dessert of every they have, each one of the of all the desserts. So. Yeah, can I order one each for one dinner? Uh, well, I, well, you just order your steak dinner, and everything comes to you. Ah, okay. Well, Patricia <laughs> wants Patricia. the whole thing. Nothing extra. Okay, she wants three desserts. You, you think we can arrange for her to have three desserts? Yeah, she keeps promising. Okay. Us over. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe you could send a sample of the VFW food, and that would be an extra enticement, at least for Walden and maybe me. The ice cream doesn't travel well. Well, if we put I'll, it in. I'll send it in a leak-proof box. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the Florida cake would do well. okay. <laughs> the cake would do okay. Cake would do fine. You know, I mean... So maybe I could have two cakes and... Um, well, I don't want rice pudding either. I'll have three cakes. <laughs> Do you ever get brownies? Uh, not for... Not for, I don't think we've ever had them for dinner. Uh, sometimes uh, in the morning they might have this. They have a special breakfast. Sometimes they, they vary. But uh, generally speaking, you know, you go over there and eat a huge breakfast for about $6. Wow. I like it. And, and Oh, Tony was telling me about the Belgium waffle. Uh-huh. Yeah, we oh, got that yep. thing, and I toast my bread in it. Really? Huh. Yeah. I, I butter the bread, and I preheat the uh, the waffle iron, put it in there, and it, it looks like a little waffle when it comes out. And it tastes entirely different than it would if it came out the toaster. Now, Ralph, what ever gave you that idea? That I mean, that's genius. I mean, who ever thought of taking toast and making out of a waffle? I am. I'll tell you, if you ever get a chance to try it, I think you'd enjoy it. I bet I would. It sounds great, even just listening. I looked on the Internet and uh, found uh, dinner recipes for Belgium waffles. They put all sorts mm. of things in so they, 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 do they like, take a waffle and add things inside the waffle? So you might have... Yeah, you put it right in the batter when you mix the batter, you know, bacon or whatever you want. And it, 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 they got some real great recipes. Well, maybe that's what, you know, sometimes on restaurants I see on the menu, chicken and waffle. So maybe that's the... I've heard of that, yeah. I think there's a, there's one one site on the internet that gives you like 22 different uh, waffles that you can make for dinner. Yeah. Oh. I had what was called a Belgian waffle at the time, and I guess everybody makes a Belgian waffle differently, but it it was a nice sized waffle with butter and I guess butter underneath, and then they smothered it in whipped cream. And put strawberries huh? on top of that with a sprinkle of sugar. Ooh, ooh, Yeah, ooh. yeah, yeah. You know, we got a, in Reading, uh, about 30 miles from us, is a, a waffle restaurant. And they make uh-huh. all sorts. Tony went in there one day, and she, she came out of there. She was having trouble walking. She ate so much. <laughs> we had to take some of it home. I mean, but it, it yeah. was huge. 
Yeah, I guess the Yummy. Pilsner waffles are just thicker than your normal waffles. They sure are. Yeah, I don't know the difference. I just know that this one was very good. It was the a one we have makes them an inch thick. You know, I guess they're about a half. And whipped cream and strawberries. Okay, okay. So why do Belgian waffles, when they come out, have these little squares? Why do why do waffles, waffles have little squares? Why do they have squares? It holds the syrup. It holds the, the food. Uh, yeah. That's the way the waffle iron is made. It has those those forms built into the uh, the waffle maker. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you, you think they did that? You think they did that on purpose, or you think they just wanted to be creative, so that way we know? Oh no, I think they did it. I think they. I don't know, but I'll take my shot at it. Okay. I think they did it on purpose because it creates a different food. You can make crispy um, waffles. You cannot make a crispy pancake. You might use the same dough, but they'll taste differently when they come out. Well, you know, if you experiment with the thing and you find out exactly how you want it to be, and you do it, yeah. it's great. I like them crisp. Why can, can't we can make, do, why can't we make crispy pancakes? Well, you can, but I don't think I'd like to eat them. They're just not made for crisp. <laughs> they just aren't. And, uh, you know, made waffles, that, uh, they got a little little more ingredients than pancakes. Oh, really? What's what's extra? Well, the, the pancake, we buy a pancake mix, and mm -hmm. all you do is put mm -hmm. water in that. But with the waffles, yeah. we get eggs and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, and stuff. I'm okay. better at eating it than I am explaining it. That's okay. I, I'll take your word for it. But you don't crisp them. You don't. You don't make crispy pancakes. Is that correct? Oh, I never tried that. I, I didn't either. I did have one I was in the, in the Navy years ago, and I was down in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. had, you know, biscuits and gravy. This uh -huh. place made pancakes and gravy. Oh. That was pretty good. I was, really? Yeah. Well, I'm really peculiar when it comes to food. I love waffles. I do not like pancakes. I mean, I'll eat them. It's not that they're terrible. It's just my, not my first choice of a food. Uh, I prefer waffles. Me too. And then we can get butter and Mrs. Butterworth, I guess, Mrs. Butterworth huh? syrup on it. And maybe you could put an egg on it. That's what I do, yeah. I, I put my... my uh over easy eggs on top of the waffle after I put my butter in it and uh, syrup. I think powdered sugar on waffle goes well too. I, I like I like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can't think of anything else you put powdered sugar on, but I think of waffles putting powdered sugar on. You know. Oh yeah. On baked goods. Yeah. On baked goods. All the years growing up, my mother would, would, would make waffles. Mm -hmm. Belgian waffles, mm -hmm. and she would always throw the first one away. Why? Well, she didn't want you to be the guinea pig. She wanted me to make them just. Well, right. we put the waffle. This waffle maker, mm -hmm. he recommended that you throw the first waffle away. Did they give a reason? I, I, I'm sure there's a reason, but I don't. I can't. 
I don't know why. Okay, I have a crazy. Probably thing. an Irish tradition, and you, if you're if you're in the Irish tradition area, if you ask an Irish native, they will say, "I don't know. We just learned it from our mother." <laughs> it's like the the lamb. Did you ever hear the pan for the lamb? And the lamb leg always came out over the edge of the pan. And, you know, the meat would fit in the pan, but the bone uh-huh. came out. And this woman tried it a couple of times. She said, it just doesn't taste like mom's. So she called her mother and said, every single Easter, we had uh, a lamb, not ham, but lamb. And I can't find a pan that will let the leg come out over. How did? Why did you do that? <laughs> she said, because I didn't have a pan big enough. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the answers are very simple. Oh, well. Okay, I have a crazy question to throw into the hopper here. Mm-hmm. You think Belgian waffles are really from Belgium? No. I don't I think know. It, I, I really don't. <laughs> so why do we call them Belgian waffles? I, I, I don't know. know. Why, why do we, I, I don't know. Why, why do we call chocolate chip Toll House cookies? Oh. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, Tootsie Rolls chocolate. That's true. Want to really calm out. <laughs> oh, they're chocolate. <laughs> You're going to start this all over again. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, so what am I looking up here? Belgian waffles. Belgian waffle. Why do we call this, Why do we call Belgian waffle Belgium waffles? That seems like an oxymoron statement, but you know. It's, Act, you know, minds want to know. That's a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> How about why the name Belgian waffle? Let's there you see. Go. Why is it called a Belgian waffle? Let's see. Waffles? <laughs> Further popularized in the United States during, oh, during the 1964 World's Fair. Um, the waffle was introduced by Maurice Vermersch of Brussels, Belgium, okay. and and it was named Belgium Waffles. Okay, I guess it comes from Belgium, I guess. Oh, you know what no. else I put in there? What? A uh, small tortilla. Oh. Put it in the waffle maker to heat it and oh. then brown it up a little. It's great. Belgian Waffle, let's try. All right, you you just full of this stuff. I can't write it down fast enough, Al. <laughs> Belgian waffles. And what are we looking for? How do you spell it? Belgium. No, <laughs> we got the Belgian <laughs> one. No, the one that Ralph was just talking about. Tortilla? Begins with a P. Tortilla. Tortilla. Tortilla or? Tortilla. Tortilla with a T. Yeah. Like so like, like the Spanish. Group. Right. Chicken and a bread. Right. Okay. Uh, tortilla soup, tortilla, tortilla soup, chick filet. Um, okay. Tortilla. I I hold on. Tortilla, tortilla, okay. Uh Mexico and Santa. A type of thin Unleavened flatbread made from finely, finely ground maize corn 
and in Guatemala and Mexico, there are three different kinds. How about that? Huh. Made from corn. Okay, now, Walden and Ralph, when you eat tortillas, mm-hmm. <clears throat> are they soft shells or pre-bent and baked? Or The flour tortillas they are usually like? soft, yeah. Yeah, they're usually soft. Oh, good, soft. okay. We, okay. in my family, we make a lot of quesadillas. So we would take the... Oh, okay. We would take the flat... I don't think I've ever had a quesadilla. We, poor thing. You, 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 I guess Jesse's never lived in, on, in California. So, and, <laughs> and the way we... The, the, my favorite way to make quesadillas are to take two flowers, cut up cheddar cheese, and take... Um, green chili and sprinkle with green chili throughout and my and then you microwave it for a, about a minute and then you can cut them all up and you have this wonderful little tortilla dish of uh quesadillas that sounds good i never had it like that but that sounds good mm-hmm. so what this is a food show everybody <laughs> how, how did you have it so how would you eat tortillas yeah. ralph just put a little butter on them or a little sugar? How would you do it? I like a little butter on them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, well, I'm diabetic anyhow. But mm-hmm. I don't like sweet stuff. Well, you know, I mean, uh, Patricia can vouch for, we just annoy it anyway. We just eat, you know, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> we just eat. Right, that's good. I, uh, well, I, I use the flour tortilla. I don't like the corn um, tortilla shells. And I, like I use, them, yeah, I use them like two loaves of bread or two slices of bread, and sometimes just one because I fold it over. But I put everything on there, like peanut butter and jelly, cream mm-hmm. cheese and olives. Mm-hmm. Everything that goes in a sandwich goes in one of my tortillas. I tell you though, t- tacos. I like corn. I like it to be a corn, not flour. Hmm. But quesadilla, t- t- like flowers. You know. Okay. Um. With tacos, is the shell soft or baked hard? Or I, I prefer hard corn taco shells. Yeah, that, okay. that's the only way I've ever had a taco, yeah. actually. Yeah. A lot, the, the latest thing is that most people order it soft flour, but I just think it's better off having the hard shell. I like crunch, crunch you know. Can you sure. get a hard shell for wheat, for the, the flour tortillas? Uh, not ta- the flour tacos. Can you get flour tacos? Hard shell? I never had them that way, but uh, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I can't think of it that way. Neither, but uh, you know, if you make them yourself, you can do what you like for That's sure. That's true. Uh, oh, yum! Those are the kinds of things that you like to eat just by themselves, like potato chips. Yeah, it's funny, you know. Uh, I think I told you before that when I left uh, New York to to go in the Navy, mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. never seen chili. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and the first meal he gave us in boot camp was chili. Oh jeez! And I was going through and I was I was picking out the meat and leaving the beans. Oh jeez! <laughs> I, mean, I just didn't. It was so unfamiliar to me and. It, Sure, sure. You picked out the stuff you knew you'd like. Again, I ate every scrap. <laughs> you're you're a good eater. Oh my! You're a good. Oh well. 
Well, Ralph, you have yourself a happy Easter tomorrow, and you and Tony have a good time wherever you choose to go. Oh, we will. We always do. I know you do. I think that is just uh, so great. Uh, you, you have a wonderful day. You too, Ralph. Thank hey. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. If you figure out the theme tonight, it's food, if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a whole... All of that started about Easter and Passover traditions and foods. Um, and And we wound up... Where? Oh, with um, hot cross buns uh-huh. and uh-huh. stuff like that there. And pineapple and cloves in your your ham. Yeah. And somebody didn't like ham, but I could have turkey sandwich. Yeah. This has turned out to be a very good night. Food. Very good night. Can Food. I tell about my giraffe? Of course, my dear. Go right ahead. Uh, huh? Go right ahead. Um, what? Yes. Oh, oh, go right ahead. I thought you said you're writing it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back and start checking my facts here. Um, there is a giraffe named April in Hertz. I think it's Hertz, Hertzville, I guess. Anyway, it's in upstate New York and not too far from Binghamton. And they've got giraffes at this park. It's a park with a zoo. And I don't know how many giraffes they have, but it's quite a few. And the the queen, for the moment, is her name is April, and she had a baby today. So she finally birthed her baby. They were starting to get worried. I was starting to get worried because she's walking around with this great big tummy for geez, at least a month. It was getting bigger and bigger. And today she had her baby, and then they took it away. And I don't know where it is. Nobody seems to know where it went. So we don't know where her baby is. You think April gets but anyway, name, you think April gets to name her own own child? Or? <laughs> right. She she really, you know, a, a giraffe. <clears throat> excuse me, can be very aggressive. And when you have a 17 foot animal that's aggressive and doesn't like you very much, it could be a problem. But there's one man who enters, I guess it's a stall. I, it looks like a cell to me for an animal that size. But there's one man who goes in regularly to check her, and all the others kind of back out carefully when, when the door is open and they sneak out. But this guy just walks in and gives her a treat and tickles her under her chin and pets her neck. And, I mean, it's really like they have a relationship. I don't know if giraffes can form relationships, but... It's like that. And today he was walking down the side of her and, you know, petting her back. And he got to the end. And I guess she was finished with him, too, because she lift up, lifted up one of her back legs and whacked him in the hiney. <laughs> and he said, I think it's time. <laughs> so, so he left, and he'll go back later and give her a treat. But it, it was really cute to watch him, you know, just. Go away. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> but she did. She had her baby, and then they took the baby away. And I'm looking at her and thinking, she's still big enough to have another one in there. And I'm wondering if she had twins growing in there and that she'll have a second one later. I don't know. But it's very disappointing when you turn on the cam and that's inside the stall and watch and 
you know, she walks around and nibbles her carrots, <laughs> but her baby's gone. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe they found something wrong with it when they, because they normally do take the animals out for about an hour while they give them an exam and make sure everything is okay. And this little guy, he was standing up and, you know, a little wobbly on his legs, but, and he was, he was getting cleaned by his mommy and he looked good and, you know, he was really happy and he was kind of bouncing around as far as he could. And then suddenly there's no baby and we don't know why. Why is there no baby? If anybody up there is listening, would you please call us? 714-545-2071. Call us and let us know that everything is normal or that she's having another baby or that the baby is going to be returned tomorrow. I'm just I'm really upset about this. It's like, you know, with the with the eagles when she had yep. twins. Yep. Oh, I was a wreck. I'd get up in the middle of the night and say, I wonder how the babies are doing. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't an obsession, but I mean, I really cared about these little birds, and they did fine. They would have done the same thing without my help. No, no, they they needed you. They needed your watchful eye on them. Now, now, mm -hmm. my question to you, my dear, because you are my animal expert uh, in my life. Oh, I, I'm not anymore. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I did look up about giraffe stuff. Okay, if she can, if April gonna have twins. Mm -hmm. Is it still a twin if, if the other one bo is born like you know, two or three weeks later? They would still consider it a twin, but that's a really great question because it has happened many times. And, and one time that I read of, it happened in December and January. So one of them has a birthday in December, one of them has a birthday in January, and they're considered twins. They were just delivered on a different schedule. Okay. Yeah, you so figure that out. Yeah. 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 My, my brother mm -hmm. was born on December 25th. Okay. Mm -hmm. For the two of you. Oh, no, no. I was born December to, or January 2nd. <laughs> I'll bet they had fun with that one. That almost sort of reminds uh -huh. me of the old Fermi and Molly joke where Beth said that me and my sister were twins at one time. <laughs> Who said that? Beth. Uh, uh, you know, the old time of girlfriend when... Oh yes, yeah. and oh right, and and it turned out to be triplets. Right, and she was she was a twin for a very short time. Yeah. yeah, and that was a great line. That was a great line. Don Quinn did such a great job. Oh yes, very much so. Well, if nobody's gonna call, we can play a radio show for and come back and do some trivia questions, or we can do trivia questions, or you can call at someone for. Five four five two zero seven one. Whatever you like to do, we can do it. You know what you want to do, my dears? Do we want to play a show and come back, or do we want to do questions? What would you like to do? Uh oh. I I guess we lost Patricia. Jaws Professional Patricia from Alt Tab, Skype Trade Tab, Online Tab, Walden Hill Tab, Search Act Favorite, Brian at Rep Roger K Ray from Sh Jim Tail, Patricia from Applications, Send Invite up Enter, Leaving Menus, Patricia from F Unloading Job Cans, OK Enter. All right. 
she shall pick it up. Hello there, Carl. You're on air. Hello. Hello there. I'm finally back. Where are you at? You, I am back, right? Well, I'm not too sure where you are. Are you on the phone or are you on, on, you're on Skype? I'm not on. You're on the phone. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay, just leave me here, and and you can scold me later. I have no idea what I did. I heard, yeah, I heard, I heard something there. I heard a click in the in the phone ring and stuff like that there. Boy, I'm good this weekend, and I. It, it, you 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 were an interesting combination there. Oh, I know. I kept wishing everybody happy Thanksgiving. That's good. You think somebody will take care of me? <laughs> I would. I would You're, always take care of you. You would be. You would do that. Yeah. Okay. I would. Okay. We have to negotiate where we're gonna put you. Is it, are we gonna live here in California, or do we need to have you live out here, and then we'll continue to see, see your doctor once in a while, and you can still live out here? We have to figure that out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got a bunch of good ones, and I'm right in the middle of all of them. I know. I know. My doctor, almost within walking distance. Same with dentists. Same with regular doctors. I know. I've, it's just, it would be a catastrophe. Even my heart surgeon is, <laughs> is, is really close. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, really, I, if you dotted a map, I'd be pretty much in the center of all of this. What a place to be, huh? Well, I'm glad you're in a good spot, my dear. Yeah, but it sort of limits my options. Well, depend. We just gotta raise more money. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have to remember to put Ralph's two dollars in an envelope and send it to him. It's still up on my bulletin. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm an honorable person. You are. When you make donations. <laughs> <laughs> Walden told everybody last week or the week before. What was it? Last week, I guess. Uh-huh, last week. That's right, because we, we had so few phone calls. Everybody was sick in bed, Walden said. Yep. And I should have believed him first time through. But, you know, I guess I had a lot of stuff. I always carry a lot of stuff. Excuse me. But, um, so, we were talking, and I said, you know, we've never done this before, to let people know that this is um, a listener-supported station. Mm -hmm. And donations are welcome. <laughs> Said, and you can send them to seven <laughs> Duke Place, close to Mesa, California. Um, did anybody take you up on it? Not yet. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I swear, tonight we are going to get into trouble. This is a 501c3, <laughs> and we're asking for money for Walden. <laughs> I don't think that flies with the government. The government would I don't think. I don't think they would mind. You don't. No. Oh, let's wait this minute. <laughs> I love your optimism. I have faith that everything's gonna be okay. For whom? <laughs> <laughs> I just need a little qualification here. Would you come and visit me if I got in trouble? Of course. Okay. I'd, I'd have to start walking right away. <laughs> it might be slow with a walk. <laughs> but I'll be there. I'll be there. 
I think people, you know, we could get a little publicity out of this. People uh, yeah. Sorry for me, and they would they would just keep driving with me okay. to get to the end of the trip, and then the, I would get out, and somebody else would come along. Okay, I have a wonderful qu- question then. If I if I if I were brought to trial. <laughs> okay. What? What? And and you're asking, and I ask you to be a character witness for me at the trial. Uh-huh. What would you? <laughs> what would you say? I would affirm that you are a character. <laughs> will that will that fill the? Maybe not. I think that's probably very accurate. Yes, it is. He is indeed a. Will you accept that, Your Honor? Um. What are you in jail for and being tried for? Well, I mean, if I ask for donations, and they really sent it to 2527 Duke Place, you know, who knows? What do you think? Well, it depends. Oh, you mean yeah. trying to defraud the government? <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking about murder? Or yeah, I could try and get, you know, if the, do- this, the donations turned up here, and I didn't send them down to 2001 Plymouth Rock Drive, Richardson, Texas, 75081. You know. Okay. I think I understand. Your Honor, I don't know who he is. <laughs> what do you think? She walked this far just to tell you that, Your Honor. Do you, you believe her? After, after schlepping through <laughs> 3,000 miles of rain and snow and coyotes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I have an innocent face. You you are you are an honorable person. I am an honorable person. Unless you want to send money here. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly gee whiz. Um, so, what? So what should we do? You want to should I play a show and we take a little bit of a break? Yeah. Do you have a fifteen minute show that you could play? Oh, I probably could find. Uh, an Easter show, probably a little bit of half hour, or I can play some music that would be less than a half hour. Anything that you've got there for Bunny Day. Okay. You know what? What? I haven't played this in a while, and it's such a fun show. How about an Easter show with Phil Harris and Alex Bay? <gasps> that would be great. Let's do that. That will be, uh, Patricia and I will play that, and we'll be back, and we'll see what else, what kind of trouble that we can get into. <laughs> Two seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my dear. I'll call you back in a bit. Okay, we'll be back. I promise. You bet, everybody. So stand by. Here we go. What's Easter for Phil Harris and Alice Bay? Here on Yesterday USA. Hello. Uh huh. You're on Skype. Okay, good. I don't know. It's picking up on that one too. Jaws Professional Easter Shows Folder Easter STX 6 Shooter S 6 Phil Harris Alice Bay 500 Unloading Jaws Can't OK Enter Easter Shows Folder Item Good help you all from Rexall It's the Phil Harris Alice Bay Show presented by the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists 
Good evening, and happy Easter from 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists. Tonight, we have some unusually important news for you. This coming week, in five different magazines, you'll be seeing a double-page advertisement telling you about Rexall's spring one-cent sale that starts April 20th and runs through the 24th. This ad will appear in Life, Look, the Saturday Evening Post, Collier's, and the Farm Journal. And it contains 197 different items, all of them regular Rexall-branded guaranteed merchandise. And all of them offered to you at two for the price of one plus a penny. These items and many more are available at any Rexall drugstore in the country. So it's a nationwide chance to buy twice as much for a penny more. Watch for this ad. Check what you need in advance and use the ad as your shopping list. Remember, it appears this coming week in the Farm Journal, Collier's, the Saturday Evening Post, Look, and Life. And when that money-saving date of April 20th rolls around, remember, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Rexall Family Druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Ruth, and Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> Yesterday, being the day before Easter, Phil insisted on telling the children the story of the Easter bundle. So let's go back to yesterday and listen in while Phil tells the story in his own inimitable fashion. And so you see, kids, when you're asleep tonight, the Easter bunny will drive up with his reindeer, come down the chimney, and put the colored eggs under the tree. <laughs> Phil, you have the wrong holiday. Wrong holiday? Oh, yeah, of course. I got it mixed up with the 4th of July. <laughs> That's right, Wonga. <laughs> but Easter is the day when if the turkey comes out and sees his shadow, you know it's six weeks until Labor Day. Well, that's how they know when Labor Day comes, huh? <laughs> Daddy, do you believe in the Easter Bunny? Well, sure. Me and Frankie see him quite often. <laughs> uh, what does he look like? Well, he has big ears, pink eyes, and a funny nose that twitches. We know what Uncle Frankie looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the bunny. Well, that was the bu... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, there is a similarity. But you know something, kids? I talk to the bunny all the time. Oh, Father, please. <laughs> What's the matter? Don't you kids believe me? What are you, a couple of clinics or something? <laughs> tell you a beautiful story about the Easter Bunny and you don't believe me. I believe you, Philip, and please go on. You intrigue me. <laughs> well, if it isn't Uncle Wiggly. <laughs> Pull up a cabbage and sit down. <laughs> you kids will think uh, differently tomorrow morning when you see the eggs my friend the rabbit leaves tonight. You'll think differently, all right. Come on, Alice. Let's leave these two little disbelievers here. He really believed that corny bunny story. It figures. Gee, poor Daddy. He'll be awful disappointed if that rabbit doesn't show up tonight. He's got to do something about it. What can we do? It's simple. 
All we have to do is find a big rabbit that can talk. Oh, sis, you've been popping your bubble gum too hard. <laughs> Where can we find a talking rabbit? I know a guy. Where do we find this guy? <laughs> well, you know Daddy's other radio program? You mean the one that he stars on for Lucky Strike? Yes. Well, there's a stooge on that program who can talk like a rabbit. Oh, I don't think Mr. Benny can talk like a rabbit. <laughs> Alice, Mr. Benny is not a stooge. Daddy says he's the best straight man he ever had. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking about Mel Blanc. He's the one who plays Bugs Bunny in the Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh, yes, he's wonderful. Let's call him and see if he'll dress up in a rabbit suit and come over. Yeah, and will Daddy be surprised? But remember, we gotta keep it a secret. We'll tell Mr. Blank to come to the back door so nobody will know who's Alice, Alice, wait a minute. You don't have to tell me. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny, but children should. Gee whiz. I want them to live in their little world of make-believe as long as they can. I want them to have faith in the little sprites and elves who cavort through the fiction of fairy tales. Thank you, Mother Goose. <laughs> okay. Now, you know no rabbit's going to show up tonight. I know, I know, I know no rabbit's going to show up tonight. But tomorrow morning when the kids wake up and they find the colored eggs and then they'll think that the bunny was here. And that must be Frankie. I'll get it. I told him to get a dozen eggs and some dye on his way over. Oh, hello, Franklin. Hiya, Curly. Well, I got the stuff you wanted. You get the glasses and nutmeg and I'll mix it. <laughs> nutmeg for what? I told you to bring eggs and dye. Oh, I thought you said eggs and rye. <laughs> Remley, listen to me. I wanted to color eggs for the kids. Now you made a mistake. Oh, what a pity. Now we will have to make an eggnog. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a great Easter for the kids. When they get up in the morning and go looking, they'll find eggnog. Don't worry. Well, we're going to put them there and go find them. <laughs> mix an eggnog. Now, we're going to spend the evening coloring eggs. We're going to do what? Color eggs. Oh, we'll have loads of fun, Frankie. We'll take all the colored dyes and mix them with water and then put them into bowls. And then we'll take the eggs and dip them in gently, and they'll come out beautiful colors, such as violet, fuchsia, <laughs> cerise, chartreuse. Well, la di da <laughs> Sounds like a racy evening. All right. <laughs> look, Remley, this is for the kids. I want them to believe in the Easter Bunny. Now, look, you've got the wrong stuff, so you'll have to go back to the store and get some dye. All right, I'll exchange it. I'll take back the rye. Don't touch that bottle. <laughs> it has a color all its own. <laughs> Old future. <laughs> We're gonna dye eggs. What do you need the bottle for? We'll use to crack open the eggs. <laughs> get going. Okay. While I'm gone, do me a favor and sing. Why do you want me to sing while you're gone? Better than having you do it while I'm here. <laughs> well, he wouldn't understand this number anyway. <laughs> Thank you. 
I got the song of the robin? Ain't I got a roof in the sky? Wonder why my heart keeps a throbbing, a throbbing, a spun of God's country am I? Ain't I got the plains and the mountains? Ain't there treasures mine in my pride? Blessings I'm counting and counting. A son of God's country am I. I've got the sun up in the sky that dreams when I am dry. The fruit on the boughs of the trees. The clouds bringing me rain. The fields giving me grain. Thanks to the Maker for me. Ain't I got a loved one who loves me? Kids to make my cares hurry by. I may not be in heaven, but I can't be far away. A son of God's country am I. I've got the sun up in the sky. It screams when I am dry, the fruit, the boughs, the trees, clouds bringing me rain, the fields giving me grain, thanks to the maker for thee. Ain't I got a love, one love, kids to make my cares hurry be in heaven, but I can't be far away, a son of God's country am I, one of God's children am I. Mel Blank say he'd be here. He said he'd be here. That's the back door. It must be him now. I'll let him in. Gee, it's Bug Bunny. <laughs> Gosh, Mr. Blank, you look swell in that rabbit costume. You look like a real bunny. <laughs> we asked you to come over because we want you to fool somebody. Do you think you can do it? Well, I can do it, but uh, I don't know if I ought to. You see, I, I don't like to fool people. But you promised us. You're not going to go back on your word, are you? Of course not. What do you think I am, a Welsh rabbit? <laughs> That's all we needed, a hokey hair. Well, uh, <laughs> what do you expect from a rabbit? Good jokes? Well, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to pass myself off as an Easter bunny. You know, kids are pretty hip these days. Who is this uh, backward child you want me to fool? Our daddy. He believes in the Easter Bunny. He believes in the Easter Bunny? Oh, he's been nibbling on painted ham hocks. <laughs> hey, uh, does your mother believe in us, too? No, so don't let her see you. You sneak into the living room and sit in the corner, and we'll send daddy in to see you. And don't forget, if mommy comes in, hide. Yeah, okay, Doc. Come on, Phyllis. 
We'll tell Daddy we have a big surprise for him in the living room. Oh, Daddy! I'm not talking to you two, you Easter Bunny scoffer adders. If you go in the living room, we have a big surprise for you. A uh, surprise for me? Oh, gee, that's wonderful. Hey, thanks, kids. I'll go right in. Ah, uh, gee, it was nice of the kids to get me something for Easter. Gosh, I hope it's a potted calla lily. <laughs> wonder where they put it. I don't see anything. <laughs> I gotta take care of the water on my knee. Keeps <laughs> gurgling. that sound? Seems to be coming from the corner. <laughs> oh, it's just the Easter Bunny. I knew he'd show up and wait a minute. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Get a grip on yourself, Curly. Oh, now I'm seeing rabbits. And look at the size of them. <laughs> I can't understand it. I haven't touched a drop in two months. <laughs> I've been fighting it. I've been fighting it too hard. I'm suffering from battle fatigue. <laughs> You're not really there, are you, Bunny? Alice, come in here quick, Alice! Oh, heaven's sake, what is it, Phil? What's wrong? Alice, look in the corner. A rabbit with a glandular condition. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's nothing in the corner. I don't see anything. He's right over. He's gone. Who's gone, dear? Alice, I saw a six-foot Easter Bunny sitting over there. <laughs> I know, dear. He was dressed in white fur. And he had pink eyes and big ears, and he was wearing a high hat. Don't be funny. He wasn't wearing a high hat. It was a derby. <laughs> Didn't you see him, Alice? Of course not, Phil. You're seeing things. Oh. Now, now, lie down, dear, and I'll go get you a cup of hot tea. Uh, tea? <laughs> Poor Phil. Mm, what's wrong, Alice? Oh, it's Phil. Willie, he's seeing six-foot rabbits. What should I do? Mm, cut down the water pressure in the shower. It's beating his little brains out. <laughs> Willie, this is no joking matter. He's seeing things, and I have to snap him out of it. Alice, I have a suggestion. If he thinks he's seeing six-foot rabbits, why don't you get a six-foot rabbit and actually let him see it? Uh, how's the water pressure in your shower, kid? <laughs> somebody to put on a costume. Do you remember Julius in that Easter play last year? He wore a real rabbit suit, and you couldn't tell him from the real thing. Oh, I see what you mean. Willie, you call Julius and tell him to come over here in his rabbit suit as fast as he can. Very well, sis. Oh, this'll do it. Because if there is a rabbit for Phil to see, then the one he thinks he sees won't be the one he didn't see, because he really will see the one... It's Oh, I'd better check the water pressure in my shower, too. <laughs> I'll have to sing my way out of this. We've got to stay with the happy people Have your fun, live in the land of joy Stay with the happy people Face the sunlight with the Christmas toy Take it from me that misery is looking around for company. So stay, stay, stay with the happy people. 
brow extremely out of style. Just stay with the people who love to wear a smile. Smile, 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 won't you wear a smile? Smile, smile, won't you wear a smile? Smile, smile, won't you wear a smile? If you want to stay with the happy people, have your fun, live in the land of joy. If you want to stay with the happy people, face the sun, life is a Christmas toy. Down through the endless ages, tears have been contagious, and you can take it from me that misery is looking around for company, so stay, stay, stay with the happy people. Don't you wrinkle your brow if strictly out of style. Just stay, stay, stay with the people. Love, love, love all the people who wear a I call Julius and he'll be right over in his rabbit suit. Oh, good. And when he comes, we'll sneak him in the dining room. Where, Philip? Oh, he's still in the living room resting. Let's not disturb him because it's some quite an old The most ridiculous thing that ever happened to me. If the rabbit was sitting in that corner, Alice would have seen him. But she didn't see him, so he couldn't have been there. I'm beginning to feel a little better. For a minute, I thought I was off my trolley. <laughs> Frank, Frank, I'm derailed. Alice, Alice. you yelling, Curly? I got the dying. What's the matter with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. Oh, I just saw worse than that, Remley. Now, take a look in that corner behind me. Please tell me that there's nothing there. Oh, I don't see any. Oh, hiya, Harvey. <laughs> I was saying, Curly, I got the dying. Wait a minute. You mean you not only see him, you know him? I ought to. I've been seeing him for years. <laughs> well, this animal belongs to you, huh? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. This one ain't mine. <laughs> the one I always see is pink and has a long trunk and tusks. <laughs> but the egg yours, where does he come from? Why don't you ask him? Oh, sure, sure. I'll just walk up to him and say, Hey, Rab, where are you from? Pasadena, Doc. <laughs> believe I didn't hear him. <laughs> talking English. You're lucky. Mine talks elephant language. <laughs> Can't understand a word well, mine you says. cut that out. Now, look, this is serious. Remley, we got to pull ourselves together. A rabbit can't talk. But Curly, we just... Never heard. mind. Now, just repeat after me. A rabbit can't talk. A rabbit can't talk. A rabbit can't talk. <laughs> keep out of that. Remley did it again. <laughs> There's something phony about this rabbit. He sure is a stupid-looking thing. <laughs> I've never seen such red eyes. <laughs> Look who's talking. <laughs> now, just a minute, rabbit. My red eyes have All to right, be... All right, Frankie, stop talking to him. <laughs> Look, Rab, I can't take any more of this. 
You better disappear and get out of my life or I'll make a rabbit stew out of you. Oh, yeah? Don't get tough with me, Doc, or I'll cut off your foot and make a good luck charm out of it. <laughs> Let's get out of this room. You don't have to urge me. Early, I'm throwing away the nutmeg. <laughs> huh? When we start seeing talking rabbits, it's time to quit. We didn't really see him. Hmm? Put that nutmeg back. <laughs> Tell you, we just imagined it. There's no such thing as a talking rabbit. Now forget about it and don't ever... Oh, Bill! Bill, come into the dining room a minute. I have a surprise for you. Come in, honey. Now, look, Remley, not a word to Alice about this talking rabbit. All right, Uh, what's the surprise, honey? Oh, a friend of yours is here. Look over in the corner. Where? Right over here, Max! <laughs> oh, no, another one. Frankie, I got another rabbit. Capitalist. <laughs> You got two rabbits. All I got is one lousy elephant. Alice, tell me there's nothing in that corner. Oh, but there is, honey. This is what you've been seeing. This is your Easter bunny. Oh, no, no, no. It ain't mine. Mine's in the living room. <laughs> this one's yours. So she's got one, too. Congratulations, Alice, and welcome to our fold. <laughs> Will you listen to me? This can't be the Easter Bunny. I was just talking to him in the living room. He must be an imposter. I'm the Easter Bunny. Oh, uh, yeah? Just wait a minute. Hey, Rev, come in here a minute. Now, Phil, please. This is the Easter Bunny. If you saw another one, it was just a figment of your imagination. Who are you calling a figment, Blondie? <laughs> you say I'm... Boy! <laughs> See, I told you there's two of them. it up now. You stay out of this. How's your wife, Harry? Haven't you heard? She left me. For another rabbit? No. They mechanize her and they're using her with the dog track. <laughs> well, at least she's going around in nice cycles. All right, all right, cut. And Julius, you can climb out of that rabbit suit now. Okay. What's the idea? What are you trying to pull? Oh, it's my fault, Phil. I hired Julius to play the Easter Bunny. Well, what about the other one? That one I don't know about. Well, I guess I'd better unmask, too. Look, Phil, it's me. Well, Mel Blanc. Yeah, the kids hired me to play the Easter Bunny. Oh, for goodness sakes, what a family. How wild can you get hiring two people to play rabbits? Well, thank goodness <laughs> for one thing, I'm not crazy. Uh, Curly, <clears throat> I hate to tell you this, but a third rabbit just came in. <laughs> Look, another one? Oh, no, no, you don't. I'm not going to fall for this again. Hey, buddy, who hired you to play the Easter Bunny? 
Nobody hired me. Well, what's your name? Who are you? My name is Peter. I'm a wheel wabbit. Phil will be back in just a moment. But right now, here's a lady with a question for our Rexall family druggist. I want to know more about the ad on Rexall's one-cent sale. Well, ma'am, the ad appears this coming week in the Saturday Evening Post, Look, Life, Colliers, and the Farm Journal. And it contains 197 items offered to you during Rexall's one-cent sale at two for the price of one plus a penny. What an opportunity to save. You said it, ma'am. A two-for-one Rexall opportunity. Because remember, these two big magazine pages are crammed full of regular Rexall branded, guaranteed items. Every one of them a twin bargain. Every one of them going at two for the price of one plus a penny. Now, in front of every item, there's a little square so you can check what you need in advance. Why, I can use the ad as a shopping list. That's exactly what we intend it to be. It's your big chance to stock up for months in advance. Or you can team up with a neighbor or friend and share the savings. Yes, on April 20th, the starting day of Rexall's one-cent sale, you double your buying power by simply adding a penny. Where did you say the ad will appear? In life, look. Collier's, the Saturday Evening Post, and the Farm Journal. You must get one of those at your house, so remember to watch for it. And remember also, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Bill again. Folks, the Red Cross belongs to you. You are the Red Cross. National headquarters in Washington has told us that this year's quota is far undersubscribed. And as we all know, today's cost of food and shelter is higher than ever. So for every dollar you gave before, this year, add a quarter more. Good night and happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody.
This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips. Included in today's cast were Mel Blank and Arthur Q. Bryan. The part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis, and Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Alice Fay appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Watch for the double-page ad on Rexall's one-cent sale this coming week in Life, Look, Collier's, the Saturday Evening Post, and the Farm Journal. Sales start April 20th. Mark the date on your calendar. It's your chance to buy two top-quality, guaranteed Rexall products for the price of one plus a penny. Sam Spade, then Joan Fontaine in Theater Guild on NBC. Jaws Professional, Patricia from F.O. Tab, Skype, Trip Tab, Onla Tab, Walden, It Tab, Search Act, Act, Favorite. Brian Hendricks, Reps, Roger, Ray from Jim Tate, Patricia from Applications, Consent, Invite, Enter, Leaving Menus, Patricia, Unloading, Jaw, Cans, OK, Enter. I had a snack. Hold on, don't hang up. I won't. Patricia makes the best sound effects in the whole wide world. He's on the air. <laughs> I made some clunks, didn't I? No, you did wonderfully. <laughs> well, I was trying to talk with you through my headphones, which I have connected to the, <laughs> to the Internet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I had my headset on the desk, and I had my headphones on my head. And I said hello to you through the headphones. Well, that's pretty neat. Didn't work. Well, I'll cross that one off the list. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, Walden. Oh, Walden. So, I'm going to send you to tech school someday. I'll put that on my to-do list. Help fund Patricia's education for tech. Like, uh, you know, headset work. Stuff like that, though. Like what? Well, I'm going to help you learn how to do tech. Uh, okay. That way you know how. Why? That way you know how to answer the phone through your headset. That would be perfect. Yeah, but I can't because it's a music headset that ties into my computer. Well, plug it into the computer. Well, if you, if you were on Skype, then that would work. But I'm not on Skype. You poor thing. You kept saying, "Well, Skype is giving you a problem," and then when it didn't hang up, you said, "Hang up Skype too." <laughs> Oh, I think I what happened, Skype. I think I think what happened, you called, and when I called you on Skype, then once you hung up, then Skype rang you through, so then that way, I said, go ahead and hang up, so that's what I think happened. I don't know what happened, and it's all my fault. No. I'm telling you, it's all my fault. No, no, nothing. Yeah, it is. It nothing. is. I, I no. pressed a button 
because I wanted to mute it temporarily so you didn't hear all my awful squeals back here. And instead, I hit redial, which is what it was trying to yes, do. Yes, it did. I heard <laughs> And then I saw your call come in, and I thought, okay, I will just hang up quick and talk, and then you would come in as a second, yeah. you know? Yeah, and no. it didn't work. Well, oh, it worked. Once you hung up, once you oh, hung up, Emily. once you hung up on the phone, then it then it rang you. So it's pretty amazing. It certainly is. Yeah, it has new surprises for not working all the time. I keep blaming it on my phone. It was me. I'm the one who punches the button. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not my it's not my phone's fault. So anyway, that's my wine for tonight, everybody. I got Walden in trouble. And he's willing to take the blame, but yes. it's not his fault. I take, I take full responsibility for anything Patricia's ever done. Oh, my word. Would you go for a walk with me? <laughs> we, have, we have many stops to make. <laughs> and what did you do to her? Oh, nothing. Patricia, what did you do to him? Oh, nothing. Well, this is going to be an easy case. You both say the same thing. Case dismissed. Next. <laughs> Oh, my God, I would love to be a judge. Ooh, ooh. Well, they make pretty good money on TV. Oh, my goodness, yes. But not for the money, but for the experience and doing it in a fair way. $20 million? Will wait, a minute, my wait, wait a minute, $20 million a year, what? Patricia. How many? $20 million. You're not even close to Judge Judy. No, I know that, but I think besides Watton, be, that's what I think his top dollar was, is 20 Judy, yep, I think that would be good. I think Judy's like 30, might be more than that now. In 19, no, I'm sorry, in 2015, mm -hmm. two years ago, her salary was $49 million. So I don't know how they have upped it. She, I, as far as I know, she has never not had a raise. Well, you know, so Maria, I know I'd, be willing to, I would be willing to do this. If we're, mm. we're going to give 10% of her salary, I'll split that 10% with you. What do you think? She's going to give us 10%? Of course, because we're nice people. Okay. I think I'd rather go in front of... <laughs> <laughs> um, Judge, what's his name? Joe? No, I can't remember his name. They call him Judge Joe. But anyway, um, I don't know. I, I think we have to do something for <laughs> almost $5 million. What, what do we have to do? Be nice. She doesn't need any promotion. She's got the entire audience. Well, we'd be nice to people. That would break her routine. I know. That's, that's why <laughs> she could be her, her way, and we, you and I could be nice to the people. Yeah. She's, I guess they're paid to be kind of rough on people. And I have to tell you that the shows that I have seen, mm -hmm. everyone she was rough with deserved it. So I, I can't fault her for that. If if my adorable one was a judge, would she would she come down with that iron fist? If it if it fit the case, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would I, but I wouldn't be rude about yeah, it though. I, mean, I would you you you, you 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 would rude fairly and honorably, but you wouldn't be rude about it. I would not be rude about it. Okay. That is correct. Okay. That is not, I don't think there's any room in the world for rudeness. No. I, I just don't. I can't. I I can't come up with a situation that can't be handled another way. Mm 
shrewdness doesn't count. Amen. Now you ask me if on our walk <laughs> you are going to find people I've been rude to. The answer is yes, and I've apologized. And you know, down the line, I always we, apologize. We, not we, always. We've, all, we've always been. We've all had. We can all share in being stupid and not have grown up in, in life. You know, we've all done stupid things like that. Yes, and rude. I was rude at times, and I don't think. Well, maybe you. <laughs> we can exclude you. <laughs> but I, I think there are very few people who have not been rude at least one time in I life. Think we all, I think we all have, you know. I think the key to that and retaining a relationship of whatever kind you had, you don't even have to learn how to love the guy or the woman. You well, just say, I'm sorry. I was rude, and I apologize. Period. I, I think I think the greatest gift of any relationship is the ability to forgive. Mm-hmm. So we all have our bad mm-hmm. days. We all have our bad days. We do, and the, of course the expression is forgive and forget. Well, there's a difference between forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. It's two different. That things. means wiping it. Yeah, wiping it out of your brain, pretending it never happened. That's forgiveness, and I don't think you can do that. You can never forget. You you can mellow your attitude toward it, but you can never forget something that happened to you. But you can forgive. For, you certainly can forgive. Yes. And just leave the hate and the mm-hmm. and the anger at the doorstep. Because that kind of stuff eats up uh, eats up so many people. Mm-hmm. It does. it does, and it doesn't have to. No. People walking around for fifty and sixty years hating somebody else. What a way to spend and waste 60 years of your life. Ay-yi-yi. Ay-yi-yi. Now, I'm going to line up all the people I want to be rude to for our next show, okay? Okay, It'll take me two weeks to find them. (laughs) Oh, should we talk Mm. to everybody you want to ask for forgiveness? Should we offer them, too? Oh, we, we can ask for forgiveness, but maybe we will redeem ourselves if we say... We're here. Ah. What do you think? I like it. Okay. We're here <laughs> for, let's see, um, how about 20 minutes? Sure, we can do that. Just remind what, what, are you up against, mm-hmm. what are you up against in your schedule, which I failed to ask this afternoon? Uh, well, I'm just working with Hager to, you know, on a 24-hour class trying to get Things lined up for for this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of what I've been doing. And uh, just remind everybody, next Saturday night, Patricia will have the night off. Now, mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Say it carefully. <laughs> she, she might be making a guest appearance on another network and another station. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, she have granted permission. To, um, <laughs> not that careful. <laughs> to be a, to Dave Kane, our friend from yes. Rhode Island, called in one night, and while he and Walden were talking, he said, "Oh, when can we have Patricia on the show?" And Walden said, "Well, you can have her on the twenty-second." <laughs> I said, "Wait a minute, what is this?" <laughs> And the the two of you never stopped talking long enough for me to say, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm, 
I'm getting given away and purchased. <laughs> so that's what joke we're we're talking about. Patricia got um what what should I say? She got ah, she got thrown away. <laughs> <That'll work. laughs> and these guys were were taking bids and giving me away and stuff like that there. So I've been giving Walden a hard time for you're, weeks. You're in big demand. What can and I Dave. say? You're in big, what? You are in big demand. What can I say? I don't think one person is big demand. However, you giving me away, that was terrible. Oh, <laughs> try to control myself. <laughs> you, you have won so well from your mother, it's just pathetic. What can I say? No, I know. Oh, dear me. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> well, did I tell you that I must have the awful thing I did to my former husband's mother one time? Tell me the story. Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, it's probably something to be ashamed of, but I was really proud of myself. <laughs> she was the queen of the don't worry about me deal. Yeah. And um, she had been living for a while with her daughter, my ex-husband's, um, oh, I hate ex-husband, former husband's um, sister. And so we had them up for dinner one night. It was quite a distance. They were in a different county, but... You know, when we could, we all got together, and it was fairly frequently. And they were going away for the weekend, and she was quite capable and perfectly able to take care of herself. But, you know, she was moving on in years, and you get kind of scared with that kind of stuff. So she started the routine. Well, um, Betsy and Gib aren't going to be home this weekend, you know. And we said, I know. (laughs) I said it. I know they're going away for a couple of days. And she said, yes, they are. <laughs> One of these deals. And we finally worked up to the spot where she said, well, don't worry about me. I'll just I'll stay at the, the motel down on the corner. And I answered, well, that's fine. I can make reservations for you. And I should have been ashamed, but I had just been raked over the coals for so long, yeah. and it was such a benign comment. Yeah. And then I said, well, of course you can stay with us. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a problem at all. But, I mean, you know, I, I was just one one over the edge yep. on the, the melodrama. Yep. So I told stre- her I would make it. Then. Yeah. I was stretched, yes. Yes, that was my stretch, and I told her I would make reservations at the motel. <sighs> Well, I did it. Sorry. I think think maybe I made somebody upset or mad or I hope I made her think. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like every time she did. So she and my mother were perfect mates. I never thought of that. Mm. My goodness. A wasted opportunity. (laughs) Oh, well. That's my story. Well, you want to do my trivia questions now and just, and just be you and I the oh, rest of the oh. way? Or what would you like to oh. do? Well, sure, we can do a couple of minutes. Just leave the phone open okay. for a couple of more sure. minutes. Sure, we'll do that. I, I will just, go. I didn't know how awake you were, you know. Well, I'm awake and I'm feeling terrible about my not, you know. 
my not sticking to the program here because I was late. I was very late. So uh, just I, in case I, someone wants. Well, to... we we had some wonderful shows though. We had a we had a you know the, the uh, Son of Man, which was a really good um, look upon the life of Christ and for Astor's point mm-hmm. for the four uh, gospel sp- uh, writers, and then we had the Great Girls Weave Easter show from 57, and then we had the Six Shooter, and then Adorable Kane. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I am so sorry. No, you're not. Um. You, you, I, I'm just grateful that you were able <laughs> to squeeze us in, you know? Yes, your, and I didn't throw myself your, under a bus somewhere. You, you, you have this very... It's a very interesting lifestyle, and so I, I'm just grateful that you're able to fit us in. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> boy, that one got me between the eyes. <laughs> See, you're so kind, and stuff like that. There, you I know. Am. I am. I am. I take out. Uh, you're, my, you're, you, you're my role model. I take after you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I'm not your role model. I'm learning from you. Oh, Can yeah. people out there know that we have a mutual admiration society here? Yes, yeah, true. He doesn't. He doesn't get mad at me most times. <laughs> if you get mad at me, you never show it. No, I don't. I think I gotten over that pretty over the last few years. I I think I've grown up from being mad. You know those things and. You know, I think, I think, I think it's good that we, when we all get older in life, some things we get better at, you know? Uh-huh. You know? So. One of mine is making coffee. And that's a very good trait. I know, for people who like coffee. For me, that wouldn't matter too much. Me and Dan are in the, uh, you know, the cold beverage mm-hmm. department. Yes. Yes. I can't believe and I've been hearing the ads lately from... Starbucks talking about the cold brew. So I guess they're now oh. selling coffee cold, I guess. They, and they think what the additional flavors of cold coffee is. Okay. <laughs> Any way to make a dollar? Is that what that sounds like to me? I don't know. Or make it $10. <laughs> Sometimes you cannot get out of that place <clears throat> with coffee in your hand. For less than ten dollars. Depends on the, you, the exclusiveness of the. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine uh, in your lifetime that you'd be aware of places that you'd be spending ten dollars for a cup of Joe? Give me a break. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can buy. I discovered uh, almost three containers, like the the twelve ounce. Maybe it's ten ounce. I don't know. Yeah. Or twelve ounce. I think it's a twelve ounce mm-hmm. of coffee that I happen to like. I've tried it before, mm-hmm. and it was three ninety nine. Well, I guess I have pedestrian taste, so but it works. What do you think? I mean, that if you can buy something you like for half the price of everybody else. So, what do you think that works out? That three ninety nine is a can. You think that still works out to ten cents a cup? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's really interesting. I use. Two tablespoons. So now we have to find out how much two tablespoons is for 12 ounces. Right. <clears throat> I have to convert the ounces to volume. Oh, Walton. Good thing you went oh, to. Walton. Good thing you went to magical. 
you're the one. <laughs> Walden, can you subtract 13 from 20 for me, please? Sure, it's seven. Yeah. Yeah, see, I knew that. Good. Yeah, that's it. That's my entire repertoire. <laughs> okay, I have questions for you, and I have a Snoopy and a Winnie the Pooh. So we're up to 10 categories tonight. That's good. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm just giving you some, oh, some oh, bonus either topics. sayings or stuff like that. I thought 38 questions was enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to add to it next time, and I have a suggestion, too. Ah, we got the phone. Aha. Hello, hello. You're on with Patricia. Well, did I sneak you under the line? You, you did, Dan. We kept yes, the open did. gift for you. You what now? You were just waiting for me? We kept it open just for you. Well, I'm glad you did. Happy yeah. Easter. And you sound a lot better, Dan. It's the best you sound in three weeks, you know? Well, I'm improving. I'm trying here. Happy Easter, Dan. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. I, stuck, I stayed with you too, through the uh, six-shooter, and then I drifted off. Well... Good thing, good well, day. that's okay. <laughs> I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm here, I'm here. Mostly been food talk all night, so that's what you're going to hear on the replay is food. Food. Good, yeah. food. It was really good food stuff. Well, that's nice. That's very nice. I know it. Okay. I know it. Oh. Okay. Is there a <laughs> traditional, is there a unique eater meal in the state of Indiana. There probably is. But I don't know what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Our historian <laughs> who who looks over everything, probably from the turn of the century from the eighteen hundreds to the nineteen hundreds, and every one of those publications had recipes True, true. I don't yeah. know. I, I think um, on you. I think some people have, like, you know, uh, chicken and dressing and oysters and all that good stuff. Oysters? Hmm. Oysters. I like, oysters? I like snails. Yeah. With or without the shells. With or without the shells. Yeah. Yeah. How about oh, fish and what? served in the shells. They're, they're cooked and then put back in the shells and they're coated with garlic butter. Mm. Mm. So if I just served you the garlic butter, wouldn't you be happy? I probably would, but yeah. I I guess I'd prefer to have snails underneath it. I think I'll have... I, I think do I'll have, have, I think and, I'll and have, you all laugh at me. I think I'll have my own pasta. Okay. You can, you can do that. And you all picked on me because I like anchovies enough to just open a can and eat the can. Well, you're the only member member of our family that when you order pizzas, it's double helping anchovies, you know? I'm not going to do that anymore because I did it one time. (laughs) And my embarrassing statement is I had to take some of them off. It tasted like an anchovy pie. And that was not good. The, The... Anchovies tasted really fine as a separate unit because I could wait and then go back and eat them. But on pizza, you know, an entire layer of pizza, of um, anchovies 
was Can you imagine really a- the first person who put anchovies on a pizza? What his friends thought, what are you doing putting fish on the pizza? I know, I know. And I had one guy one night when I was out on the road doing research, I called Domino's and had a pizza delivered or two. You, and, you know, they'd always have a price, and then I'd have one in the refrigerator for the next day. So I told him I wanted anchovies, and he said, oh, anchovies? <laughs> I said, yeah, anchovies, and put a little extra on them, please. And he said, anchovies? <laughs> he said, I never put them on a pizza before in my life. <laughs> he was, well, maybe you could pass it off to somebody else, but that's that's what I would really like. So I rattled his cage, too. I tried. You did, you did. You, 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 I think you've left the speechless. We don't know what to say. <laughs> your, your closed mouth or, or you're dumbfounded, I guess, is a better All way to right, say Dan, it. All right, Dan, what's the most unusual thing you would put on a pizza? Uh, I guess pineapple. You are, you are a pineapple person. Well, uh, you know, pineapple and ham was fairly unique, and then someone... Uh, Someplace I was uh, visiting, and they had pineapple and bacon together, mm-hmm. which I think is actually better than just the pineapple and ham. Now, you know, of the three of us, there's one member who hasn't had pineapple on her pizza yet, so. <laughs> so I'm being held hostage. Three of us, one of her, one of her has not tried yeah, the yeah. pineapple. Yeah, and she, yeah, three. Two guesses and three of them don't count to figure out which one of hers they haven't tried that yet. Gee, I wonder who that could be. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll bet she's a sweet little thing who never picks on anybody for their food preference. Pineapple on a pizza? Woof. <laughs> I'm really, at one point, I'm going to taste it because I frequently will fruit, and I'll have to do that this week, fruit, and usually canned fruit, because I can make it stay better. But can I, you imagine, I buy, can you I, imagine? I typically, yeah, I typically buy cottage cheese, and I like to have fruit in the cottage cheese, and, and um, my pineapple is one of the bestest ones, yes. so I will get, somehow get a pizza in here and <laughs> not eat the whole thing, <laughs> but I'll try, I'll try it. And then I'll come back and give you my evaluation. And I'm very fair. How fair are you? She varies. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> well, that's what I want on my tombstone, and and I'm not going to get one. It's terrible. Um, on on my tombstone, she was fair. That's right. Right. And I told you she was really sick. <laughs> That one pops up all over the country where, where someone has, and it's under duress. I mean, this is a last-wish effort. And he says, I told you I was really sick, and I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> so at least the person under the ground had a sense of humor yeah. and left it for us to enjoy. So that was good. So are you doing anything special for Easter tomorrow or today for uh-huh. us? 
today, today, tomorrow. Yeah, today, tomorrow. Today, yeah. tomorrow. Um, I'll probably, I'm going by and see my brother later on. Okay. Oh, great. Are you going to take anything with them or just show up? Uh, I've got a dessert I'm taking. We're mm -hmm. supposed to meet later on. And what kind of dessert are you bringing? Uh, a cherry delight, which is somewhat like Ooh, a what's that? cake. What is it? You want to describe it? Is it like a cake or uh, or what? It's like a cherry uh, cheesecake. Oh. <gasps> I think I now we have to Patricia. Did I send you the recipe for cherry delight? It's like cherries with the uh, uh, Philly cream cheese and graham cracker. Wow. Yeah, it's... Wow. I don't remember. Maybe, I, maybe that's one I just wiped out of my head because it's caused me so much distress. <laughs> distress? Oh, and that is... I've heard of such a thing. You never heard of such a thing? I've never heard of such a thing. Distress? Just trying to wipe your field knowledge there. Oh, okay. That's, that's one you can swoon for. I think I'm swooning. Get me my fan. I need some cheesecake. No go, huh? No go. Okay, well, all right. I'll sit there politely staring at your dish like a puppy dog would. Uh-huh. Just staring until you feel sorry enough for me to drop a <laughs> of cheesecake for me like you would with a puppy. Oh, cats don't gosh. That. That's cruel and unusual punishment. It is. Inhumane, too. It is. Very inhumane. What other things can it be? Right. Yes. Yes. It, it is cruel, and I should be excused and given... Clemency, because you and Walden talk for a minute. I'll think of something. Okay. She gets a clemency because she's adorable. That's why she gets clemency. <laughs> Do you think they would believe that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, let's, let, let, let's cover this here just okay. one minute here. Okay. okay, you keep saying she's adorable. Mm -hmm. Yet, have you ever seen a picture of her before? <laughs> no. Okay. Your Honor, I have what? not. You know, but I, 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 I have been in her presence. You have? Uh-huh. I've been in her presence. Why are you in her presence? I've been, in, I've been in her presence twice. We had, we've broken bread a couple of times over the years. So I, I, in so Florida? I, yep, I've been to Florida and she's been to California. She has? Yes. Uh-huh. Has she ever got out of Florida? <laughs> Well, I have to tell Listen, you, we count, I have to when, tell you, when last, you were in last, last Saturday, we counted how many states she had visited. It's bigger than what she thought she'd been to, you know. I know. It's quite incredible. She should been in at least 13 states that I can figure out. At least. Yeah. Does, and there might oh, be some... Does the law know about this? No. They, they listened to the show, so they kept track. That they have. Yeah. Who who does who does who keeping track of me? 
the law. What, what the did law. you say? Who's keeping track, Walden? You said the law. Who's keeping track. The, the, Dan said the law keep track of us. Oh. Oh. Well, I think I'll go to bed. Home like that. Well, I know the I know the CIA and the FBI keep track of us. And let's not mm -hmm. forget the IRS. That's true. Today is the big day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, now that's interesting. It falls uh, IRS Day the 15th. Mm -hmm. That was Friday. I guess nobody it, got... Um, I guess taxes are due on the 17th this year, I think. 18th. 18th. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Okay. Yes. Well, did Patricia get a big refund? <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Do I sound like I'd get a big refund? Oh, no, Dan. Although, if you think I deserve one, I'd be happy to take you on as my financial manager. Sure, why not? That works. I broke even, and I'm very thrilled. <laughs> How did you break even? You're not going to get any of the money. Huh? I guess if you're my, my agent, I have to give you something, huh? That's right. That's right. Well, would it be, unless, to be your unless agent? Unless the pity, the pity has... I'm sorry, the pity has to be so great that it overwhelms you and you say, go on your way, please. I can't take money from you. You think that would work? Yeah, I think so. Sounds, sounds good to me. Sounds very charitable. And what do you expect in return? I don't and know. And it's okay to expect something like... Um, like once in a while, if I, <clears throat> you know, if I'm able to do something nice and nice and quiet for somebody, yeah. they always come back with the question, well, what am I able to do now or down the line for you? And my answer would always be, find something that you know they need That's and just true. pass it on. That's true. Just keep right. passing it on. And, right. the, and the person who gets it from you has to agree to pass it on. Let's see, so somebody has to write a check for two point eight million dollars and send it to Patricia's way. Her address is two five two seven Duke Place, Joseph, <laughs> California, nine two six two six. No 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 no. Let's not do that. You're gonna launder that money. I can see it from here. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to rethink this. <laughs> well, can we at any point assume that this will be coming true? Of course. Really? Of course. Okay, I'll stay awake next week. Okay. <laughs> okay, now, um, now, now I, I emailed. I wasn't sure if we were having a show because I, like, I'm faithful. Well, yeah, yeah, well, Patricia, Patricia has um, had other obligations to take care of. Who does? Patricia had other obligations to take care of at the top of the show. Probably another show. She's been moonlighting on us. She's been sneaking away. She's been showing up on other networks. You know, I she's faithful and true. I, no, she's I, not. <laughs> I think I think if there was an opposite show at the same time zone, she would she would talk about it with me, and I would say, "How much are they going to pay us?" Um, oh, <laughs> that's heavy stuff. I was going to say I'm like Horton, and I'm I'm faithful 100%. That's what Horton said. Mm -hmm. you, you are. 
Oh, well, I don't know, but she has been moonlighting. Well, she's in yeah. big demand. What can I say? You don't want to leave this? Pop she's a here. broadcasting international superstar. That's right. <laughs> you going to step on us and walk I'm, around I'm just going to in the corner and, and listen. You know, I just wonder, I just hope, Dan, once, uh, once NBC or CBS puts money on the table to want to talk, take Patricia away from me, do you think she'll take me with her? What do you think? You know? Oh, you no. please, boy, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, please take her. Okay. <laughs> She's like that southern uh, charmer, Leela Ransom. She's just going to say, Walt. Oh, Walt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and Walden would say, I'll pay you to take her. <laughs> you don't have to pay me. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, oh. giveaway is a nice thing to do. Sometimes. I have no idea. I've never been accused of that before, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, poor Walden. You're going to hook up with her sister and become the Patricia and Bubbles. Yeah, Our. the sister show. That would be interesting talk. <laughs> what do you think? Huh? Do you think if Patricia and Barbara hosted a show together? Yeah. How much would it be on Puppy Talk, Patricia? Any, any, any idea? On Puppy Talk? Uh-huh. What is Puppy Talk? Um, the, uh, the, her puppy, her dog. Oh, her puppy. Yeah. She could fill that space. <laughs> Very she's cute biggest, dog. She's the biggest thing since Sonny and Cher, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he can sing? I bet, I bet Bubbles would be fun I'd, for I'd, a call. Yeah, I'd, no, I'd, we have to be kind to the listeners. One of us at a time is enough. <laughs> It is. Your pleasure. Double your pleasure. Double your fun with Patricia, the bubbly one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right now. Don't no. peppermint gum. We're, Wrigley's peppermint gum, right? Double mm -hmm. pleasure. Double your fun. Wrigley's is it? Wrigley's peppermint gum. Uh, double double mint gum, isn't it? Oh, oh, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 May double mint gum. That's right. Yeah. Uh, still make it. Wrigley's. Wrigley's. Okay. Uh, you, do you like gum, Patricia, when you were used to eat it in the old in your childhood days? Yeah. You did. I what, did. What, what yeah, flavor? peppermint. Mm -hmm. Peppermint. Peppermint. Okay. It was, it was the the little. I don't know. What they, you know, little squares with yep. sugar on top. Yep. And if you just sucked it instead of chewing it right away, right. just suck the sugar off, right. it was hot. It was hot. And, you know, it was like hot peppermint. And I like to do that. Yeah. Okay, Dan, are you a gum chewer? Uh, Wrigley's. Wrigley's. Uh -huh. Most of Juicy fruit, yes. Juicy fruit. Oh, okay. Juicy fruit, yes, yes. I don't. I don't munch it anymore. Walden, do you like it? 
I do like gum, and my mom is a big gum chewer. We don't get into her stack of gum. She buys it, and she thinks she hides it, but everybody knows where it's at. <laughs> it's like Christmas. The kids know where all the hiding is, and they wrap, rewrap the presents after they've looked at them and put them back. Yep. Oh, gee. That's okay, funny. So, Did you ever do anything like that? Either one of you open something before Christmas? Open. And not let anybody know about it. This is not no. part of the ceremony or... No, but, you know, my mom has a famous story about her brother, about that. Mm -hmm. I bet she's got a million of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I think she told us one, that she knew what my brother was going to get for, her brother was going to get for Christmas, and she just teased the heck out of him. And she, she, she uh, kept picking on her verbally, you know, okay, okay, what is it? And she finally broke down Tom with a hockey stick and she ran downstairs and cried and let her mom and dad know that she gave out the secret what she was getting. Oh no. You know. But Did anyone get punished in this? Probably not. Hmm. You know, anybody who worked at a shoe store like my uncle and forget where she put the donuts. I guess he used to go to the donut store and buy donuts and then leave them in the shoe stores, in the boxes of shoes, you know. He, oh, dear. He can get one. <laughs> oh, dear. Can you imagine finding that box of donuts three years later? I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, dear. Not, not good, not good. So, so okay, so if I hop a plane, head out to Costa uh, Mesa, uh, California, and come up and talk on the... Hughes uh, residence door tomorrow about noon. Uh, what would be on the kitchen table? Ah. Well, yeah. for, for breakfast. For breakfast, okay. we are starting. Okay. For breakfast, we're starting out with homemade cinnamon rolls. Oh, boy, that sounds good. She baked those Thursday. Yeah. She froze them. Mm -hmm. I count, I, I think I can go and count how many rolls, but. At least two, maybe three. Yeah. Uh, these are the you know big old pan kind of cinnamon rolls. Oh, okay. Uh, this is what my brother and I love. My brother, my mom, my mom. Uh, it's always disappointing her cinnamon roll because she sent her a flop. Really? Because the oven, because they don't, they they're they're soft and gooey. Yeah. When she takes that's them, what they're and, supposed to be. And that's what my brother like, brother like, like is soft and gooey. You know, we don't uh, care if it's supposed to be perfect. But it's soft yeah. and gooey is the way to go. Soft and gooey is yeah. perfect. So then then after church, Dad and I are going to Marie Calendar's to bring home a lemon meringue pie. Yeah. And then our relatives are coming over, so we're having a... Spiral honey baked ham from Costco, yeah. mm -hmm. and they now at Costco have scalloped potatoes. And wow. so my it, the, the container says it serves eight, and so my mom, <laughs> my mom figuring with my brother he'll eat at least two to three helpings by himself. So yeah, you know, so she got it up. Here. Take care of my brother. Yeah, and so we're gonna have ham scalloped potato. Uh -huh. And honey baked ham. So that's, wow. that will be the routine for them all. Pretty good. 
So at your brother's, mm-hmm. yeah, at your brother's, Dan. Yeah, um, ham, deviled eggs, and uh, a little bit of chicken and dressing from the homemade recipe. And and others are bringing dishes. And now let's ask Patricia. Patricia, what have you decided what your Easter feast is going to be tomorrow yet? <laughs> going to be all the things that I like. Well, I've got a, um, a smoked sausage, Ooh. and it's very embarrassing because somewhere in that freezer or refrigerator, I have two because they were two for the price of one, mm-hmm. and I can't find either one. Oh, no. My care. My Care Bears go into the refrigerator, and I, I couldn't find my cottage cheese, and I looked down, they put it on the door. Who puts cottage cheese on the door of a refrigerator? Not I. We're make, they not, were making it. Not I. When you open the door, there's your cottage cheese. And yeah, well, I don't normally look on the door because normally I know what's on the door because I put it there. Well, they don't seem to mind my telling them where stuff goes. They do mind putting stuff where they go. I, I had soup in with the spices. It was, oh, my gosh. Now, it was dreadful. Now, what's supposed to be in the door of a refrigerator? In my case, we have milk and butter. Yeah. And some of the containers, like glass containers of whatever you might want to mm-hmm. keep in, in the refrigerator, like salad dressing, yeah. salad dressing yeah. sometime. And, Con- you know, that kind of stuff. Condiments. Yes. So that's what we keep in the door of our refrigerator. How about you, Dan? What would you put in the door of your refrigerator? Well, that's also where I would put soda because that's usually, you know, real handy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and some people think that. put milk there, too. I don't know if milk is good in the door of a refrigerator. I think uh-huh. it should really go on the top shelf where it's colder. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I keep my refrigerator very cold. It is just a notch or two above freezing. And um, the milk stays at least five days after its expiration date, at least. I have had it stay good for ten days after what they say is the expiration date. Um, But I I do keep it on the top shelf and pushed a little bit toward the back as far as I can push it. Because that's, as you say, Dan, that's the coldest place in the fridge. And when you open the door, it's the first thing and usually the only thing that gets whacked by the warmer, you know, the warmer air that's surrounding the refrigerator. So the milk stays longer. So on the refrigerator door, I normally have stuff like relish and olives if I have treated myself to olives. And what else do I have there? Um, Batteries. I really do. I have batteries there. Um, sal- salad batteries, I've got hmm? batteries keep better in the cold refrigerator? They, they keep, yes, they stay longer. Um, their their they lifetime is much longer if they're cold. I see. One thing you yeah. do have to do is, in most cases, not put them in the appliance or item until they have warmed up outside, you know, on the counter or something like that. And once they get to room temperature, then they can go in. Otherwise, they, it just doesn't work well. But keeping them cold, yes, will extend their life. I see. Uh-huh. Hey, I thought I heard a, an odd sound. Are we losing 
Patricia? No, 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 no. Somebody was, somebody thought I was awake, so they tried to Skype me, and I said I'm still awake. So don't. Oh, okay. That's what that beep beep was. So, okay. No. I, okay. I, didn't we lose? I didn't do it. No, no. Patricia would never do anything like that. Oh, she has. <laughs> no, she she perf she is perfect in every way. If you haven't if you haven't noticed that. We, we've been if, talking, if you... and all of a sudden, she just drops off. Uh, oh. No, 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 it was just, we, it was just little Skype signals there, and I said, uh, what the going oh. on? That's all that way. So. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll try to live up to my reputation that you have just developed for me. <laughs> <laughs> you have dropped do... off before. <laughs> We'll be chatting along. It's like, where's Patricia? Like, she fell through the cracks again. Well, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I have high expectations and standards for her. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yes. This is oh, disgusting. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> oh golly, gee whiz. Oh no, where she was. Like, where did Patricia so, go? She fell. She fell off. No. She yeah, didn't. I fell out of the room. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. I did. So I did. I'm assuming you have Sunday off. You're not going to go to the library on Sunday. That's going to be a shock, right? Correct. Yes. Jeez. I had good Friday <laughs> off. Jeez. <laughs> I'll have Derby You're weekend. Picking up my language. <laughs> Golly gee whiz, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that on you. Mm -hmm. Very contemporary. <laughs> it fits right in with... Well, actually, it's not, is it? No. It's much too gentle to be contemporary. What, we'll have to start... What, what are contemporary words, my dear? You know, I probably... If I know them, you can't say them. If I don't know them, they probably aren't worth having said. Uh, I don't know. Are there a contemporary dictionary, Dan? Uh, yes, I believe there is. You, you probably do. And every year it has what? to change because contemporary language <laughs> changes. But, I mean, sure we've, we've lived yeah. through cool. Oh, that's cool, man. And... Um, Valley Talk, I mean, like, you know. Oh, um, oh man. Oh. Could you speak like a <laughs> could you speak like a valley girl, Patricia? <laughs> if I got paid for it, I'd do it. <laughs> 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 well, not anything. But, yes, I could do that. <laughs> I'll hold them hostage. Oh, dear. So. More importantly, would she? Well, we had to negotiate, we had to negotiate the right salary for her, you know. I bet we would. I bet she would. I bet, I bet she would. A dollar a, 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 for that. I think we have to go buy $1,000 a page or something, you know. Whoa. Like that. Whoa. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll charge a dollar for each person who's in the audience. Oh, boy. From each person who's in, in the audience. Hundreds of dollars. You know? Well, yeah. That's a start. It is a start. Yeah, we we Everybody's need to fix the ratings. 
We need to check the ratings on this little show. Yes. Mm -hmm. See where it mm -hmm. see where it shows up. Oh well, I'll have to go shopping for more. I I, I do have a couple for the awful shows. Does Larry need something before you? Go? No, of course no, not. No, no, we're we're good. We're, we're scheduled for the twenty no. seventh. Even, even if you weren't good, this is not the time to say. Can we do a recording on Thursday? I know you're leaving on Friday. <laughs> I guess you're leaving on Thursday, aren't you? We are leaving Thursday morning. Where are we heading? We're going to Seattle for the Reptile oh, Time Radio Convention. So it's I, here. So are, are, so you're not going to be here next week, right? No. We're going to be broadcasting live from Seattle, so Patricia will have the night off, and you'll hear us uh, broadcast the convention next Well, that's no fair. I know. Skype, you could bring your... And have her visit Seattle by. I I I would love to have her with us, but she's been she's been retained by a bigger and better program. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I heard the rumors. He gave me. Yeah, he gave me away. Name is. I think, I think the name is Dave. Dave. The morning guy. Uh huh. I wonder if you'll pay Patricia what she's worth. Please don't suggest that. I'll never get paid. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So nobody called in about Seder or um, observations during Passover um, and stuff like that. There, there are so many traditions to follow for each day of Passover, and nobody called in to let me know about it. Doesn't mean we can't do it when, can't, when we go back to live on the 29th. You never know. They could be busy. The they could be it, busy it, tonight. They could be yeah. busy tonight. Mm -hmm. Probably getting to the rest, I would think. Oh, so, you know, sun, sunrise service will be happening here in a few hours here on the East Coast. I know. So. Mom and I were going to go. But we went to a Good Friday service outdoors. Mom said it thought it was too cold, so we're not going this year to a sunrise service. So, would you believe we hit a record of 86 degrees? Wow! Today and yesterday it was My 27. Word. It was within three degrees of a new record. Spring has blossomed. Mm. Wow! And you know we still haven't had all the trees leaf out. This has been the longest. Spring I've ever seen because we had things blooming out in February like the uh, crab crab apples the crab apple trees and then oh, yeah. all the dogwoods just started bl blooming out here like last week and and the hardwood the hardwood trees still have that beefed out. Hmm. Very odd spring here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You've had odd, every time we talk to you, there's something odd with your weather going on. Exactly. I can't remember you saying this winter, well, this is pretty normal for this time of the year. You'd say, we got 79 degrees, it's supposed to be 50. Uh, I don't recall any time that you were able to say, this is normal for this time of the year. That's right. We we had we hit the all-time record high of 79 degrees back in February. Mm -hmm. So, yep. I remember that. Walt, 
I think Walden's been in the cold out there in California. Usually, usually when you're cold, we're hot here in the Midwest. Ah, okay. I haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Patricia says I'm We're just sitting here like piggies in a blanket saying, oh, our temperature today was 75. But the embarrassing thing is I am cold, really cold at 75. That amazes me. So what the right temperature for you, Patricia? About 82. Hmm. You have forgotten your uh, New Jersey yes, I have. interest. <laughs> 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 they're, they're, they're a distant memory. Yeah. Well, not that distant. But I mean, West Point is hard to forget. And yet she carries forget. her... It's, 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 she carries there her were so many. Accent. She won't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, and yet you carry that Jersey accent. You wear it like a badge of honor, and you won't switch over to a nice Southern accent like Leela Ransom. Well, you asked me, I guess one night, and Walden asked me one night, and I did. Oh, Throckmorton. Yeah, I did that. You did. But could you do a whole yeah. show? And Southern accent? Sure. Once I got rolling, I could. Uh -huh. I probably couldn't stop after I got home. <laughs> I'd say, I think well, I'm going to make myself Say that again? That, that would be worth rolling tape on. That would be a keeper. It would be. Patricia <laughs> and her Southern... <laughs> my, my Southern tweak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yes. That's that. That's for ratings week. Right. When, when oh, we, when good we, thinking. Hey, that'll fix. It's worth what you paid for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. You, you know, I, I emailed you and said, you know, I'm the consultant for YUSA, for Yesterday USA. You know, I'm, I'm the one, like those consultants who never listened to the program yet, tell you what to do. Yeah, true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we will do that. Well, Dan, you really did sneak in under the wire tonight, and you almost didn't, because Walden and I conferred, and I said, well, leave the lines open for a little bit, and we'll just do your questions while we're waiting for somebody to call. And you did. Hooray for Dan. Hooray for Dan. Oh, they have a good two weeks now. You sound a lot better, Dan. I'm glad you sound so much better for yourself. Yes, yes, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, it's springtime in the Midwest. What can you expect? That's true. That's right. And pretty soon you'll be at Con you'll be a roving reporter on Kentucky Derby Day. So. Oh yes! Oh yes! 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 That's right. You're, to, you're going to give Patricia a hot tip, right? That way she can retire. <laughs> How, <laughs> what is the lowest? What is the lowest bet you can make in the Derby? For win, it's $2. $2, yeah. Yeah, to win. Right. You could do a 10-cent super, Patricia. So you could make a 10-cent You could do a 10-cent super, pick the four horses in a row, and those things are worth, those could be worth $100,000 or better. Wow. So oh, yeah. How much, how much do you have to knows. pay for a ticket to that one? 10 cents. Just the just the forty cents for one, two, three, and four. No, ten cent total. 
Whoa. Yeah. yeah last, I have some, last, I have... last year, Super paid over $100,000 in the Derby, if I recall. Did somebody win it? Oh, yeah. <gasps> yes. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. So, well, for I donations, who's 527? If you if you want to just give a few dollars, a little percentage to yeah. Walden or me, but you can send it to him because he's honorable too. <laughs> but that's really interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, four, huh? One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. There must be a billion, a, a really close to a billion combinations you could do there. Well, sometimes at least you know, sometimes you know, the Derby sometimes have 20 horses and it going in the race. So mm-hmm. if you go by the mathematics, you know, 20 times 19 times 18 times 17 will give you the number mm-hmm. of combinations for that. And how much money would that come out to? Well, let's see. Quite a, quite a few hundred, yeah. 20 times 19 is what? Uh, 380 times 18. Let's just do the rough. So that'd be uh, 380. <laughs> Seven sixty seven seven thousand another another seven thousand seventy that's gonna be almost like and then take it down to ten cent you're looking at probably a seven thousand dollar bed or something so you're gonna b- b- box them off for ten cents and how much would you make back a hundred grand or so if it's the if it's the one bucks or long shot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. go with long shot, but otherwise you might. You might not. You, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't get your money back. Yeah, but it's just money, it, it's just money, Dan. I mean, you, Dan. I mean, well, I mean, you know, that's why you work at the library, right, Dan? You you can take it to the track. We could double it for you. <laughs> 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 that's good. If we if we I, go I to like the track on what I make, we're gonna have to hitchhike. I, well, you know, <laughs> but just think, we could parlay it, Dan. Parlay. Parlay, yeah. Parlay, for say or That's what? True. <laughs> we just throw it into. That's, you know that. Why not? Because it's money that you've got, and if you've, if you're only spending the stuff you won, you will never go out in worse shape than you came in. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> then, then I, I think I maybe have talked about it. I knew a, a professional gambler. Yes. Who did not really understand gambling. Uh-huh. And <laughs> he walked away with everybody's shirt, didn't he? <laughs> and and um, he was a World War II vet who got injured in the war, so he, makes his, he made his living from that point on betting. Okay. But he, but he loved betting combinations and long shots and everything. He'd come, he'd, he'd, he'd see him and he'd say, hey, bud, come here. Well, that was his side business. That was his side business. He, 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 every morning before 9 in the morning, he would have put bet $3,000. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. $3,000. Yeah, every morning. I wouldn't bet that on myself. And so, and so um, but his, side, his, his main business was, if somebody hit the pick six, these were the issues, pick six races in a row and hit it, um, generally the, the government take taxes right out, right on the spot. That's the track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so 
a lot of guys who've made really big bucks, they don't want to mess with that. So Tony would have, uh, for 10%, cashed the ticket for them and paid them the cash. And so that was his income tax. Well, that goes on his income tax, That's right. Then, right? That's right. And and so he would get refunds, and generally he would go every year at the end of the year. The track would pull out his, it would print out what he owed. And generally throughout the year it would be over a million dollars you would have bet because of cashing in everybody picked six. But he would get to... <laughs> But he would get refunds. He would I get. I love this. He would get refunds for the government. So, <laughs> you know, thirty percent of a, a million dollars, three hundred thousand dollars. So that's what he would live on throughout the year. And so you I could, could do that. So you can see why he would bet. You can see why he bet three thousand dollars every morning. Well, that's a great system. Oh, well, here, here's. Oh, wait, here's, there is a downside. Okay. So here's a great story. I, 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 I know the big butt's coming on here. Oh, well, here's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but. So, he, you know, he he went to the track. So he decided he wanted to go to uh, on vacation. So where do you think he might have got go on vacation? Sarasota. Las Vegas. Um, Saratoga. Yeah, he Saratoga. Went, yeah, he went to Las Vegas. That was his vacation. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from those pesky horses, huh? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> he would go to Las Vegas. And he went in the casino, and I think, yeah, I think he hit for over $25,000. Yeah. He got nervous because he didn't want to stay around town, and he had this airline ticket he bought. So, and he, they were going to be stuck three more days in Las Vegas, and he didn't trust them, so. <laughs> <laughs> was, he, was, he on, was he on a Chicago to Louisville flight? <laughs> <laughs> so. So what he did... You can he went, help him with the suitcase, yeah. <laughs> so what he did, he went down to the used car dealer and bought a car. To, that way he could drive himself home. Uh-huh. So that's what he did to get out of town. He didn't want to trust himself in Las Vegas with that kind of money. So he was always a character. <laughs> somebody yeah, I want to meet. I'll, I'll, I'll go You're with that. Let's just say character. <laughs> yeah, all of these people... Of great repute, who, 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 um, I'd like to meet if it's all the same to you. Well, could you imagine writing a whole Damon Runyon theater book on something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah why didn't they just get a box, put the money in a box, and mail that back home? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Be cheaper than buying a car. Well, here's another story. Um... The guy who one of the one of the guy he did business with uh, went to Las Vegas and decided to play the pick six in Las Vegas and went back home and he had the winning tickets. Oh boy! Okay, well, the winning ticket was worth three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> and I really want to meet him. And and, and um and he needed to cash it before the year was out because you know for tax purposes you know like he hit the the, the the day before the New Year's, so he wanted to uh-huh. cash it in. So uh-huh. he called Tony up and said, I need you to get on a flight today and cash the ticket. And so Tony had to go buy an airline ticket and cash it, and his, his, his take was $30,000 for just flying over for an hour to, you know, cash in a ticket for his friend. So, wow. interesting 
way people make a living. Quite, quite. Very. Yeah. Uh, how can how can you get him or get us in touch with him? He's gone now. He doesn't need to call. Yeah, he's gone now. But uh. But, what? Yeah. You yeah. saved the story until it isn't good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's going to Vegas. Going yeah. To Vegas from the sky. <laughs> Well, he's one of the more generous people I knew because I, I noticed that really professional gamblers are some of the most generous people you really know because if he saw people who were down and out or people eating at at restaurants by themselves, he would always go and pick up the tab and not have them be told. You know, don't, you know somebody who... That's one of the random acts of kindness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make it. They don't look. They 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 have a different value on money. You know what I mean? They don't. Uh-huh. So easy come, easy go kind of thing. It just sort of flows out of their hand kind of thing. Yeah, right. paying for somebody's breakfast or dinner is not three hundred thousand dollars worth. But people in that level of income mm-hmm. <clears throat> or savings or money in general don't always have that attitude. So that's extra special that he's doing that yeah. or did it. He did it. That he was really it. nice. Yeah. It, it was very nice. Well, I tell you, I'll let you go about it so you can go through the stump walden question. The stump walden question to the day. That's right. Yeah, Definitely. I can do that. All right. Am yeah. I awake yet? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay. Dan? Yeah. Happy yes. Easter. I almost said Happy yes. New Year on that one. <laughs> I said Happy, happy Thanksgiving twice this week. <laughs> yes, yes, and I did, I did and, Happy Thanksgiving twice. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Yeah, I missed, I missed Christmas because it's got happy. You know, I got Happy Thanksgiving, That's Happy right. New Year. Yes. Well, happy I, Easter. I, uh, I'll be listening to the full content of the show in two weeks on Wednesday. Thank you, Dan. We'll be... Of Derby Week. I'll buy a race. Yep. I expect you to buy a racing form and give Patricia a hot tip. That's right. <laughs> and if that's the oh. case, maybe I could sell a hot tip and not have I'll to bend it on my own. Put, well, we'll heat the racing form up in the microwave and then hand it to <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you get uh-huh. it from me. <laughs> oh, gee. Hmm. I used to be very good at numbers, just uh, seriously, just closing my eyes. I was a devil at carnivals. I would close my eyes and see, seriously, see the entire run of numbers that they were going to spin the wheel for. And I would pick a night, open my eyes, and pick the number that I saw, and it would come in every single time. And I was just a kid. Who knew what a gift that was? And I let it go to you know where. Just disappeared. Just disappeared. My best, my best derby story about Kentucky Derby was the day my dad bet on Ali Sheba. Oh boy! Ali Sheba was nineteen eighty six, and my dad knew the trainer. He grew up with the the families from Nebraska with the Nebraska trainer. Uh huh. And dad put a hundred to win and a hundred to place. Yeah. And Ali Sheba hit it for nineteen to one. That day, wow. and oh my! And the, the 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 amazing thing, if you go ever pull up the rerun of the race, 
Alex Sheba almost fell during the middle of the stretch, and his nose actually hit the ground, but he pulled himself back up Ooh. and still won the race. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. But that was my, that was oh my, my goodness. that was my dad's yeah, best hit at, on Derby Day, yeah, on old Ali Sheba. Right. So. You've got to come, you've got to come here and visit the Kentucky Derby Museum. I would love to. I would love to come to the Kentucky Derby Day. I think we you, should. You said you had cemeteries there. Yeah. Yes, they do. We we've got dead people so here. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was one of the headlines, and I've got them. I pulled them out of my ancient files, the kinds of headlines that, you know, man held in a violin case. Um, That was good. But there was was one that just jumped out of my head, but the the golf story that got sent on to me from someone told about the guy who went to the track and he saw a priest out at the gates before the bell. And he touched the horse on the head, and uh, he said something to him, and he went back, and then the horse won. And this went on for six times. And the guy is, you know, he saw it one time, and he said, well, what the heck? So he put a couple of dollars down the next time the priest went out and did that. And another couple of dollars, and another couple of dollars, he said, you know, this is too much. He put all his winnings, which were way in the thousands because some of these horses didn't have very good <laughs> very good points but so he did it and the last time he did it when he put all of his money there nothing happened the horse didn't do anything no other horse did anything and the guy finally went over and said what happened you didn't do it for me he said you're not catholic are you said, no he said you know you don't know the difference between a, a blessing and first and last rites. <laughs> so, so all the times the horses came in, he gave them blessings, but the last one was dying, so he gave him first oh uh, last rites. No, no, <laughs> so, no, 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 no. The, the priest wasn't blessing the horse. The priest was saying, "I know the number to the glue factory." <laughs> oh, oh, ooh, mean, ooh, ow, ooh. Right. So after you, after you kill these little creatures, uh-huh. you, you put them out and insult them <laughs> additional time, and then you let them go to the factory. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, Dan, you have yourself a wonderful Easter, and I was about to say Christmas. <laughs> I'm really paying attention to what I'm saying to people. Oh, gosh, and you have a great time with your family. It sounds like such fun when you do this. Yes, it, it will be, and hope you have a good Easter and Christmas and New Year and all those holidays. We will. Everything <laughs> early. Everything I was wishing people. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I was talking to someone in a medical facility, and I said, Happy Thanksgiving, and she paused and she said, it's Easter. <laughs> and that was the you first know. one I did. I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then shortly later, um, I did a second one for Thanksgiving. I, I, yeah, I really have to pay attention to what I'm saying. Yes. But yes. as soon as happy comes out of my mouth, it goes all over the calendar. So, anyway, you have a great time. Happy Easter. And we will... See you back here two weeks from tonight. 
Sounds good. Wish Barbara a happy Easter when you speak to her. I will do that. Okay. All right. And Walden, you, you and your family have a good holiday. You too, Dan. Talk in a hey, couple weeks. Have a, have a safe trip up to uh, Seattle. I appreciate that. Yep. Okay. Well, take, take care. Sure. Bye-bye. 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 That will be our last call. <clears throat> Excuse me. It'll be adorable and I the rest of the way. Oh, really? Up to you. <laughs> okay. Let me give you a quick Snoopy and Winnie the Pooh, and then we'll go to your questions, okay? Right. Okay, Snoopy. I learned where he got his name. He was given the name by the proprietor of the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. Oh. Snoop. Oh, so the man... Huh? Snoop. Mm. Uh, Snoop doesn't sound as good as Snoopy. Right, true. Yeah, Snoopy sounds endearing. Snoop sounds like a criminal. <laughs> well, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Or does it? Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, what? Sound like a spy. Uh, uh, a Snoop. <laughs> Just a Snoop, yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm peeping Tom, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, scary stuff out there. Sometimes I wonder if it really is changing, and people will say, oh, back in my day, we never had to worry about these things. Maybe it's that we just didn't know we should be worrying. That's true. <clears throat> you know, these, these things were treated as, you know, don't squeal on your uncle type thing. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, people talk about how violent things are today. You, even mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at the Bible, you know, there were some pretty bloody times back then, too. So, Oh, my gosh. It started with Cain and Abel. Yeah. How much <laughs> how yeah. much family history could we have? Yeah, true. Goodness. That's yeah. True. Um, okay. Winnie the Pooh. I am a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. <laughs> we'll have to remember that. That's very good. Yeah. We'll have to do the fluff in the ear one one night again. Okay, so now we've got Stump Walden, your brain teaser, colonial question, presidential quote. And your presidential question, your first lady question or quote, your baseball question, and your geography question. My baseball question, please. Whoa. Okay, let's see here. On April 15, 1947, a groundbreaking baseball event happened. What was it? Jackie Robinson breaking into the major leagues to play that day. There you go. I knew you would get that one. I'm so proud of you. Would I have gotten that one? Yes. Yes, you would have. (laughs) You have such faith in me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I might have said 1940s, but... You nope. would have known. I have faith. I wouldn't. I would not have known. I, you, you hang with me, kid. You'll figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. You could teach me how to bet, too. There's one thing about being um, in poverty uh-huh. is that uh-huh. you're, not, you're not likely or not frequently <laughs> Tempted to make bets. Well, I guess people are, aren't they? And and the lower income people, um, 
would probably play it more. They're the ones at the counter mm-hmm. buying lotto tickets. Oh, I mean, yes, and people will say, this is it, this is coming in, we'll, we'll have a new house, we'll have yeah. to, boom, it didn't win. Uh, I don't know whether it's stupidity or faith or what. Hope. What I, is it? People like buying hope. That's what that $1 lottery ticket is. It's the hope and also yeah. the fun, it's the fun of dreaming. You know, everybody, everybody likes to dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's what you're buying is a chance to dream yeah. for a little while. And we see so many pictures of people holding up the checks, you know, the great big mock-up yeah. checks <clears throat> that they won in a lottery. And, you know, we're talking a half a million dollars, a million dollars. This is not chicken feed. And we see them there, and they're so happy, and we find out that the guy was going to lose his job at the end of the week, that he was a person who really did well, or the money was going to do well for him and his family. And he was so happy. And then people see this and say, well, if he won, why can't I? True. True. So now it's the time to admit, because Barbara's asleep, I'm sure. I bought her two lottery tickets last week, and I haven't sent them to her. If she knows I have one, she doesn't want to wait. I have to look it up for her, so I <laughs> might as well look it up. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I bought her two lottery tickets. I do that every once in a while because uh, Alabama has many restrictions that most states are that they enjoy. Excuse me, and gambling is one of them, so she can't get any gambling, <laughs> any kind of gambling, including lottery tickets, unless she drives over the state line from Alabama to um, Florida. So, have you two that's, ne- about, that's, a, have you that's two, at least two hours. Have you two mm-hmm. negotiated a settlement yet? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So if, if she wins something... Uh, yeah, if I win something, if she wins something, doesn't matter. It's fifty-fifty. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure if it's a hundred million dollars, at least you'll get fifty percent of that. Ooh, I like the way you think. Oh yeah. Oh yes, I do. And we do have a colonial question as well. Would you? Sure do, would you still I don't do, recall that. I don't recall that I mentioned it on the way down, but I do. Would you still do the show? Would you still do the show with me if you hit for fifty million? Of course. Okay. Of course. You know, I'd need a little bit bigger place to live. I would really <laughs> like to do that. No, seriously, I, I would move I into would. a larger apartment. I know you but would. then I don't think I would change a whole lot other stuff. I might upgrade my equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but some of the normal stuff people do when they have and reasonable I think you, amounts you would of do, And you would do fun little things for people. I know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Oh, yes. Yeah. yes. You'd, be mm-hmm. the, you'd be the silent little elf that would do little fun things, you know. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. You know, everybody concentrates on Christmas, and that's a good time mm-hmm. to concentrate. People have children because it, you know, the price of toys yeah. is just I know. out of out of sight, out of sight. Yeah. So, you know, something in addition to toys for tots, you know, maybe a little yeah. bit bigger or two smaller ones or, yeah. you know, something along those lines, but something that would make a difference for kids who may not even qualify it or qualify yep. and can't be helped by toys for tots. So yeah, that kind of that kind of stuff would be fun. Lots and lots of fun. It would be fun. 
Yeah. So Michael, okay, Michael, uh, who, do, who do I call? Hmm? Who do I call to make these arrangements? Well, I think you and Barbara are going to have to put this in writing, right? To make sure you put the the. the uh, oh the no. She's very popular, or she's very, um, oh, I don't know, generous, I guess. Uh -huh. She really is a very generous person. And for me... Um, You're honorable. Yeah, that's right. I'm honorable. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> and I was fair. This has yeah. to go on my, on my tombstone. That was on my tombstone. We we covered Thomas Jefferson either last week or the week before right. that he wrote out his own epitaph for his tombstone, and he left out. He had everything in there about um, his his time in drafting the Constitution yeah. uh, or the Declaration of Independence, rather, and and all these things that he was involved in, and never mentioned on it that he was president of the United States. I guess that was not a big deal. Uh, there was something else going on there, and I will never find out what. But this this was a decision that was more than cavalier. It it he, indeed he, he, had a significant meaning for him. He ran out of words on the tombstone. Uh, what, oh, ran out of room, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess he'd have to have a, a mausoleum to write that message. Yeah. I never thought about that. But certainly there were things on the list that were not, they were definitely superseded by <laughs> um, President of the United States. I mean, I, I would have thought that maybe it would sneak in there somewhere, but it didn't. Okay, we've got, we've got question, question, question. My, what would you like? My geography question. Your geography question. Interesting. And I've got an interesting one for you. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Your geography question. Which state has the southernmost point of the United States in it? Florida. Nothing is farther south. <laughs> Florida. Yeah, how did you know that? I think you've mentioned it to me once or twice in our, in oh, our, gosh darn. In our association. In our association, well, we were talking about states a couple of times. That's true. So maybe I let my, let my kitty out of the bag there, but that is absolutely correct. They've got a marker at the end of Key West, which is the southernmost island, and when they get to the island, that the end of that island, it places you farther south than any other place in the United States. And you did very well. Woohoo! I'm, I'm doing good yeah, with my Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered Wait, do you think I'd remember something like that? Yes. Thank I have. You. I think you would do it. I probably could. Mm -hmm. It's my own state. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been there, so, oh, my gosh. It, Key West might as well be another country. Would you put that on my list? Sure. <clears throat> okay. Great place. Fun place to visit. Okay. What else do you want? Mike, all your questions. Your colonial question. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Got to go up one page. These things take up a lot of room, you know? I know. You're busy. What happened to the... Huh? You're busy. You got all that stuff. I've got all this stuff, yes. And the colonial question is, what happened to the colony of Roanoke? Uh, Virginia took it over. It's part of the state of Virginia now. Roanoke is the col uh, the colony that disappeared. 
came back oh. from England and couldn't find any trace of the settlers. I didn't, re I didn't recall that. I didn't. Yeah. That was, the, that was the colony that disappeared. It came back one time. They, they sent to England for right. supplies and right. food, and they, that came back one time. And everything was, I mean, it was a little difficult for them, and they right. didn't have things that they, they would really like. And I guess that's what the English ships were expected to bring. So the ship went back, came back a second time, and everything had disappeared. There was no colony. There were no people. There was no trace of them anywhere. And that was the group wow. that disappeared, the colony. The colony, what did they call it? The lost colony. Right, right. And the answer was nobody knows. Nobody knows. So, yeah, you lost on that one. Got a great one on baseball. And those are the only two we covered? Yeah, okay. Let's so now we have to, yeah. My presidential question? Your presidential question. That's a colonial question. Uh, presidential quote. <laughs> Baseball question. <clears throat> oh, presidential question. Here we go. Um, which president approved the Star-Spangled Banner as the national anthem? Uh, Herbert Hoover. Yeah. That's great. How, how, no, never mind. How, you're so good, <laughs> President. <laughs> you know, I love to ask, how did you know that? And I've gotten to the point where I say, ah, never mind. <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's not true. What, how, did, how did you know that? Well, I knew the National Anthem became our National Anthem in 1931, and I knew Herbert Hoover was president in 1931. Remarkable. We have to use your bank of your um, brain like a piggy bank, uh -huh. and we can just shake it every <laughs> once in a while and wait for the pennies to come out, and we'll figure out what the pennies mean and know ahead of time that you have um, screened them. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no. Wouldn't work for you for pennies. <laughs> okay. What's next? Uh, my initial quote. Your presidential quote. All right, all done. That's next page up. Can you tell me how many pages I come in with everything you know, to do in notes for the for the show? Well, ninety-two percent of it is from the week before. Eight percent of it is stuff for you, <laughs> like your like <laughs> it's really. So I get credit where I really don't deserve it. Okay, your. Your hold on, your presidential quote. Is that is that the one you want? Uh huh. I do. Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. I'm this president said I'm not the smartest fellow in the world, but I can sure pick a smart and I can sure pick smart colleagues. Donald Trump. I was just going to say <laughs> you cannot pick you cannot pick. You must pick from me. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, oh, at least six last week were reversed. <laughs> you know, sometimes good things happen a little rice grain at a time. So we're on our third rice grain. We still we still have the warehouse to go through, but that's okay. Um, okay. 
He said, I'm not the smartest fellow in the world, but I can sure pick smart colleagues. Um, Grant. No. I think it will surprise you. It surprised me. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. No. What a great one. No, he, 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 he Well, no, he, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he would say I'm not the smartest no, fellow no, in the world. No, but he, he, you know, he always had a pretty smart cabinet. Um, I don't know. I, I give up. I, th I think he had one of the best cabinets, even though he took heat for having Bobby yeah. as the attorney general. Yep. They, they did a great job. He didn't have time to, enough to actually do it, but what he managed to accomplish was good. Okay, but it wasn't. <laughs> now, now that I've had my soapbox for a while, no, it was not John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Eisenhower. No. Joe Ford. No, but that that makes a lot of sense for him. No. Ronald because Reagan. most of his... Ronald Reagan. Most of his... Yep. Ronald, no, not Ronald. George Walker Bush. No. <laughs> this, this one is. Okay, I'll give you one more. Jimmy Carter. No. It was, I'm not the smartest fellow in the world, but I can sure pick smart colleagues. It was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Wow. Now, that would surprise me. I can sure pick smart colleagues, <clears throat> but, you know, he, he's still hard for me. I still haven't done enough reading about him to recognize whether or not this was a political uh -huh. statement to get him reelected or something along those lines that is something that the people would like to hear. Um, but I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like him because he was such a powerful person. But maybe he was a powerful. Hmm? They don't get me about Roosevelt. It's how many Republicans he would like it. What he like he had in his cabinet. Sometimes mm -hmm. two or three of them. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. He he would cross the yeah. aisle and try to pick the best people possible. Mm-hmm. So in that case, and I remember our talking about that. In that case, this really is a proper, a proper. Assignation, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Attachment. We'll attach it to him. Yes. Sure. Famous attachment. Hmm. Good. Okay. You did good, but you failed. I too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not doing too well here. Okay, what's next? My first lady quote. Your first lady quote. Hold on. We have to go down the next page your first lady okay your first lady quote says the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams Eleanor Roosevelt that is Eleanor I would have picked Jackie Kennedy for that yeah, one no sounds, did you really believe it almost sounds like Kennedy it does it does you know some, something like Jackie Kennedy would say because she was very soft and, I don't know, she was a warm, cuddly person when she, and it sounds really foolish when you think of the Kennedys as a family, and especially those two, but 
she always had something of wisdom wrapped up in people terms. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have attributed that to her, but it wasn't. It was Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay, what's next? I think we're down to Stump Walden Brain Teaser. I think that's it, right? I think that's it, yes. My brain teaser, please. Your brain teaser, please. Okay. Your brain teaser. Where where do you take a sick boat? Sick bay. This is yesterday. The sick bay. To what? The sick bay. Well, you know, Gosh, it, that is a great answer. It's not the one that I have, but it is a great answer. I'm going to give that to you and tell you the answer that they have up here, which I think is a, a decent air, uh, answer. <clears throat> Excuse me, because it's more like a riddle than anything else. But I really like sick bay. That is great. How do you fit the boat into its own sick bay? Mm -hmm. I would just take it to another boat. (laughs) No, right. The answer is, or let me give the whole thing. Where do you take a sick boat? Mm -hmm. And the answer is to the dock. Uh, Ah. That's clever. That's very right. That's very good. That's very good. That's okay. I mean, it really is okay. It fills the mission and it's clever. But honest to goodness, I like yours better. You? you do that to me a lot, you know. I'm, I'm going to give you that. I'm brilliant. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're humble, too. <laughs> Oscar LeVance said um, something about, oh, my goodness, something about humble people, that the world needs more humble people. Oh, yeah. There are so few of us left. <laughs> And of course, he was not. What you know, he had so many ups and downs in his life. You never knew what you were going to hear from him. Whether it was going to be, you know, really acid stuff from the basement, or you know, really, really hot stuff up in the air. And he just, you know, his his life governed where he was, um, down or medium or high. And uh, he didn't have anything to do about the um, changes with the mood switches. So, but he he found a way to bring joy to other people. I'm not sure he believed he did that, but he was a good guy. Okay. Okay. We have a stump Walden question. All right. And this is a stinkeroo, but I know you get it. <laughs> Look at this. I didn't even know that. Never even read it. Okay. Which popular actor was known as the Richfield Reporter in a show of the same named name? It was a, a new Pop- character. It was a new character, I thought. John somebody. Um, John Walsh? No, I was, I was asking who was the actor known as the Richfield Reporter. Bob Bailey. No, that's interesting. Uh, I I will break my own rule that I just said tonight. What made, <laughs> what made you pick him? 
thinking of like a detective show or something of on the West Coast because the Richfield Reporter was a newscast on the West Coast. So I was trying to think of something associated with that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of George Valentine, which was sponsored by an oil company. I don't know, my dear. You got me. Alan Ladd. That was one of the earlier shows he did. It was sometime in the 1930s, and his career just grew from there. But he spent, according to John Dunning, he may have used different words, but it was a short stint as the reporter and the star of that particular show before he moved on to greater fortune. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised that he played another one. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I have a hard time with Box 13. It's, 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 it could belong in the Aqua Show department pretty easily. Really? I think so. You mean soap opera? No, I think the Box 13 oh. show could belong as one of the worst, your worst Aqua shows. I think you could, <laughs> you could make it in there. Um, yeah, he could make it. Um, the Christmas, Christmas is coming. We'll, we'll fix them. <laughs> terrible and box 13 was such a it was kind of hokey uh-huh. it really was hokey think, too hokey you think he thinks his um sue what was it susan who's the girl that he picked up the mail from oh susie sue sue whatever or susie yeah susie yeah she's right up there she's right up there as one of the smartest people on old time radio don't you think and she was yeah. picket picking. What did you buy? What was her name? I don't remember that part. Just remember her first name was Sue or Susie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was a dumb premise. Uh, premise. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, what what years did that run? Forty-nine. 1949 or so? Hmm. I thought it was earlier than that. Well, in which case, he gets even more black letters next to his name. And he doesn't even qualify for Ron's argument about, no, I say argument, I mean his position on the 1930s show should be treated with more kindness because it was a beginning, a really, a really beginner kindergarten in radio, and that the shows in the 30s just deserved more consideration because they found people who would act. And my contention is bad is bad, no matter where it happens or when it happened. This is fun. This is fun, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) That poor guy. That poor guy. So when does he have to make his decision about moving? Oh, I think he'll probably do it in the next couple months. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Okay. Well, we will allow him to do that. But, oh, my goodness, what a move. I mean, I'm probably, I'm, we're probably the most stable part of his life right now. He'll never lose touch with us, and it'll be like a taste of home. That's true. But, my goodness, my goodness, he can call us from the road. That's true. I didn't realize he said Arkansas is nine hours away from his home. 
hotel. Uh, how far? Nine hours. Well, that's not a killer, but no. it's quite a distance. True. It would be hard to go back for a visit. But they're planning to keep one of the houses and he can go back to them, say, two, three, four months out of the year. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll allow that to happen. I'm just sure. sorry. Stuff like that causes such a turmoil in people's lives. And if we could figure out a way to make all of the challenges into opportunities or help people understand that many challenges are opportunities. It's, oh, it's, it's so hard to Yeah, me what the plan is, he's going to buy a place, set it up on some property, and then they're going to mo make the move gradually. So they'll go up, he and the son will go up, pick up some stuff and bring it back, and just periodically mm -hmm. just, just bring, start bringing stuff home. Got it. So. Got it. Oh, my. Okay. Are we finished? We're done. We're done. I will not be here next week because Walton gave me away. No, that's that's not really true. Walden will be at the Reps convention in Seattle, the showcase. I wonder how they came out. Oh, never don't don't answer me, Walden. That when I say I wonder how, I'll be here until seven o'clock. That's true. Because I don't let go. <laughs> oh well. Okay. I will not be here next week because Walden will be at the convention. Uh -huh. And in the morning next week, Saturday morning, I will be with Dave Kane, who lets me come out and play every once in a while. Um, and it's fun. It's really a, a fun show. We've got special stuff planned. So that'll be good. It's from 9 to noon Eastern time, WNRP is the station. And they street they do stream on the web, so you can and also listen on your phone. So mm -hmm. let Patricia know we can do everything. Let Patricia know that she's there, and just make sure they play Patricia's song. That's what I ask. He does. He plays a clip of it. Yeah, but I play the whole. I play the whole thing. You play the whole thing. I mean, if we played the whole thing, we'd be halfway through a show. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a he's got a deadline. We don't have a deadline. It is a, a long song, but it's so sweet. It's such a lovely song. I I don't know where. What what is the sound? Not droopy. Uh huh. Oh, what what's the sound? The the one word that begins with a D. Delightful. That we wonder how it got in there. Delightful. No, I mean <laughs> something like dopey. <laughs> It's not that bad, but it is not a compliment. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how they got that word in there, but it is absolutely out of line with the entire song. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I love you. Um, oh, gee. I'll, I'll come up with it. I'll come up with it. So this means that I have to say good night, right? Say good morning. Oh, that's right. I And happy Easter. Happy good morning, Easter. everybody. Have a wonderful day. And one of these days, uh, when we have someone who celebrated Passover, mm, you would call in and talk with me about the Seder and the traditions and things that you look for or looked forward to, just the whole thing. And I know we will learn a bunch from you. So, keep that. Good morning, everybody. 
Good morning, Walden. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, everybody. We love you all very, very much. Happy Easter. Happy Passover here on Yesterday USA. Jaws Professional Easter Shows Folder Easter Show Alt Tab Sound Forge Pro 